Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. The Brewing Network Sunday Session is brought to you by More Beer. Grow your own fresh hops. It's not too late to order fresh hop rhizomes from morebeer.com. But hurry, supplies are limited. I poured it in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank. Mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Make some sugary water, throw some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. It's fine. Oh, God damn it, man. Oh, my God. Oh, uh-oh. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. All right, everybody. Welcome to the show. Another session out here in Pacheco. I'm in a lot of pain today. Gonna be a difficult time in here. Should you be standing up, or what's what's the problem? I should be standing up. I might end up having to do some standing up during the show. Threw my back out. Something oh. happened. I'm like the oldest thirty something in the world. But it was in the, I, my so. back hurts me. So okay, does that help you at all? It does help me. Okay. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> at least Dan. I'm the old guy. At least the old guy feels something. Right. Uh, it's like an old injury. Oh. You know, well, so is mine. Very is old. It, yeah, yours, yours <laughs> no, is like, it, no, yours is, is like a nom wound. It is a high school football injury. But yeah, <laughs> I see. Yeah, but, you know, wow, that's really old. It is old. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and I played one game. So. It hasn't gone out in a while, but I don't know what happened. Something happened oh. yesterday, and heart sex, jerking it too hard or something. Yeah, and, oh yeah, too much pull, not a push. I thought it was going to be fine, and today, oh, I could barely walk. And sitting is the worst. So if oh. this show lasts forty-five minutes, you know who to blame. That's me. Hmm. You know, wow! So that's gonna go. All right, send in some. We need some local listeners with a lot of Vicodin to come on over, have a party, yeah, join the show. We love having guests over. There's probably some laying around here. Oh man, just on the floor somewhere. <laughs> Let me check under Doc C here. <laughs> yeah, I'll get yeah, Doc C for me, will you? <laughs> Nothing there. Yeah, I used to. Did I ever tell that on the air that I used to change <laughs> truck tires for a living? And I was like the skinniest guy ever to change. You know, I mean like truck tires. Right. I don't mean uh, yeah, like yeah, your. Yeah. I don't mean like the Shadillac. I mean like tractors and trucks and earth movers and that kind of. That was a shitty job. Mm-hmm. Why do oh, you do that? 
Why, why do you volunteer to do that? You know, I, I was struggling, man. I was 17 <laughs> years old. I had not, I, I just moved to the Bay Area. Uh, I had shit. I had nothing. Uh, I, I was bussing tables uh, three days a week, and I was changing tires four days a week wow. just, to, just to pay the rent. And at that, you know, at that time, it paid me like eight bucks an hour to, to, to do the truck tires. And eventually I got a raise. Like I became a, a, a whatever it is, like a journeyman. I think that's what it's called when you, you become do more tires. right when you know how to do it all, and they and they up your pay, right? So I was making I don't know I was making fifteen bucks an hour, and at at eighteen years old, I mean that was as good as I could do. I I had no skills. I right. I had I was going to community college, you know. So I so I was changing tires, and like half the time it was okay. It wasn't so bad. It was kind of a cake job, but the half of the time that it wasn't cake. It was real shitty. And so, you know, you're lugging around. I'm not complaining. I, it's a life experience. Uh, I'm just, you know, whatever. So I, I'm changing these, you know, 250-pound truck tires. And just eventually, I think I did it for three or four years. And one day, I can't really describe it, but it it, it just, like, something in the back just kind of went, whoosh, like, you could feel it slip. You could feel it kind of, I couldn't walk for a month after that. And it turns out I squished a bunch of discs yeah. and all this stuff. It's, but anyway, it's a very manageable wow. thing. It just happened when I was young and stupid and doing a job that I shouldn't. I was, you know, I was half the width I am now. And look at these arms. Look at these, look at these <laughs> guns, right? I'm, I wasn't even like that. Hardly big enough for the I didn't even have that when I was doing it. And so, but, but I had all the willpower in the world because I needed to pay the rent. You had to for a 1050-pound tire. That's yeah. pretty good. Oh, so. That's yeah. earning a paycheck. Needless to say, wow. I never changed tires after that or did a whole lot of anything else. <laughs> so normally it's pretty manageable. Uh, basically, after a brew day, I'll feel it, right? If I do some brewing, uh, it'll get sore. Other than that, you know, I have a desk job. It's not a big deal. Good thing you don't brew very often. <laughs> exactly. It's one of the reasons. Uh, anyway, uh, today... Is I'm that like, an issue? I'm like limping around the house. I got a cane in one hand. Wow, the cane. Nice. Oh, man, it's Are ridiculous. you really using a cane? I thought about it. There's one leaning out there, my mother's cane, and I thought... I mean, it's bad. Watch, you'll wow. see. After sitting in this chair for the first you know, half hour of the show, when we get up for the break, because it's worse when I'm sitting like this. This is the worst spot to be at. To get out of that I need a. I need like a recliner to do the show today. You'll see. When I get up, I'll be like half hunched over. You'll see. Go to justin.tv slash brewing network, folks at home. You can watch this all. and You can watch my agony on the webcam. When I limp out of here like a crippled retard. <laughs> I'm going to start planning jokes now. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's fully joke worthy. So I'm self-medicating with this. Uh, first, I had a nice like Belgian blonde from Chad. Now I got myself a double IPA I found oh. somewhere in the back of the stripperator. And uh, who knows? Yeah. I I mean, it, it's it's either I'm going to win Drunk of the Week or it's going to be a 45-minute show. Like, one of those two things are going to happen tonight, right? Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> yeah. All right. But I am still happy to be here. Uh, the show must go on. I'm just probably going to bitch about it frequently. That's as, new and exciting. we're the only ones that know that. Now you're complaining. Right. Ah, but some cool things uh, that will help you view and listen uh, to all of my agony tonight and, and the fun that's happening. Uh, we launched our very own iPhone app this week, which is kind of exciting. Uh, being the techie nerd that I am, uh, I just thought it was fun uh, to launch an iPhone app. I don't get it. I haven't gotten it yet because we have to pay, apparently. <laughs> yeah, Vivo's like, Vivo goes to buy it. You know, she gets my tweet that uh, there's now an iPhone app. And she's excited. She's an iPhone lover. 
and goes uh, searching for the app. Finds out it's a buck ninety nine. It's like, Passes. It's like <laughs> fuck that. A couple other <laughs> listeners did that too. So it's a, I'm glad that you bring this up. That's yeah, that's the way it is. Sure. Well, so here's the the apps. It's cool. It's it's basically for live streaming. You don't get any of the of the archives or anything on it. Give me some time on that. We might work on some other apps, but uh, it's just so that you can listen to us conveniently live. Like you're driving down the road. It's Sunday at five. You're not going to make it home for the show. Click open the app. We're live right now. You can hear us everywhere you go. And there's always something streaming live. We play the archives all the time, so you can check it out. So that's the deal. And it's $1.99. It cost me a hell of a lot more than that to get it made. And it also cost me a hell of a lot more than that per month to stream audio to it, just so you know. And uh, not that anybody needs to know all the details, but when you stream uh, audio you, live, you pay on a per-listener basis. That's just the way it works. And the more listeners you have, like we have, we have quite a few listeners, obviously the more expensive it gets. So, so look at everything we do can't be free. I mean, Tasty's free, Bevo's <laughs> yeah, free, right. Chad's free. Uh, all of the shows that you know that's and love are totally free. You download them. You've been downloading for free for five years now. Not everything we do can be free. That's why we sell T-shirts. Uh, can't give you those for free. And it's why we sell things like an iPhone app. It's it enhances your user experience, and it's a buck ninety nine. Helps take their guilt away. There really, you go. Right? You of know, all the freebies, to get, get it right? free would be they feel guilty, wouldn't they? After all that. And really, I'd like an example of one thing that you've bought in the last week or so that cost a buck ninety nine. <laughs> you know, that was less than two bucks. Something useful that you. I don't mean a a, a a fucking Pepsi or something like that because that's not useful or good for you either. Something useful that you've got for less than $2. Anybody? Crickets, I guarantee. Your, so, your supply? Uh, or an indefinite supply? Okay. You know, a buck ninety nine. That's a lot. So a couple of people, they did right in. They're like, hey, you know, really? We got to pay for this thing? And I'm going, yeah. What is this? What am I? <laughs> is, that, wait, is that a socialist country now? You know, just because we passed a health care bill doesn't mean it's communist China over here. <laughs> Not everything's for free. It's, we're capitalists. How about almost free? You're going to buy that shit. It's almost free. <laughs> yeah. I can't even... I couldn't drive the Shadillac down the block for a buck ninety nine. That goddamn thing uses so down. much gas. It'll at least be two fifty. Yeah, I don't think you could start it up yeah. for a buck ninety nine. Probably cost that to start it. Now, I, I'm just making a bit. Most of you guys were real cool. I, I know a lot of you guys don't care about paying a buck ninety nine, and I appreciate that. It's a cool app. Go check it out. You can go to the iPhone. I really did. Go to... <laughs> You 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 didn't buy it. I really haven't bought. I will buy it, but I I really didn't buy it. The thing is, I can't even give you like a code to to. I, don't get, care. I had to buy the goddamn thing because it's through like a third party. Yeah. You know that they built it for us, and they don't know coupons. And then and iTunes sucks so many dicks that you can't even like do your own billing. Like they are in charge of it. They take a chunk of it. I don't even know what chunk yet. I think it's something like 35% right off the top wow. goes to iTunes. Smart bastards. So there's all these things. So I can't, I had to pay for, you know, when the, when the company emailed me, and they said, oh, your app is available for download. It's ready. Check it out. Congratulations. I go to check it out and I had to pay a buck 99 myself. I paid them on top of that. I've actually never paid for an app. So it's really be exciting. Be Maybe that's what it is. People first. aren't used to paying. I see. Well, see, and you miss, you're going to be missing some shows coming oh, up, yeah. and I'm sure you're going to be worried about what's happening. Oh, yeah, I'm going to listen to beginning to end. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, listen live. That's what I'm saying. Um, there's a drunk of the week on the line already. already. My first word Whoa. was already. <laughs> right. All right, you want me to take that? Yes, please. <laughs> hey. What's happening, Ben? Dude, so 
I'm not quite drunk yet. I wanted to be drunk of the week, but I got kicked out of my house while brewing beer. Really? And I'm and I'm kind of unhappy. But like my carbon monoxide detector went off right when we were getting ready to put it into the carboy, and now I can't go get any more beer because I'm sitting out on my porch. Did the fire department Wait. come out? Like, had, who kicked you out, or your wife kicked you out? No, I kicked myself out. I mean, I don't want to sit in my house while my carbon monoxide detector is bleeping like mad, you know? Oh, it's fine. It'll get oh, you real high, and uh, before you know it, uh, <laughs> yeah. you'll be feeling good. <laughs> no problem, much. right? Yeah, it's fine. It happens around here all the time, sometimes on purpose. Uh, sometimes on purpose. Yeah. Well, I just thought I'd sit. I, I opened all the windows in my house. I turned on all the fans, and I thought I'd sit outside on the porch oh, and, and, like, wish that I had a beer with me. Right. I understand. Well, just last week, you know, you heard JP on the show. I came in about an hour after the show. He had a hose running from the Shadillac through the window into the studio <laughs> to try to get his monoxide level up. Yeah. And it's fine. <laughs> Go in and get a beer, man. You'll be all right. Yeah, it's probably okay. Yeah, I've gone in twice to put the battery back in the damn detector to see if it's still bleeping. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, listen, I hope that that does clear up in all seriousness and that everybody's okay there. And then you can get back on schedule for Drunk of the Week. You still have time. Oh, hey, you know what? I had a question. Go ahead. Uh, so so we were we were brewing uh, Maybach, and we're doing all grain, of course, because I think you got to do that all right. for Maybach. And, and there was all this um, junk on the top of the beer. It looked like cheese. I don't know. It was just like cheese curds is what my wife says. Uh, and it was just like floating there on top of the beer, and I just wondered what it was because it's too late now. I'm about to put it in the carboy, but there's all this As, as it was, you mean in the boil kettle? Yeah, in the boil kettle. It's fine. It's it's just what you said. It's a bunch of junk. It's a yeah. bunch of protein break and weird slime and junk. Use Whirlflock or uh, Irish Moss, right? Yeah. Did you, did you throw in some Whirlflock or Irish Moss uh, into that boil kettle? No, actually, because the recipe didn't tell me anything about it, and I didn't prepare well enough to buy that. Okay. Well, you're going to be fine. You're going to have a cloudy beer. You're going to drown, yeah. But... It's all right. Some people like to, like like Doc likes to scoop off that that junk on the top as it's boiling, as it kind of builds up. He scoops it off and throws it away. But he admits that that's just because he's kind of bored and he has ADD and likes to get rid of the stuff. The rest of it, other people have even experienced kind of a loss in uh, head retention uh, or or foam if they scoop it off. They rather leave those kind of things in. Um, I, don't worry a thing about it. It's just a bunch of protein break and, and junk that I don't even understand. But it's fine in your beer. All right, good deal. Well, I'm looking forward to a good Maybach in a couple, uh, I don't know, six weeks, eight weeks, something like that, when it's May. Yeah, it'll be good. And, you need uh, to log it. Time. And, and just, uh, you know, as Tasty was mentioning, you do want to use Werflock or Irish Moss, uh, you know, 15 minutes before the end of the boil, and then uh, it, it'll make your beer a lot more clear at the end of it. All right, cool. Thanks. You've just gotten the extent of my I'll call you back in like two knowledge. hours. <laughs> All right, brother. Do that. Take care. <laughs> there you go. Ben from New Jersey. A little bit. A little carbon monoxide wow. problem. <clears throat> Situation. No is he yeah. brewing in the garage or something? Is that what he said he was doing? <laughs> Inside the kitchen. Probably, oh, probably right in the, the kitchen. kitchen. Yeah. Doing all grain in the kitchen. boy. Hmm. Small batch. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you can go get our iPhone app. That's a lot of fun. The other thing I just realized you can do, and this is free. It's not through us. Uh, but, you know, this webcam thing we have going, you go to justin.tv slash brewing network. Just this week, they launched an iPhone app that you can watch the webcam on your phone. So if you go to iTunes and you search uh, justin.tv, you'll download the app. And uh, it's, o- it's only when we're live, and we're only live Sundays and sometimes Mondays. If Jamil uh, looks pretty enough for me to turn on the webcam, then I do that. 
And then you can go to, you can just open the app, you search Brewing Network, and there we are. Like right now, you could go to the Justin.tv app, you can open it up, and if you have to leave the house, but you still want to see Tasty's <laughs> pretty face, download the app, and there you go. Good to go. That one's free. So, cool stuff, man. I'm going to download that one. That one you like, right, Bevo? Bevo will get that right now. She won't hesitate on that she one. Free. She, she has that. to wait for payday to Domino. get the Brewing That's Network right. one. Uh, but that one she's going to go get right now. All right, there's more. I stocked the, the store with all sorts of stuff this week, stuff that you guys have been asking for for a long, long time. Uh, there are brand new uh, Imperial Pint glasses in there with the Hop Grenade BN Army logo on it. Uh, you get three glasses per order. Uh, shipping's all included. It's a pretty good deal. It's a nice glass to drink beer out of. It's Jamil's favorite beer drinking glass, he said. Which I was surprised, actually. I thought it was too big for most of you guys. You guys like the smaller glasses. I'm the one who likes the imperial glasses. Well, you fill them up. We, I still just right. take a little bit of beer at a time. Jamil's all about it, though. He's like, no, man, that's my go-to beer glass. So when he's at home and, and putting a couple that. back, he goes for that uh, imperial Pilsner glass. Hmm. So those are now in the store. Stickers. You guys have been asking for stickers for years. You can get those in the store now. BN Army stickers. Oh, yeah, I got some right. Let me hold it up to the camera for you folks there. You can get those. Uh, I got a couple new shirt designs in there. Got a hop grenade. Some of you didn't like the the BN Army part of the hop grenade. The words on there? Uh-huh. Yeah. not a, Most people are all about it. You know, we are the BN Army. But just a couple of you, it, it's it's a bit sensitive. So now we have one. It's got a kind of a smaller hop grenade right in the center of the chest. It's real cool looking. And then it's got the Brewing Network, the official logo on the back of the shirt, which is another thing you guys have asked me for. You, you want to support the network and show people your colors. This has got both. Hop grenade on the front. Logo on the back. I got some cool hop vine shirts going. Just go check it out. Go to thebrewingnetwork.com slash store. I put in basically everything. The hats are back in stock. Brew Strong hats. Brewing Classic Styles is back in stock. Uh, Brewing with Wheat. You know, we did the show with Stan Hieronymus. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, he was great. Good, really good, a good book. book too. Really good uh, book, yeah. I got a copy. Chad ended up brewing a couple wheat beers. Uh, yeah, you got motivated. I did. Based on that. A lot yeah. of info in there, so. Yeah. Came out so, pretty good. If you go check out the store, ladies' shirts are in there. I, I think two or three different styles of women's shirts that haven't been there in years. Wow. Uh, the in whole, time for the fest season. It's full up. That's right. Just in time for summer. So go brewingnetwork.com slash store and buy some things. You know, my mom's bored. She wants to do some shipping this week. <laughs> so uh, buy some stuff. Shipping goes out pretty fast now that she's doing it, too, which is pretty good. In fact, I got some feedback today that somebody was expecting my lazy ass to take six months to get him his glass where he got it in four days. There you go. That's like Amazon right there. Four yeah, days is yeah. Amazon shipping That's time. Like next day shipping. <laughs> See? Crack that whip on my mom. Broken wrist, my ass. Did you ass. change tires? Get your ass. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> yeah. I got to get her out of doing that next. Yeah, get her a real job. Right. All right. So just check out the store and all sorts of good stuff happening here. We're, we're trying to grow up a little bit. You can subscribe and join the BN Army. As always, that auto enters, auto enters you into the monthly raffle, which we'll be doing next week. Uh, as little as 2 bucks a month gets you into that. Last week, we gave away uh, four kegs, uh, four corny kegs, and a $100 gift certificate. Wow. So it's well worth your 2 bucks a month, <laughs> yeah. uh, not to mention just the show. The content. 2 bucks itself is worth it. <clears throat> yeah. Then you get the freeze raffle. All this information, you get updates about instantaneously on Twitter and Facebook. You can go to uh, twitter.com slash brewing network or over to facebook.com slash brewing network, and all this info is there. All right, some immediate relevant information. There's a PowerPoint for today's show that uh, producer Shat put together for you. You can go over to our forum right now. Uh, even you archive listeners, I'll leave it up there. You go to forum, hit the beer radio button, and then the Sunday session button. You'll see it listed right there. Forum, Beer Radio, the Sunday session. There's a PowerPoint presentation, which has all the information about tonight's show, which is brewing with adjuncts. That's right. 
There's a couple of corrections that are going to be made that okay. uh, John Palmer's corrected me on, but I'll post that as well in the forum. Oh, good. Okay. Just corrections for the uh, PowerPoint. Great. Adjunct PowerPoint. Okay. So you can follow along with tonight's discussion. Um it's not, it, this topic's going to be, it's a difficult topic to cover. There's a lot of different information about adjuncts. I wouldn't say that the PowerPoint is going to be necessarily linear. You're not going to just go page to page and follow along. There is more information in the PowerPoint yeah. than there is going to be on tonight's show. So I recommend downloading it and reading through all of it, and we're going we're gonna to skim through it and get you the main points. And our guest today, we're going to be talking to Trevor Shaben, uh, who's the head brewer at Thunderhead Brewing Company out of Nebraska, which is a corn state. That's right. If you didn't know. You're big into that. And he's got a, a, a real nice beer that uh, is 10% corn. And he uses, uh, he's lucky enough to be able to use locally grown and malted corn in his beer. Locally malted? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think that's, you know... There are those who would say using corn or those types of adjunct in beer is not true to the craft beer spirit. I would say if you're using local ingredients like that, if 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 you're from if your hometown, your home state, you know, produces a lot of corn and you can get that freshly grown and malted to use in your beer, that's as craft beer as it gets in my opinion. Yeah, certainly in the spirit of it. Maybe if there, yeah, maybe by our narrow, narrow definition of the ingredients, it may not be, but certainly in the spirit of craft beer. Right. So Thunderhead Brewing Company is our guest tonight. We're going to be talking to him about how he uses corn and some other things, too. I, I think he uses a lot of honey in some beers mm-hmm. and some other different adjuncts. Nice. A little later in the program, the great, our friend, uh, the most humble brewcaster on earth, I think he's been called John Palmer is going to join us on the program. Nice. He's kind of our go-to everything that we don't know about guy, John Palmer, and uh, so he's going to help us out a little bit today, and um, we're going to get through brewing with adjuncts. You know, there's another adjunct show in the archives, too, from, yeah. from, from years back, but definitely something that we can approach again. We're going to be covering some Belgian candy sugar uh, tonight. In fact, we've got a, a listener experiment that was sent in to us. And uh, I think we have something like nine different beers to try. Whoa, right. for that Ten different beers, yeah. Yeah, you may need to call a DD, Bevo, if you do the Belgian tasting with us. It's like nine or ten different beers. Now, you might have noticed, especially since you've only heard my voice today, that we are a small studio. JP. He's not never that quiet. Don't worry. JP, I know what you're thinking. After, last, after the show last time that JP, uh, you know, either offed himself or at least decided, hey, I'm not going to do this show anymore. That's not the case. <laughs> he's actually working. He had to go. Uh, he's down with our good friend Push. He had to sh- uh, shoot a video with yeah, Push this working week, down there. working on some brewing stuff. So he missed this week. Uh, Doc uh, called in sick this morning. He was supposed to help us cover rice as an adjunct today, but I guess I think it was coming out of both ends this morning. He said he said he's been uh, yeah he spent a lot of the I morning. I hate that expression. Coming, I think it's so gross. It's pretty gross, but it, I prefer it over like describing what he was doing. Like I could have said, he spent the morning in the bathroom puking and shitting, right? I'd rather say, it's coming out of both ends, you know. What do you think, Bebo? Which one do you prefer? I think puking and pooping. <laughs> puking and well, pooping. I, I find it annoying because I immediately think of both at the same time, which would be problematic, right? It is problematic. Yeah. Although, hey, it's happened to the best of us, hasn't <laughs> it? I mean, let's face you it. Make, you got to make a choice. <laughs> You know, sometimes you're just that sick. Just get in the shower then. Yeah. So Doc said, look, I can come in, but it's not going to be pretty. And I said, you know, 
That's all right. One miserable bastard in the studio is enough for tonight, and that'll be me. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be a skeleton crew, but we're going to get through everything for you, try to get as much information as we possibly can. All right. Uh, send your show ideas over to chad at thebrewingnetwork.com, C-H-A-D at thebrewingnetwork.com. Uh, send your feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com, and uh, that's how you get all of your information over to us. Are you ready, Shat? Oh, yeah. All right, good. Shat's announcements brought to you today by Brewforia, the online uh, beer store. You can go get beer from out of your area, shipped to you directly from Brewforia. If your local store doesn't have it, they do. All right. Well, uh, more beers. Rhizome pre-order sale is still going on. Go to their homepage for all the details on that one. Uh, BAM World Cup of Beer. That's going on April 3rd. Uh, if you can make it out to the event, it's going to be held at uh, Trumer in Berkeley. And I think they had like over 600 entries. I think close to 700 entries or something like that. So 634. Is that what it was? Wow. So, you know, big, uh, big day there. A lot of awards being given out and a good party. Uh, also coming up is the Maltos Falcons Mayfair competition. Entries are due April 10th. Um, so go ahead and get those in. Go to maltosfalcons.com. Uh, they got a few new uh, categories, and this is a pretty competitive and uh, well-judged competition. Uh, there's also going to be a Pro-Am up in uh, the Puget Sound area, and uh, entries are due f- April 20th for that one. Go to uh, bewbc.org slash Pro-Am. Uh, this is a GABF Pro-Am qualifier for multiple breweries. And uh, also coming up real soon here is the Craft Brewers Conference, the 7th to the 10th of April. That's in Chicago. Uh, if anybody is out there, have a good time. Uh, World Beer Cup is also taking place. That'll be a lot of beers being judged and uh, awards given out as well. And uh, the SoCal Home Brewers Festival is coming up the end of April. Yeah. And that's going to happen on the 30th to the 1st of May, and uh, we'll be in attendance. Yeah, we're all going yeah. to the SoCal Homebrew Festival. I haven't hit up Bevo and those guys about it yet, but we're, it's a camping thing, right? That's right. We yeah. get down there Friday, and we stay Friday night, Saturday night? That's right. right. Yep. I'm looking forward to that, because I've never been to the SoCal one. It's usually right around Boonville. Sometimes the, the same weekend. Yeah, it's a week before this time. And we've always gone to Boonville, so uh, we're switching it up this year. Hang out with our SoCal boys. Yep. And also, um, the Glenn Falconer uh, Foundation, they're uh, giving out a couple scholarships to Siebel. And uh, you can go to, uh, I think it's Glenn Falconer uh, Foundation. Uh, just Google that, and you can find out all the information. And it's for uh, Northern California, Oregon, and Washington, and Alaska, I believe, that can enter. And uh, he's a, a homebrewer, a good guy in the beer business, uh, passed away. And uh, this is a great way for the family to give back. And uh, he can get learn some beer knowledge at Siebel. Yeah. It's a cool deal. In fact, I'll be posting a video of the Falconer Foundation uh, golf tournament from last year in Portland. We were in attendance, uh, took a video of it uh, with our French friends, and uh, they do that to raise money. It's a, kind of the pro-am, pro-brewers and amateur brewers all getting together hmm. to brew. And Yeah, it's a good foundation. And Sully, over the 2&A, I know that he has been uh, a big fan of it and involved with it for a couple years. Oh, cool. And just he just really loves what they do. And yeah. It is cool that you they send someone to brew school every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I love that that you know that somebody gets to go and and because that's expensive stuff. So uh, give you spending money the whole nine. So yeah, yeah, that's a good. No, it's well done. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so check that out. Is that it, Chet? 
That's it. All right. Don't forget, chats announcements are brought to you today by Brewforia. You can go to brewforia.com, and that is our online beer store. When we're looking for stuff out of the area uh, for some of the guests, we go to brewforia.com. And I'll tell you what we're going to be doing with them is, uh, you know, as far ahead as we get booked in advance, we're going to let them know and try to make sure at least as much as possible. It's not always possible, but as much as possible to get our guest beer, uh, you know, in the store. One of the big complaints that we've had uh, since the beginning is that we're we're in here drinking all this great beer and our listeners can't get it. And this is a way to, to start to bridge that gap. So good idea. Yeah. Uh, Brew for you, they had some trouble uh, at first. Uh, oh, well, FedEx and UPS yeah. both wanted to cancel their contracts. <laughs> they let all, the, you know, wineries can ship up the wazoo, but uh, you try to put beer in a box and oh boy. Yeah, that's crazy. It's like different. Well, he got it all worked out and he <laughs> ended up getting a contract from UPS Good. and he's back in action. So go to wow. brewforia.com and uh, check that out. Great. I've got Pushy on the line. Hey, Pushy, what's happening? No, oh, no Pushy. Oh, JP guy. Might have hung up too quick. Uh, you can try back again. <clears throat> all right, that's all right, because i got to do a little something else anyway. Is that him calling back already? I could just answer it direct. Hey, Push. Hey. What's happening, brother? You guys are coming down to the SoCal Fest? Yes, I meant to call <laughs> you about it last How week. How can I be an employee and not know about that? <laughs> It was, we just decided. It was just decided. They they had to get me drunk and uh, tell me how great it's going to be before I would agree and, to and leave the studio. And break your back or something, kick you in the back to get you to go. I will be getting wheeled around. In fact, my mom's got one of those like easy chairs, you know. Oh, yeah. I might be using that. We'll get you fresh batteries every great. day. Wow. How cool would it be that I'm wheeling around in my mother's easy chair <laughs> we'll Get thing. the one with the horn. Maybe. Yeah, you know we can we can fly like a hop grenade eight feet off the thing with a big like PVC <laughs> pole. People will see you coming. I'm into it. We can have a decorate my wheelchair contest. Uh, uh, we'll have wheelchair races. We can do that. We can have like you know throw sharp objects at the wheelchair contest. It'll be it's uh, it's gonna be fun. I'm real excited. This is great. Good news, man. So you're gonna be there with us? Oh, of course we'll be there. Yeah. Now, are you gonna camp or what? Yeah, absolutely. It's the only way to go, dude. And then uh, Friday nights, you got the Dead Palette Society. Right. And uh, Saturday's a lot of fun. And then once the crowds clear out, Saturday night gets real nutty, and we just empty all our kegs into each other's faces. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun wow. to me. <laughs> yeah. We, we can keep our clothes on, right? You know, what's interesting is, you know, so it's we've gone to the NorCal Fest uh, quite a bit. I think we have more uh, more members of the BN Army at the SoCal Fest than we do our own NorCal Fest. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's bigger. So it'll be yeah, exciting. You're be real surprised. I'm excited about that. It'll be cool to meet some people that we haven't met before and get to hang out. And yeah, we're doing the whole thing. So that's great news. You know, actually, this is kind of really bad news for me because up until now, I've kind of been a celebrity there. And now you're going to overshadow me, so you know maybe I shouldn't go. Really? Yeah, I mean, you know, no one's going to care about me if you guys are there. <laughs> we don't want to steal your thunder. I, I would hate to steal your thunder. That's not true. Yeah, that's I don't care about you. Yeah, why don't you not come? Okay. All Can right. Can we do that? All right, you convince me. I changed me. my mind. You convince me. <laughs> all right, if that's the way it has to be. That's all it took. Okay. Now you guys got to you guys got to come. It's going to be that's real cool. Our that's problem is we cool don't stuff. have a campsite yet. I don't know. No, no one's offered to. Uh, let us. Uh, that is a problem, in. dude, because they've been booked for months. Oh, they. Ha- oh, really? So there's like none left, even. No, no, there's some left, but oh. uh, you know, it's kind of like when you're late to the party, you get pushed off to the back table, kind of a deal, and it's a huge campground. So okay, you're gonna 
yeah, you, we're pretty far out there. You'll be a little farther out there, but uh, you'll have friends the whole way back to your tent. Cool. The whole, you'll be able to hitch rides down and stop at every campsite for a beer. Is, you'll have a great time. Will there be a wheelchair path all the way back to that? Camp? <laughs> we, need, we need handicapped camping. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, def- yeah, we'll work that out. That's okay. a, I no, think that in fact, be a uh, we could use that too. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, that'll be our angle. All right, Push, and I'll be seeing you down there this week, too. i got to come back down to that shithole they call L.A. for my buddy's uh, uh, CD release party. Big Joe Hurt's doing CD release in L.A. I'll be down there this week, so I'll see you there. Looking forward to it, man. Take care, guys. All right, later. All right, the great Push. i got to keep moving. I've got uh, the last of our AHA candidates on the line. Uh, Steve Marler is on the phone with us, I hope. Steve, are you there? No. Steve's not there. Hose is running. Yeah, maybe he's at the bottom of his brewery. Oh, it's got a leak. Hmm. Hey, Bevo, do me a favor. Call that number on your outline there, the first one next to Steve, and see if we can get a hold of him. So okay. the AHA elections that we've been doing, uh, we've been talking to each of the candidates over the last uh, month or so, and it's for the AHA Governing Committee, the American Homebrewers Association, of course. You can go to uh, homebrewersassociation.org and vote for your members. You get to vote for four people. And there are nine candidates. Steve is the ninth candidate that we're supposed to be talking to today to get him on the line here. And I'm one of the candidates as well. You can vote for me and then three other people, like, say, Jake or Drew or Steve today, uh, all of these things. And the deadline is coming up, though. You do have to be an AHA member, which you can sign up for that right through the Brewing Network. You can go to the yeah. store and find the AHA memberships in there. You can go to, you can just click the AHA logo on the homepage. You can sign up that way, but you need to sign up quick because the voting deadline is, I think it's this Wednesday, 11.59 Pacific time, March 31st. 31st. So it's coming up quick, guys. So if you, if you want to sign up, you got to do it now, and then you get to vote. You could make me your, your leader. Really, I would just end up being your governing really, committee lackey. You know, that, you know what that sounds like? <laughs> Make me your leader. Wow. I am. I'll be a real Nazi about things, too. Oh, you'll change. Yes, I will change. Uh, power does strange things <laughs> oh, to a man. Oh. I will get on that oh. governing committee, and before you know it, I'll, I'll be cursing on the air. You'll be governing. I'll be governing things. You guys can call me Gubna. Gubna. <laughs> yeah. It's better than, which is a lot better than what you call me now, by the way. <laughs> All right. Hey, Steve, are you with us? I'm there. There he is. Hey, Steve, how you doing, man? I'm doing real good. Thanks for having me on. Glad to have you with us and uh, looking forward to to finding out a little bit about you. Um, Steve is, like I said, one of the nine candidates running for the AHA committee. And if you go to homebirdsassociation.org and you click on the vote logo, you can actually read a profile about each of the candidates. And Steve's done a real nice job uh, writing his. He actually wrote some of the points there um, that he's interested in doing if he becomes a a, a governing committee member. So, Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, let's see. I live here in the Washington, D.C. area and been brewing for about 17 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a member of the Brewers United for Real Potables Homebrew Club out here, and, you know, Burp for short. And I've been president a couple of times and uh, various other officers within the club and um, basically you know I love home brewing and it's a great hobby and uh, not much else to say I guess well it looks like you, you've you've been involved for a long time I mean 17 years of home brewing is a good thing and uh, 
A couple of things that you mentioned on your page uh, over here uh, on the on the Homebrewers Association uh, website is uh, uh, legislation to make it easier to ship homebrew and to competitions. I think that's an interesting thing that you might bring to the table. Something that you're you seem well, to be you're talking in. about uh, Brewforia having the you know trouble shipping their beer with the UPS. It's the same thing with homebrewers. If you go to UPS or FedEx and tell them, "Oh, I'm shipping homebrew to a competition," they can tell you. No way, and of course it's illegal to do it through the United States Postal Service. So yeah, yeah. I think it'd be a good thing for the AHA to work on now that there's only three states left that have um, legalized homebrewing. Right. Good idea. And they're doing a good job with that kind of stuff, so moving over to that side would be great, too. Yeah, because it turns us into liars right now. We all have to go to USPS and yeah. say, oh, I'm sending yeast samples. Somewhere. Right, or vinegar. Right. Uh, you know, and who wants to be a liar, yeah. right? It's good homebrew competition entries included in that, that Exactly. Deal. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's a good one. Uh, you know, another thing that you've mentioned here, just, and now these are just ideas, and, and look, Stephen and I don't know exactly what we're going to be, uh, how much they're going to listen to us when we get on the committee, but we sure as hell can try. And right. one, one of his other ideas that I really like you have here is kind of a, a quarterly reports, uh, even if it's via email, uh, to members of the AHA so that we know about what's happening, staff activities, what's been going on, um, you know, just uh, just a way to uh, uh, be informed. Uh, I like that idea of yours, Yeah, I mean, some of the other guys have talked about this, too, about having to, you have to engage the, the membership that they've been focusing on new members lately, but, you know, are they providing value to the, the home brewer? And I've talked to a previous uh, committee member before, and he said, well, you just don't realize that the small budget they're operating with and you know my comment to that is well show everyone show everyone what they're working with and what they're doing with what they have right no it's a great it's a great way to do it and uh, so i think you know a lot of of, of steven's uh, kind of main points seem to be keep the aha relevant to us home brewers and let us know why it's relevant and i think that's an excellent point that you make steve i mean we need to know why are we paying our dues and, and what's going on and i think that a, a governing committee that that really focuses on that is uh, can't be a bad thing. Yeah, when I was thinking about running, I put we have a uh, listserv out here called DC Beer, and pretty much people on the East Coast, a lot of people are on it. We just talk about beer and what's coming up around and beer in the area. And uh, you know, I ask people, what do you think about me running, and what do you think about the AHA? And I got comments like, um, it's no value to me. The pub discount mm-hmm. program isn't where I where i am at the time i go to a lot of places zymergy slightly interesting but not worth my annual membership and another guy just saying you know i think they really need to re-examine its reason for existence and it's great that they've been building up the new members but you know there are people dropping off that have been members because you can get all kinds of information on the web i met a guy at a party last night a young guy that said He's gotten all his information from the brewing network that's made him a good brewer now. Wow. Um, so, Did you try his beer, though? Got brew, brew Your Own <laughs> magazine, and, and you know, Zymergy is a great magazine, but I don't think people are saying, well, I'm not going to pay the annual membership just to get Zymergy. Sure. Well, and these are all excellent points. Every good organization needs to remain relevant, right. and I think some new blood on the uh, governing committee uh, is, is a step in that direction. It sounds like Steve's got some good ideas to uh, shake it up a little bit and keep us moving, right? So I like it. Not saying they're all the you know the best ideas, but it's a start. And I think um, you know if even if I'm not uh, elected, if 
others carry the torch, it's a good thing. That's right. Well, I agree with Steve. And that's the deal. There are nine of us. Only four. There's only four seats available on the committee, so not every one of us will be elected. But uh, and we're and they're all good candidates. I mean, everybody who's come on the Brewing yeah. Network's done a great job and has good ideas. Uh, we just wanted to make sure you got to hear from each one of them personally. So, hey, I'm sorry, JP, JP isn't there. I talked to Tom Cannon, the exam coordinator, about his <laughs> his uh, BJCP exam. And, oh, you did? Yeah, and Tom said that because uh, Tom's in our club, and okay. he said, "Well, I haven't gotten his exam from that uh, group yet," and so I guess JP better get a hold of. Tom Schmidlin again and get on <laughs> Great. Hey, Steve, that's what we need you to do is, is get JP riled up again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that he can curse another organization. <laughs> It'd be great. Well, that was the one thing I thought I might have going for me. The guys sitting next to you every weekend aren't even pulling for you, so I thought, oh, maybe I'll have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You might. You might. It's a, it's a good telltale sign about my... Uh, <laughs> My personality. Well, your Facebook page has a lot more fans than mine. I haven't looked at it in a while. Last I looked, it was uh, in the hundreds. Yeah, I'm only at in the at thirty something. Oh, uh, hey, that's not bad. That's <laughs> listen. I'll tell you. Just to be honest with you, I've heard that in the past, you know, voting is has is is not been wonderful for these right. uh, it's very elections. Very low percentage that actually vote, and I think a lot of that's because I I talked to people, some various clubs I went to. I don't. They don't know about it. Right. There's right. nothing that goes out that say is voting unless you're on Tech Talk or one of the other forums. So. Right. So hopefully we've changed that. I, I bet that I'd be I'd be curious to find out uh, if we shattered the voting record uh, this year. It's going to be three or four times. You think yeah, so? I, what it usually is, I'm sure. It's a great thing you're doing. You know, this this actually gets the word out to members and people that aren't members that might want to join and. Cool. I put it out on DC Beer, so hopefully you'll get some new listeners and then some new BN Army people. Hey, good, good. That's what we need too. It works. Uh, works that way. Just getting the word out was a cool thing for us to do. So yeah, it's great. Well, Steve, thanks for being on the show, and uh, I, I do wish you luck. And maybe we'll uh, be sitting down for a beer soon enough. Yeah, I'll look for you in Minneapolis. All right, brother. We'll see you there. All right, great. Thanks. Thank you. There you go, Stephen Marler. He's from Arlington, Virginia. You can check him out on homebrewersassociation.org. You can read his bio there. And uh, a lot of the points that we did talk about today, uh, he has listed on that bio page. And I think he does have some good ideas. And that's really what we need on the governing committee. And then uh, we'll see what we can do over there. So that's it. That's all nine of your candidates. Uh, Choose wisely. And you do get to vote for four people. And voting ends uh, on the 31st, so that's this Wednesday at 11.59 Pacific Time. You do have to be an AHA member, and um, you can do that through the Brewing Network, too. So I encourage you to vote. I mean, why not, right? You can't go wrong. Listen, if nothing else, you can vote for me or somebody else and then bitch at me uh, if I haven't done something that you want to done, whether it's my fault or not. That would be fun. Yeah. I don't, get, I don't get that very often. <laughs> and so now you can do it as an AHA member, not just yeah, as you a... you could all join in like we get to. As a BNR yeah. member. Right. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to our guest, um, Thunderhead Brewing Company. And we're going to be talking about adjunct brewing today. Trevor Shaben, he's the head brewer over there. He's going to talk to us about that. John Palmer will be on with us a little bit later. And Chad's provided a PowerPoint presentation for you. Go over to the forum, click Beer Radio, and then the Sunday session, you can download the adjunct PowerPoint to follow along. Hang in there. It's the session, and we'll be right back.
listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. This year, More Beer wants to introduce you to some of the amazing staff that bring homebrewing innovation home to you every day. This month, Concord showroom manager and award-winning brewer John Plaisé is here to tell you about the top five gadgets he can't brew without. Number one, yeast starter. So crucial to have active, healthy yeast going. Decreases lag time, you have a healthier ferment. Number two would be our oxygenation assembly. Oxygen is really important for cell growth for your yeast. Third would be a servomyces, the zinc source that your yeast need for a healthy fermentation. Fourth would be a wort chiller. I really enjoy the uh, counterflow convoluted chiller. It's compact and gives me the best control as far as cold break. Fifth would be the Morbury Conical, the new improved one with a sealable lid. It's pressurizable. You can inline filter. It's got a tri-clover lid on the top. You can repitch your yeast. It's got a huge blow-off tube. The functioning of this new mortar conical is far superior. All of John's favorites are on sale this month only. Hurry to morebeer.com or visit the Concord Showroom for the best innovations and people in homebrewing. Morebeer.com Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the, the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. Uh, White Labs. It's all in the vial. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. to the program, everybody. If you were listening to the beginning of the show, you knew to tune in to justin.tv slash brewing network and watch me in agony throughout the break. Tasty's doing his best to medicate me. So that the, so the, <laughs> not, these aren't strong beers. It's sitting here is not a beer. I'm drinking Tasty's Dortmunder. It's Dortmunder. actually a nice beer. I'm looking to brew this next. So I brewed, uh, so, so in, tw- in 2011, 
I brewed a Mirror Pond uh, re-brew. Re um, oh, for can you brew it, yeah. Yeah, about a week ago, which which went uh, surprisingly well, Tasty. Didn't get burnt? or uh, I did not get burnt. I'm no rookie. By my standard, that's a good day. <laughs> yeah, if you, don't, if you don't end up injured. Yeah, if you're not at the hospital, yeah. things went well. Uh, it seemed to have gone well. Uh, original gravity a couple points high, but a couple points. Couple Who's points. counting? Did you adjust the hops to match? Or? It's fine. Oh, okay. And then, <laughs> and then it finished right about where I wanted, and it's going to be good. Yeah. He did hop up the beer a little more. I did hop it up a little bit. Painful. Well, we'll talk about it on the Can You Brew It show, but uh, you know, Chad had pointed out some specific things that the brewer said in the interview, which I went back to and listened oh, to, good. and I was glad he did that because he was right about a couple of things. Uh, so we'll be talking about that on an upcoming Rebrew It show on Can You Brew It, Probably my good. Mirror Pond clone, which will be ready uh, by the time I get home next week, Tasty. So we'll be, maybe we'll be trying it then. I think we'll be doing that a week from Monday, that show. Okay. Or two weeks from Monday. Actually. Two weeks from Monday. Clone, right. baby. <clears throat> I'm going for it. All right, I've got Trevor on the line from Thunderhead Brewing, I hope at least. The way this show's been going so far, he might not be there at all. Trevor, are you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. Oh, look at that, and he's loud and clear, Sound too. great, too. Yeah, too. great. All right. How are you, brother? I'm good. How you doing? We're doing just fine. Welcome to the program, and thanks for being with us. Uh, thanks for having me. So you are the brewmaster at Thunderhead Brewing Company. Uh, you guys are out of uh, Kearney, Nebraska. Do I have that right? That's correct. We kind of call it Carney, but uh, oh, you do. Oh, we'll call it that as well. <laughs> Carnies. I, do you have a lot of Carnies in Carney? Uh, surprisingly few. That's... About once a year. Okay. <laughs> I love Carnies. You ever there was a there was a documentary about Carnies once. Just the people, the Carnies. You know, that travel. <laughs> oh, fantastic group of people right there. <laughs> Just guys That'd you want to hang out with. Show. Yeah, it was very very interesting. All <laughs> right. So, how long you been in Nebraska? Uh, are you a native? Yeah, I grew up in a small town about 70 miles uh, southeast of, or southwest of Kearney. Okay. Holbrook. <laughs> Got it. And how'd you get into brewing? Uh, actually, I was in the Air Force, and I was underage, but I found out you could buy brewing ingredients at the Whole Foods store. Genius. At any age. So I thought, hmm, I'm going to start brewing beer. Right. That's a no-brainer. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did. That was about, uh, must have been about 91. All right, so how old were you then? Uh, Eight, 19. 19. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Okay, so you got into home brewing. Necessity, I get it. Yeah. Now, where, yep. were, you, where were you stationed? Because uh, were you home brewing on the go? How'd you do that? Uh, no, I was at Ellsworth in South Dakota. Okay. I used to work in the missile field, so pretty stationary, you know, pretty regular schedule. I'm kind of thinking no you re you really needed a beer if you're working in the missile field. That sounds <laughs> sounds intense to me. Back then, it wasn't too bad. There was a lot of us teams, you know, working on missiles that just sit there. You know, you just wait for them to break and then you go fix them. Mm. So there was uh, not a lot of work to do. <laughs> That's see that alone sounds. Oh, go fix this broken missile for us, will you, Trevor? Bring the hammer. <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. Wow, so a are little you, one. Are little you saying? Hammer. Are you saying you were brewing at work? Is that it? Or uh, no? Oh, okay. No, well, he's not saying that, yeah. oh. and not in the dorms either. I had a, no, I had a, no, a married okay. friend. Right. I was going to say I didn't want to get you. We don't want to get you in trouble here. Right? No, no. Well, I can't really get in trouble now. So. <laughs> so when you got out of the Air Force, did you go straight into pro brewing? Uh, no. I started driving a garbage truck. Okay. Did that for about a year. 
daydreamed about uh, doing something else. <laughs> right. Brewing was at the top of the list, you know, like a dream job. But I uh, kind of figured out a way to get my foot in the door and get started, and that was in 1999. And then I uh, went to American Brewers Guild to kind of take it to the next level and get my consistency down, and then opened up a shop. Wow. So that moved Started out as a little homebrew shop with a little brewery in it. Okay. So uh, is Thunderhead your brewery also? Yes. Oh, it is. Great. Yep, yep. Coincidentally, you know, when Trevor was uh, driving garbage trucks, I was changing tires on garbage oh. trucks uh, <laughs> out here. You might have met, yeah. Well, oh, boy, did your truck stink. You probably know those guys <laughs> like Oh, yeah, you. I know. <laughs> They were the heaviest. They were the heaviest and the smelliest trucks. And uh, see, everybody wonders how I got to be a germaphobe. It was probably from crawling underneath Trevor's truck for three years or so. That'll do it. Yeah, that'll definitely do it. But I can relate. Have to crawl back in the inside of the back and scoop it out every day. Oh, after the the garbage got pushed out, you know the residual. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Great way to end the day. See if that now. Here's why I don't regret this bad job, and I think that Trevor can relate because it starts out. You're sitting there in the cab of your truck and you're daydreaming about becoming a brewer. And then, right. at the end of the every day, you go climb into that stinky container in the back and shovel out a bunch of somebody's garbage. That's motivation. That <laughs> takes the dream to motivation every single Shoveling day. Shoveling grain is nothing. <laughs> That's right. The dream becomes more stink. real every time you do it. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Every tire yep. I changed, I got closer to going back to college. <laughs> uh, a lot of good that did. Wow. Yeah. What's uh. <laughs> got you here? <laughs> right. Well, you got... Yeah, you got that sweet job now. No, it's a, it's a good gig now. I'm not complaining, actually. <laughs> uh, but so, so that's a good thing. So that motivates you to get out there and do something. So you start out with just a little homebrew shop there in Nebraska and turn into a brewery, huh? A uh, little home. It started out with a one-barrel brewery. That was, I wasn't real familiar here with all the taxes and everything, and I didn't really know what size I'd have to be to be efficient enough. I had my prices set too low, and... It was kind of a kind of a nightmare getting started. After the first couple of years, though, you start uh, figuring out, oh wow, we're selling everything we can make, and we're not making money doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, so kind of scale. Just start scaling up. Okay, so you just dove yeah, right now, in. Now we got we moved to Block North, and now instead of a homebrew shop, we're just operating a brewery with a restaurant, kind of your standard pub sort of thing. Okay, when homebrewers nice. have an emergency, we'll hook them up with some yeast or grain or whatever. But nice. trying not to, not to uh, do the regular homebrew shop thing. I heard it just kind of takes a lot of time. You, you know, there was another uh, brewery out here. I think that was starting. Uh, they were going to do some homebrew supply too to help out the mm-hmm. homebrewers. The brewery and uh, yeah. I think yeah. Well, I wasn't. I, I wasn't going to. Maybe it was the brewery. I don't somebody, know. Somebody. I don't know. I heard that they ended up not wanting to do it because it, because homebrewers are a big pain in the ass. Well, down there at the point. Well, you know, <laughs> I didn't really want to say it like that. <laughs> well, and we are too, right? Like, because we go in there and we just start bitching. Well, My, well, why don't you carry this? Why don't you carry that? And we're really we're we're kind of anal. Actually, my problem was. Is we had this little one barrel system. We we're brewing on it nine times a week. Me and my dad were going back and forth, doing a twenty-four hour brew day for the first three days, and then doing the transfers and uh, cleaning fermenters and whatnot the last couple days of the week. And 
every time somebody comes in wanting to buy homebrew stuff, of course, you want to talk about beer. Right. They want to talk about beer. You want to talk about beer. And pretty soon, you just, you know, you waste an hour when you got a lot of things that need to be done. Sure. That makes sense. So it was kind of, yeah. yeah. It wasn't really a pain in the ass. It was fun, but it wasn't productive. <laughs> right. In the end, it was still hard to pay the bills. <laughs> It can be hard to be productive in the beer world, I will say. It can be. Because yeah. it can be so much fun, and, and not all the fun equates to productivity. So Right, yep. How many barrels are you guys brewing now? Um, let's see. Last year we did about uh, 730 barrels. On what size system? So, I've got a 7-barrel JV Northwest with 14-barrel fermenters. Perfect. I like that. That's like the most versatile. You can brew tons of different beers. Uh, yeah, it's a nice little system. And at the time I got it, uh, there were a lot of brew systems available, and a bank owned it, and they were trying to dump it. So I got it for a steal. Really? And I didn't really need it at the time, but I, you know, just couldn't let it go. Yeah. And we we've grown into it, and now I'm actually looking for a thirty barrel. We'd like to move oh. to another building. Ready to expand. Yep, we're ready. That's a big expansion. Great. So was your locale ready for craft beer when you started, or did you have to really kind of train train and educate and, and get them into to craft beer? I would say if you put uh, all the craft beer and imports together, uh, like into one container, you'd have about 30 gallons of total sales in the previous year. Really? I mean, there was no market. There was a little bit of Guinness being sold in town, and... You know, that was about it, 1999. So it was an American light lager town. Oh, big time. Yeah. Uh, Coors Light owned, owned the town up until fairly recently there, and then Bud Light kind of got a little bit ahead of them. But, yeah, definitely light beer. Okay. So It was so, so bad, in fact, when we were trying to get a uh, license to put a pub in downtown, nobody understood what we were trying to do. They kept trying to... <laughs> stick us in the heavy industrial district and it turned into a big six month kind of legal nightmare that didn't really break until uh the omaha paper kind of caught wind of it and started kind of started sort of started making fun of the local <laughs> powers that be and then they just you know they stopped looking at me they stopped talking to me and everything passed see that's like the one thing that seems to get through sometimes is you start making people look stupid yeah you can make yeah. you can make all the good points and send over all the facts you want. It's not until someone starts making fun of you that you get off your ass and and figure it out. You know exactly. It's funny that, that not funny, haha. Uh, funny, strange that this is still a recurring story. Even yeah. at, like right here in Oakland, breweries have had trouble because because cities just they can't figure it out. They don't know what what to put breweries under. And what's yeah. what's weird about it is that. You know, there was a time that every city had a brewery. I mean, there were breweries yeah. everywhere. And we just, we forgot about all that. All the laws changed. And now, you know, a guy like Trevor comes in to open a brewery and nobody knows what to do with him. Yep. And those days are coming again. You know, 50 years from now, it'll be like that, I think. Right. Okay. I mean, if a, if a town this size is a 26,000-person uh, town, and we've got two breweries right now. Yeah. Which is more than our share, I think. But. Right, that is a lot now for, for for that many people. It's a it's a small town, and you know we're we're growing. People seem to like it. Uh, I don't know. So I think every small town will have a brewery soon. So once you got started, 
how did it go in, in terms of the consumers? Now, I know you said you had a one-barrel system, you couldn't make enough beer, and, and then you upgraded. Right. But, but what was their reaction? Uh, I'm just curious, your, your interaction with people when they're trying this craft beer of yours for the first time. Oh, you know, most people, when they try it the first time, they're kind of shocked. And I kind of developed a system for introducing people to craft beer. It's like, like in my pub, you know, it's a regular pub, but we don't carry any Anheuser-Busch products which is a, the most popular beer sold around here now. Okay. So when somebody comes in and asks for, like, a Bud Light or something, and we explain to them that we're a brewery, and then they say, oh, can we try some of your beer? First thing I put in front of them is IPA. You do. You go right for it. That a boy. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to like whatever I put in front of them. They want an Anheuser-Busch product. Right. So they're going to take taste that. It kind of blows their head off. Then I'll give them some honeyweed or, you know, something something nice kind of light tasting <laughs> right. and they go oh well they're yeah. just shocked that they can drink something that i made right like, oh, oh that's pretty good i'll have that i see now Four i like this later. i see you get them kind of startled that they won't be able to have any sure. beer like and then, and then you give them some, because he's right <laughs> if you give them something subtle at first and they're expecting or they want an anheuser bush then there, there's nowhere to go from there. That's if they true. didn't like yeah, the honey, honey wheat right off the bat, there's nowhere else to go. That's right. Hang them off the cliff a while yeah. and then bring them back. Yep. Kick them in the nuts oh, and then man. give them a little massage yeah. with the honey wheat afterward. <laughs> you can't give them an imperial stout because Too dark. they yeah. won't even really taste it. I mean, they'll just right. look at it and hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like dark beer. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's one of my favorite things, too, is where you can see them wrinkle their nose and close their eyes and make that disgusted face right before their lips touch the glass <laughs> right i get that face oh, no, that's disgusting <laughs> i get that face every time i hand out one of my home brews what are you talking about no oh. i thought that was normal snap <laughs> oh ouch <laughs> yeah thought that was a normal thing oh well uh, no no <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things uh, one of the things we want to talk to you uh, about today is is brewing with adjuncts also sure and well, I, so i brew a lot of adjunct stuff. You do? Tons. Now, this is always a curious thing for me uh, of, of how breweries decide to use adjuncts and, and what adjuncts they decide to use. In your case, sure. I think it's awesome that you use corn um, as, a, as one of your primary ingredients because it's a local ingredient. Right. You know, college football is huge here. We're known as the corn huskers. We grow tons of corn. Most of the farmers around here have corn. So it's kind of a no-brainer to incorporate corn into the local beer somehow. Right. And you know, I'm not a I'm not a big uh, you know American light lager fan, but you can do other things with grain other than make light lager mm. with corn. So sure. that's kind of what we've done. We've got uh, we've got an alt that has a little bit of corn. I do a dark wheat with some corn in it, and then we incorporate uh, corn into part of the marketing with the like the uh, dark wheat's called corn stalker dark wheat, and it's got a guy on there holding an ear of corn like a dagger or something. Nice. Well, you got to appeal to the locals in this case too, and I think that's a good <laughs> idea. Um, so, is now did I have it right that this corn is is not only locally grown, but uh, is it malted locally as well? Yeah, I've got a friend here in town that malts corn for me. That's awesome. He malts uh, hundred pounds out of whack and. You know, I use about 200 pounds of it a month, probably. Not okay. a lot, but... A friend. Yeah. Is, so is he not a so monster, it, or is he just a guy who figured out how to do it for you? 
Uh, he's just a guy. He's been homebrewing since before it was legal. Okay. And, you know, just one of those kind of guys that whenever he reads or sees something that he wants to try out, he just tries it, and he keeps doing it over and over until it starts working for him. Wow. And he malts some great corn. See, <laughs> now I don't know how the rest of this interview is going to go. But that right there makes me want to try cool. this beer. Like, yeah. that is just I an awesome... Th- right? There's some guy around the corner who figured out how to malt some corn. He does a Pretty great cool. job at it. And now you're brewing professionally with it. That yep. it makes me thirsty for it's your an, beer. An artisan beer, yeah. It really does. I, I, I like that. So, uh, That's the problem with the telephone. I'm drinking some. It's pretty good. <laughs> right. It is the problem with this I would share it with phone. people. Yeah. We'll have to invite you out here next time. We'll, yeah, we'll send yeah. the BN jet for you next time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be well, I might be taking it to Vegas. Oh, okay. Uh, you don't know that. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, Trevor, the uh, the Corn Stalker uh, beer, how much, what percentage of that is, is, uh, is corn in the, in the grits? Uh, that's about, I would, it's about 8%. About 8%. Okay. That's a good yeah. amount, it seems like. So, uh. Well, and what would I taste in that beer that would just tell me there's corn in it if I wasn't expecting? You it? probably wouldn't really know. Wouldn't what what the it. corn does is it uh, it makes a beer. It's it's not a huge beer, but it's it's got a lot of wheat in it. Uh, it's got a about eight percent chocolate malt in it. Dark so it's it big up. and black and chocolatey, and it would have more body if it had the if malt. it didn't have the corn in the it. Malt instead of the corn. The, mm-hmm. the corn, you know, it's still got. Still got the little some residual sweetness, but it's drier than it otherwise would have been. Mm-hmm. So it kind of I don't know. It's just kind of easier to drink. Like you can when it's hot out, it isn't real thick. Right. It's thinner for a strong beer. A little more quaffable. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it's so almost it, like it a doesn't liquor. really have like Bach-like quality. Now, what, is, what is the alcohol level of this beer? So how. In terms of the drinkability, sure. This is, uh, by weight, it's five percent. Five percent. That'd be, I don't know, around six and a half six by and volume half, or right. so. Hmm. Yeah. And so, it's not a monster, but <laughs> give me com- give me a comparison because I know I know very little about how corn should be used in in a craft beer and a beer that we still want to taste. Right. So, sure. is eight percent. A big number? I mean, what would what would say a, a, a Budweiser or something that uses corn? What percentage oh, sure. would they be? Uh, you could easily go to fifty percent. You could, okay. Malted corn, yeah. And since it's malted corn and it, uh, the starch was not uh, gelatinized with heat, the enzyme activity is still actually there. So what you run into as being your main problem in the mash would be lack of uh, husk material. I see for your borla. So you'd have to add something like rice holes or something to to use if, that much. If you went much more than that, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But you could up to fifty percent. You could use uh, regular two row uh, pale ale or pilsner malt. And on and your on the on the grist uh, for the the two row grist, do you make that ex- course intentionally or anything to to adjust for that, or you just do the normal milling? No, I just mill it like normal. Okay. Yeah, I uh, the corn I run through. I mill a little tighter just because it I doesn't have a husk that I'm worried about destroying. Oh. And then uh, mill the barley like normal. Gotcha. As tight of, a, tight of a mill as I can get without uh, messing up the husk too much. Gotcha. And is there a reason why it's a darker beer? Did you pick a, a dark wheat versus a lighter beer? Have, have you experimented with that? Is there a reason behind well, that? Well, uh, uh, kind of my flagship beer is a honey wheat. And it's actually a braggot. It's uh, 33% of the fermentable sugar is honey. 
and then 33% wheat and 33% barley. And so, you know, that's my main beer. I put it out in cans last year. Uh, this beer, I just wanted a nice black beer, M- nice black wheat beer. And this is American-style wheat, so it's not uh, Dunkelweizen. It's American-style wheat. There aren't any other ones around here that I'm aware of, not in Nebraska anyway. So it's different. Uh, it's so very nice on the shelf next to the other one. So that's just kind of what I was going for there. So is that like a clean Cal Ale type of yeast then? Oh, yeah, 1056 white yeast. White, okay, got it. Beautiful. Now, uh, and, and White Labs has, I, in fact, this might even be the White Labs one, I don't know. Okay. I go back and forth okay. <laughs> kind and of you, arbitrarily. Do you notice a difference when you do? Not really. No? You know, the first couple of batches I do, I generally use the same yeast for about a year. Okay. Whoa. And nice. after about eh, two or three months, uh, the attenuation of the yeast, uh, its ability to consume sugar increases, so it starts making the beer drier. Okay. So when I switch from, uh, you know, yeast that I've been breeding for a year back to uh, the original state, it's a little bit noticeable for a couple batches. But mm-hmm. okay. It's right back into it. So, listeners, uh, by the way, you can hit the chat now button on the homepage, folks at home, if you want to type questions. Bevo's in the chat room tonight and, and, and sending your questions over. You can also call in, 888-401-BEER. And I'm seeing that in the chat room, Trevor, they are asking about uh, if you experimented or used uh, or considered using a higher uh, percentage of corn in your beer. I haven't done it with malted corn just because uh, the guy who's malting it, you know, is doing small amounts. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I have used, uh, in the past, I've used quite a bit of uh, corn flakes, and I've used rice flakes, uh, and I've used that up to 40% in a pre-prohibition style lager I did a few years ago, and I didn't have any trouble with that. It's a lot like using wheat, really. In fact, I'd say it's a little bit easier to use than wheat. Talking about the rice or the your mash goes. the rice corn or the corn, or the, corn? Or no, the flaked corn. So, what's the difference between malted corn and flaked corn? Then, sure, uh, flaked corn is run through a steamroller, where the heat uh, gelatinizes the starch or, or makes it available to the enzymes in your mash. Where when it's malted, it's it kind of accomplishes the same thing, but it it doesn't flake it. It's still in a whole kernel, so it's kind of protected from staling and it still has some enzyme activity. Okay. All right. And listen, as we're starting to get into these technical things, folks at home, you can go and download Chad's PowerPoint. He does have some descriptions of of, uh, things like uh, flaked wheat, flaked corn, uh, malted wheat, malted corn, all these different things. Uh, They're all in the PowerPoint. You can go to thebrewingnetwork.com, hit the forum button, go to Beer Radio and the Sunday Session, and you'll find his adjunct PowerPoint. You can kind of follow along. There's a lot of info in there. Um, that we're going to try to get through tonight with uh, Trevor, and also John Palmer is going to join us later. Uh, but you can read cool. about a lot of these uh, descriptions right on there. So another, and, and we can come back to corn as questions come in uh, from the chat also. Um, but you just you just mentioned also that another uh, adjunct you, you like to use often is honey. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. actually started out homebrewing honey wines. And that's all I made for probably the first two years. Okay. And then I transitioned over to beer. And I always always liked making honey wine, but beer would get done faster. And I was having trouble <laughs> understanding how yeast worked, so I switched to beer. Okay. Once I got to beer, I'd 
I liked it better, so I stuck with it. So do you still uh, do you, do you do any honey wine uh, on the side? Any homebrew out of that still? I do. You do. I do quite a bit. Actually, I just entered the uh, Mazer Cup, which was last weekend. Which, if you're a, a brewer that makes honey wine, you're a Mazer. Okay. And uh, yeah, I got first and second in the categories I entered. Nice. That's nice. pretty cool. Yeah. Both. Huh? <laughs> yeah. That is pretty cool. <laughs> now, uh, and, go ahead. Uh, the honey wheat and I have a Christmas version of the honey wheat are uh, considered braggots, which is basically a honey fermented honey beverage with grain. So that's how I'm able to enter those competitions. Okay. Braggots are like half beer, half mead, right? I mean, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's okay. correct. All right. So, yeah, and the Christmas version of it's about 12%, so Whoa. it kind of fits in with the with the wine people a little easier, too. Right. Right. It, it always beats honey wheat in competitions. <laughs> can you make, uh, just, you know, license-wise for your brewery, can you make mead or braggot and, and sell it under the same license that you have? It'll vary from state to state, but yes, in Nebraska, you can. You can. Uh-huh. In Nebraska, like up until recently, they never, the, the people writing the laws didn't really give too much thought of anything outside of grapes and beer. And so they didn't really define either one of them very well. So it's it's pretty wide open. Got it. Okay. As long as it's got some hops in it, it's beer, and it's got some grain. <laughs> I like that. See, leave make it easy. <laughs> yes. Right. Don't yep. have to be a bunch yep. of guidelines. <laughs> There's hops in it. It's beer. Don't overcomplicate it. I like that. All right. Yeah. I got to take a quick break and pay some sponsors. <laughs> if you can hang in there with us for a second, Trevor. And uh, cool. when we come back, we'll talk more about brewing with honey and uh, different adjuncts. 888-401-BEER, that's the number. Just uh, call in if you have questions or hit the chat now button on the homepage. We're talking to Thunderhead Brewing Company out of Nebraska. Hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters, the Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmasters Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmasters database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmasters Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. BN Army members, are you looking for a discount on hops? Keep listening. Nico's Homebrew Supply at nicobrew.com has hops by the ounce and by the pound. Choose from varieties like Amarillo, Centennial, East Kent Goldings, Hollertower, Simcoe, Summit, Tomahawk, Warrior, Willamette, and more. 
and adding new varieties all the time. Mini for less than 20 bucks a pound. Whether a couple ounces at a time or an 11-pound bag, all hops are shipped vacuum-sealed and frozen straight to you. Nico's Homebrew Supply offers store-wide $5 flat-rate shipping and won't waste your money on unnecessary overhead or advertising. They're going bare bones and passing the savings on to you. The staff at Nico's Homebrew Supply loves to brew and is committed to keeping homebrewing affordable and accessible to anyone who wants to join in this great hobby. And for a limited time, use coupon code BNARMY at checkout for a Brewing Network discount. Visit NicoBrew.com. That's N-I-K-O Brew.com for your hops and more. NicoBrew.com, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Do you support the Brewing Network? Do you brew your own? Are you looking for any economical, fun, and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long, Brew Your Own will surprise you, entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zedashev and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard and polish your style accuracy with DeVille. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash brewingnetwork or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own. The how-to homebrew beer magazine. My roommate's gone for the weekend, and I'm wearing something flimsy. Listen, baby, I told you not to call me after 8. I gotta go. Who is that? Your girlfriend? Shut up, thug. Did you guys get the cauldron set up on the altar of my yard? If you weren't so busy getting booty calls, you know that. All right, I'm using the scroll of Mosher to boil the first decoction. You took too long. The color is now dark and past the point where you can still call it a pilsner. Yes, sucks. I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. What's this? Poindexter Urkel? Dude, can't you see we're in the middle of a brew session? Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. (gasps) Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Do you belch White Labs 833 and crap Simcoe? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the Cylon Detecting Three-Hearted Ale and the collector's item Super Alt. Mine's in mint condition because it's still in the box. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. Well, what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. It's the Brewing Network. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Yeah! Welcome back to the program, everybody. Thank you very much. Thanks for being here, folks. Oh, I'm doing my stand-up routine. Tasty's now doing his stand-up routine for the webcam. Oh, he's gonna. Are you just trying to make me feel more comfortable? Yes, we're gonna do a stand-up. I ha- show. That I have to stand we're up. We're gonna stand up. I'm now standing up uh, for at least this portion of the program. Right. The sitting part is it's killing me. It's that goddamn. Well, gar- my back hurts too. So, yeah. See, it's just 
Tasty and I, we have the well, same. Actually, our bodies feels, are the same mine age. Mine feels better sitting down, actually. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, actually, that mentally we're the same age as well, Tasty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I got a lot of mileage. It's that goddamn garbage truck that Trevor used to drive. Oh, it screwed yeah, me. Stinky tires. Screwed me all up, man. That's right. <laughs> All right, we're talking to Trevor uh, from Thunderhead Brewing Company out of Nebraska. He's hanging out with us, and I did have some Hello, more. Everybody. I did have more questions come through uh, about corn, and certainly ones that okay. Chad wants to make sure we get to. Also, for sure, yeah. I mean, you know, how, what's the easiest uh, way to use corn, and what is the form of the corn that we as homebrewers would potentially get? Is it you know um, flaked? Is it? Yeah, homebrewers usually use flaked corn just because. Uh, the starch is already accessible to the enzymes, so it's easy to mash in. It's easy to use. If you wanted to use uh, like uh, white corn or sweet corn, uh, just dry it, mill it. You'd have to boil it first, but then you can use that in the mash, just mm-hmm. like you would uh, flaked corn. So it goes in same, you know, uh, sac rest temp uh, as your regular, you know, grains, and you just toss it in there. Same time with everything. Oh uh, yeah, basically just yeah, stir it in, get your mash. To the right temperature, whatever you're, whatever you're doing with your mash, and uh, just use it with your. Uh, I'd use it with two row. If you're gonna go crazy with it and and try to get up around fifty percent, then you probably would want to use some six row. But just to get a little more diastatic power, a little more enzyme activity to break the starch down. But other than that, it's uh, it's pretty easy to use. There's not much to it. Now, do you extend the mash because of the of the these starches no. in there, or no, you don't. Or mash a little higher when you add corn or uh, anything. Well, no, you're gonna have your convert whatever your whatever you want to convert it at. You know, okay. up at, upward end will be 156 Fahrenheit. Uh, down, you can go down as low as 138. And as long as you stir it every now and again, um, an hour should work fine. Mm-hmm. If you have to go two or three hours, that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna hurt anything. And do you put corn? I mean, right through your mill, just like normal? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Nothing yep. special you have to do or change no, the settings? It, it, or? No, the the kernel's bigger, you know, so your mill's got to be pretty tough to handle it. You can, it uh, When I dump it in, it sounds like I dumped in a bag of teeth or something. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> Rocks. <laughs> yeah. So what's, 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 wow. what's the diameter on your rollers and your mill? Uh, they're six inch. Okay, that yeah, sounds about what you'd have to have. Yeah, you probably would. If you're going to... I mean, malted corn, it, it is super hard. I mean, it's like little rocks. Uh, you'd you'd about have to to crush it with like a hammer or something. <laughs> wow! On a homebrew homebrew size, yeah, so yeah. Really, the the easiest way to go is get flaked corn. Flaked? <laughs> have you ever used like corn starch? Is there? A... I haven't. No. I don't see any reason why you couldn't. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna you know potentially turn into a gelatinous mess if you. If you're not careful, but uh, sure, sure. I I would think it would uh, convert fine. Okay, we're not going to miss out on any particular sugars or anything. I mean, that maybe you know cornstarch yeah. is just like one particular source of sugar. I don't think so. Of, or, I really uh, don't know anything about cornstarch. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to help you, but I just don't yeah. know. <laughs> Didn't I used to use cornstarch as uh, my bottling primer when I first started homebrewing? <laughs> Was that not corn like? Corn sugar. Corn sugar. sugar. Corn sugar. Corn sugar. Pro- oh, no. yeah, corn sugar will probably work better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I forget. Corn starch uh, isn't going to ferment until it goes through that mash. It does so have to be mashed. Definitely don't bottle with it. 
Maybe I did use cornstarch, and that's exactly what was going uh, wrong. No with carbonation my... and very cloudy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, those were yeah, the symptoms yeah. of my beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And as far as like a, you know any kind of special like uh, mash out, I mean, will the corn kind of you know do anything weird as far as uh, you know low uh, you know raise that gravity? Will it just kind of keep going away? Do you do any special mash out or? You just kind of sparge. Well, no. My system is a uh, simple infusion. I don't have a way to heat my mash time. Sure. So I hit my mash temperature when I do my strike, and that's it. Okay. So uh, until I until I uh, start sparging, you know, there's not really a way to to change the temperature in there. Gotcha. So, but if you have the option of uh, doing a uh, some kind of a profile, like you know, 120, 135. 168 or something definitely do it you get uh, uh, better efficiency I think you get a better taste in beer that way too with certain styles especially any German styles where you might be uh, uh, more apt to use some corn maybe a pre-prohibition style lager definitely do a step mash if you know if you're comfortable doing it our friend Dan Gordon would be proud of you for saying that but uh, even as even as you can't do it in your own brewery, you you would if you could. Yeah, that's right. My next mash down will be heated. Very nice. <laughs> I make I make wonderful British styles. Good. <laughs> Most yeah. European ales. You know, I can make some Pilsner, but it'd be it'd be drier if I had my druthers. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Tom from Raleigh is in the chat room, and he says uh, he's he's got a question for you. He says. Uh, sure. Most of the corn grown in Nebraska is field corn, which he said uh, isn't edible. Uh, so he wants to know, are you using sweet corn or field corn? Uh, we're using white corn. We actually grow quite a bit of white corn around here. There's a big uh, Doritos uh, like grain place that buys white corn uh, about 30 miles away from here. So there's tons of white corn available, okay. and that's what I'm using most of the time. I uh, I offered my guy two bucks a pound for sweet corn if he can get it, but it's it's hard to get sweet corn that's dried. Oh, yeah, we, we haven't figured out a way to do it yet. We got I got a hundred pounds of it last year, and it was awesome. Really? Oh, yeah. And you could taste it in the finished beer. We, I did. I used a little bit of that in the do an alt with some corn in it, and you could tell it was in there, and it was it was real nice. Interesting. So why Hopefully is it? Hopefully, we'll go to all all sweet corn down the road. Sorry. Is it hard to get uh, dried because it's used for food mostly? Uh, because nobody picks it. Nobody leaves it sitting in the field till it dries. Oh, All the right. sweet corn around here, people go out and pick it while it's you know still roasting ears. Yeah, and then they bring it into town and sell it. Okay. Well, Trevor, you so, don't seem to be using that much corn that you just couldn't have your own field of uh, whatever corn you wanted. No, no, no. You don't want to get into <laughs> that. Really small time. <laughs> I see. So, what is field corn? I don't. I see. I don't know. Is that is this like the stuff that we're making fuel out of and things like that? What's field? Oh uh, yeah, okay. and field corn is uh, most. Of it, I'm, it is edible, but the way they deal with it, they don't really. A lot of places don't deal with it like it is food. So okay. then it becomes inedible. Well, it's in the field. It's still fine, but uh, yeah, it's bigger. It's uh, it's still corn, you know. Okay. But uh, they make a lot of ethanol out of it around here. All right. And uh, NH Brewer in the chat room, he wants to know if any of us um, have uh, thought about using cornmeal, like cornmeal from the grocery store. Can you just go get that? I would think that would work just fine. 
Is, yeah. Isn't wouldn't no, isn't isn't cornmeal just dried corn ground up into into what? Yeah, like, yeah. You'd, cornmeal? you'd have to boil it before you, you used it, or it, you wouldn't have to boil, but you'd have to get it up uh, over. Uh, I'd get it up to 180 anyway. Okay, make like a corn porridge. Yeah, to gelatinize the starch. Okay. And so that's the big deal with... Uh, this seems to be a recurring theme with the corn, is gelatinizing the starches. Mm. Yep, that's the trick. It's either got to be malted or gelatinized. Okay, got it. So yep. if yep. we, if as home brewers we find malted corn, we're in good shape, we can throw it in the mash and just use whatever percentage that we want. Um, right. If we find it unmalted, then it, it has to have been gelatinized. Yep. Which just is a fancy way of saying get it hot enough that the starch swells. Got it swells, and then the endosperm burst, and what we need out of the corn is then made available. available. Got it. Yep. Okay. Now, do you notice any uh, like a lighter haze in your wheat? I mean, I assume you know your wheat beer is unfiltered. Um, is there anything? Actually, or my my uh, honey, we we don't filter anything, but. Uh, my beers are pretty clear. Once I get them in a, a keg, it takes about, you know, two weeks, and the beer's crystal clear. So there's not really any haze or anything. Okay. Because I just, you know, I've read that, you know, there are, it lowers the protein, um, reducing, you know, potential for haze, essentially, in the beer. So right. use the use of corn. I, so. I use uh, Irish Moss in the last 15 minutes of all the beers that I want to drop clear. And that works pretty good. Mm-hmm. And is that your only clarifier? Is that what? Is that the only clarifying agent that you use? Is Irish Moss? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Okay. And I, I, I'm, I'm an old school guy, so I don't use the the newer stuff that's come on the market. I'm, I'm sure it works great, but and I'm just used to using that old seaweed. So <laughs> and it works that's what fine. I throw in there. Yeah. <laughs> stinks, but it works fine. <laughs> you know? It stinks, and it works fine. <laughs> Now, I thought that I read, uh, Chad, also that uh, that using corn, some brewers uh, believe that using a bit of corn actually helps the stability of their beer, too. So, like you're talking about with clarity as, as one part of stability, but uh, head retention and other things as well. Uh, have you noticed that, Trevor? I have not noticed anything okay. along those lines. Right. Uh, most of the beers I make are are stronger than the dark wheat. Like the honey wheat is about 7.5% alcohol, so it's got pretty good stability just from the alcohol. Sure. And then, uh, you know, hops is obviously a big stabilizing factor in most craft beer. I would think corn would be, if it if it helps at all, it's not really noticeable. Okay. All right. At least at the percentages yeah. that you're probably talking about it. Right. Yeah. Maybe well, a higher percentage, maybe... More things would start happening. Who knows? Sure. Maybe. I don't know. All right. <laughs> All right. So how about now back to honey. Uh, we started talking about that before the break. Is this something that you're sor- uh, sourcing locally also? Uh, yeah. There's a guy out in the Sandhills. Nebraska has is a great place for honey just because there's uh, all the clover fields mm. and alfalfa. Okay. So there's just tons of clover honey around here. And... There's a guy out in the sand hills. Is the guy that I buy all my honey from, and he delivers it to me. And he's about five thousand pounds a year of that. Is he real creepy? Is he like a creepy beer keeper guy? <laughs> he is, isn't he? He's 
probably not listening, so yeah, he's totally creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't wear a mask or anything, does he? Yeah, he says like four <laughs> words to you in the last year that you've worked with him. <laughs> he only talks no, to no, his bees. He's, he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you guys have seen these beer keep be, these beekeepers. You know what I'm talking about. Well, he, he lives about 80 miles away from here, so I really do only see him about four times a year. Got it. And uh, when he comes to town, we have some honey wheats and cool. Have a good time. <laughs> very nice, very nice. So, so tell me what. So you get a, it's a clover honey that you get from him. Yeah. Um, and is it always one varietal? Do you try to change it up in different beers, or are you always getting the same? Uh, no, actually, I get a little bit of trouble. Like uh, if his bees get into something else, you can really taste it. Really, and. Yeah, and I don't like it, so I don't use it. <laughs> Interesting. So sometimes he has to take some back, but uh, uh, I, as far as honey goes, for me, uh, clover honey is the best for what I do just because it transfers so little other weird flavors. I want a nice, clean beer with an obvious fermented honey taste. I but, see. You know, nothing, nothing goofy. I don't want wildflower. Don't want anything odd going on. And you can taste that right away in the honey. You don't mean that, that you don't wait till the oh, beer's yeah. done. You, just right when you're tasting no. that honey, you can see it's it's in there. You can smell it. You can taste it. There's lots of different varieties of honey out there, and they're really cool. Okay. But if you're you know if you're packaging something and putting it on the shelf, you really want to make sure that they taste similar to each other from batch to batch. So yeah, yeah, of course. I'm I'm trying to get just the straight clover honey. Okay. So, if you could give me, run me through using honey in a beer, uh, you know, kind of from sure. from how much, where you use it, how to use it, what's happening. Okay, so well, first of all, how much doesn't really matter. You know, if you use one hundred percent honey, it's going to turn into a fermented beverage, okay. and it'll be good. Uh, you know, all the way up to nothing, you can make a great beer with no honey. Sure. So there's no limit on how much you can use. Uh, you don't want to boil it. You do want to ferment it. So generally, you add honey right at the end of your boil and stir it in. It's actually uh, antiseptic, so you don't need to heat it up. But I'm kind of I'm kind of a germaphobe, hmm. like you are. And Thank if you. it burns my finger, it makes me feel like it's killing anything <laughs> that might be there. Yes, so I agree. So I, I dump it in the end of the end of the boil. I didn't know that it was a kind of an antiseptic. Yeah, it, it is an antiseptic. Put it All right, wood. supposedly throat. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure there's something that can live in it, but. Supposedly, yeah, you can just add water to it and yeast, and it'll ferment. Wow. It'll okay. Clean. So when yeah. you say end of boil, you're essentially you know just flame out, just to hot wort as long yeah. as it's diluting exactly. into the wort. Okay. Right. Yeah, you don't want to boil it because uh, you'll volatilize off a lot of nice of the nice honey characteristics. I see. Okay. And there's no you know uh, water content in the honey, typically. There I mean, is, and it, it varies. Okay. So, As uh, honey sits, it'll uh, it'll lose some water sometimes. You basically, you know, you can't really tell how much sugar you're adding until you take a gravity reading. Okay. So from variety to variety, you know, you're going to get a range. If you used a pound of honey in a gallon, I believe your your starting gravity would range, range ah, excuse me range from one point zero three zero to like one point zero three eight. And will so you do this at like a pound at a time? Will you test that in the brewery before you throw it in, or we do what? Is that will you test that? Will you you know actually look at the gravity and take a gravity per 
batch of honey? Yeah, you don't really know until you add it. You know? Okay, okay. So you're <laughs> well, not doing anything on the side and kind of figuring out, okay, a gallon. Uh, all right, so when you add a pound. All right, before, okay. you, before you add the honey, it has a gravity. So you could measure the yeah. gravity after you've added some amount of honey and see where it's at, right? Well, if you know how much honey you have, you can weigh it. That, and if it's heavier, then it's got more more sugar Per in volume. It. I mean, it's not going to give you exactly but some, yeah. okay. what I'm, well, it could give you exactly the amount if you wanted to, like, look into it. But right. I've never really delved into it that much. I use whole buckets whole just buckets. because partials would be a pain in the butt. So so what do you do? You then set, uh, say, a lower target gravity for for your wort uh, than you would mm-hmm. a beer without honey, and then you attempt by adding buckets of honey to raise the gravity to your desired original gravity. Correct, uh, okay. and you can get a pretty good, a pretty good idea of what you're doing uh, the first time just on paper, and then when when you t- actually do it, you can make adjustments for your next batch, or you know, kettle up with a little water if you need to to get your gravity down. Right. Or, okay. Or whatever you got to do. Well, but then this is for the all... next batch. Go ahead. Sorry. For the next batch, it should work quite a bit easier. So this is advantageous, I'm thinking, of where he's adding the honey, that, essentially a flame-out. Right. Because he can, kinda, right. he can then hang out with it, right? Do some gravity, decide if he's got to add more honey or yeah. add more water until you get your target uh, gravity, you know, because right. you're, you're no longer boiling the hops. and all, You're still sitting at temperature, but I think it's okay. Right. You, you, you buy yourself some time. Yeah. And yep. um, and the particular beer you're using it in, I mean, like a, a wheat beer, um, simply you're not going to depend on, you know, hops too much in their recipe. So, you know, you're really just dialing in the gravity versus, you know, maybe a, a profile you want to match with hopping. Right. Or, right. Is that something you don't really worry about? You're just, you well, hop from the uh, get-go, maybe a 60-minute edition, and that's good to go every time. There's no hop edition uh, changes. It's hard to remember what was going on when I was designing the recipe because... This was one of the first beers we ever made, but, uh, and it. just kind of stuck with it the last ten years. Gotcha. Now it's now I don't really look at recipe the recipe mm-hmm. for that, or I just it's just kind of automatic. I make it every week, but uh, okay. yeah, it doesn't have uh, flavor aroma hops, so mm-hmm. I don't know. But so nothing to worry about. Time really. boiling. Yep. Yeah, nothing to worry about. Gotcha. I always add the same amount of pounds of honey. You now. do. Yeah, if I was doing something, if I was making up a recipe, I would just have a certain amount of honey I planned to use. I would have a certain gravity that I planned to hit, and I would make it. And then I would check the gravity and see how far I missed it by. And hopefully not very much. But, you know, (laughs) since you're making up the recipe anyway, no sense in getting too anal about it. Right. So guess what, everybody? If you're trying to make the same thing again, then there you go. You want to hit it. Yeah. Trevor brews like me. He's like, "Fuck it, I don't know." Let's just I, here's my gravity. Let's let's get as close as we can, right, guys? It'll be fine. Well, you don't want to get too carried away. I mean, you're going to make a great beer yeah. as long as you you know you didn't get the gravity so high it won't ferment, right? Or or so low that it's you know not worth opening. Sure. Well, but this is now a pretty wide range. As as much as I like this 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 style to kind of go for it, here's the here's the problem I would have. So maybe you could help mm-hmm. me with this. I I wouldn't know what gravity to to start my my wort at, right? So I guess in other words, how many gravity points are you looking for out of your honey? 
You know, it, do, you, do you want that OG to be way down so that you can get a lot out of the honey? Or are you pretty close and you're just getting a little? Well, it depends on what you're trying to do. With what with the honey weed I'm making, I'm trying to get a lot from the honey. And the finished beer, it went out a lot of honey character. So, you know, like I said, I'm going for 33% fermentable honey. I start with basically an American wheat at 1.050 and add honey to it. Okay. So kick it up to about 1.074. No kidding. Wow. Yep. Now see this, now that I wouldn't have expected. Yeah, that's big. I was thinking I thought you might have said all right, so my worts, it's way down there, like 1035, and then I add honey so that it gets up to 1052 or something. But uh, you're kind yeah. of the opposite. You're starting at the 1052 and, and going yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, with uh, with a honey beer, I don't know. If you want the honey to stand out, you pretty you got to ferment quite a bit of it before you can really taste the, the fermented honey character or the meaty sort of character. I see. Okay. So it's got to be a pretty good-sized beer. So substantial. Have you ever done it more than 33% honey? Well, I guess you've done a lot of honey wine in the past. But... Or in the fermenter? Yeah. And that the tiny tin that we do at Christmas is 50% honey. Okay. And it, it's about, uh, uh, it's about a, hmm, well, it's actually different from year to year. I've made it at 9.5% up to 12%. Wow. Okay. And that's a and, bragging, and essentially. I, yeah. And I usually spice it different ways each year just make it kind of something special okay all right hey just going back uh, you might have said this but is this like raw honey or has it been strained or filtered or anything pasteurized is this just raw no it is raw okay it is raw honey okay yep open open the bucket and any any residual parts in there you don't want dumping in your kettle you pick them out (laughs) <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> oh, a dead bee. Get yeah. out of there. Oh. The, the creepy honey guy's glove. <laughs> yeah, exactly. His left no, finger. His fingernail. <laughs> <laughs> like he lost a band-aid. It's, it's not that raw, but it, uh. it's pretty raw. I mean, uh, you'll every once in a while, about once every ten buckets, you'll see a dead bee in there. So right. Pull that sucker out. Giant pair of panties. <laughs> Some wax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. Wow. Okay. No, just uh, so, and then Chad had kind of asked too. You, you said you like to put it into the uh, the kettle because you're like me. You'd, you'd rather have it at some temperature before it goes to fermenter. But you could just put it straight to the fermenter, right? Yeah, that, it should work just fine. I've never done it. I never will do it. Yeah. But I've talked to a lot of mead makers that that don't use heat at all. And, they just and they do make great mead. So okay. Hmm. Yeah, I just wonder that character you were talking about. If it'd, it'd be there a little more. That you, you say when you ferment it out, you lose a lot of it. So I'm wondering if you pitch it in the fermenter, you might get a little more residual flavor out of it. Just won't. No, ferment you don't really it. lose it. You don't lose Not it lose out of the it, fermenter. But, okay. But di- I you thought you mentioned it. something about it. You know, being uh, uh, fermented out mostly after adding it to the the kettle. You know, it's just more. Oh yeah! If you like boil it, you'll lose if quite a bit. Boil, okay, right? Yeah, gotcha. So, like the last five minutes or something in the boil? No, no, at the end, flame don't boil out. it. Flame out, okay. flame out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't no scorch it with the flame on. Okay, so you want to see? And and in this case, now this came up when uh, uh, when I was brewing my mirror pond. All right. So when Chad adds his his flame out hops. He likes to leave it uncovered, leave the the kettle uncovered, and uh, 
let any of those kind of precursors to DMS, the volatiles, mm-hmm. go away and steam off. Me, I like to throw in those those final hops, seal that Steeple. sucker up, and 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 try to leave all of that hop stuff in there. And in this case, I think I would do the same with honey. I would if I'm throwing all this stuff in at flame out because I want it to stick around. I don't want to lose stuff. Right. I'm I'm sealing that thing up as as soon as possible. What do you think about that, Trevor? Should I be letting the DMS I, stuff go away or? I agree, hundred percent. I say seal it up. I yeah. mean, you know, when you dry hop your hops uh, after fermentation or any anywhere in there, you're not worried about uh, the DMS precursors there. So I wouldn't worry about them uh, for your for the end addition of your uh, kettle either. Yeah, yeah. The, the place to get rid of the uh, the uh, DMS precursors are uh, in the boil. The boil itself. Right. You, the rest of it. Boil right. longer. If it's just ten. If it's right. just ten minutes with the lid on. Yeah. Boil ten minutes longer. And you're done with it. See, Chad's logic isn't flawed, though. There are some schools of thought out there that say that even at the end there, you should be let anything that's coming off is stuff you don't want anyway. But then there's this other school of thought, like we're talking about, that says, well, the stuff coming off is my hop aroma. In this case, it would be my honey aroma. All stuff I want to try to cap down in there. So, hey, we just, we ended up having an interesting discussion about it in the thing, and I gave him the finger, yeah. and I put the cap on my. On I, I my guess kettle. it depends on if you have a whirlpool and all that other things as well. I mean, yeah. do you have it depends a, what you're trying to make, really. Yeah. You know? Right. If you're trying to make a European style pilsner, you want to catch a little DMS. And in fact, the brew kettles are set up to where the steam that goes up the pipe uh, condensates and drips back down into the kettle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they don't want to lose that DMS. Sure. It's what makes the European pills taste like it tastes. Keep it right back in But there. then, you know, any sort of British beer, no DMS. Right. So those, uh, you know, the when the DMS and, or the condensation is dripping back down the steam pipe, uh, British-style systems are set up to catch that and funnel it off the side and dump it on the floor. Mm, see, and the beer I was brewing was English style. It was the Mirror Pond. Uh, from Deschutes, right? British, British, and so eh, could have let that stuff maybe come off. But anyway, uh, it sounds like uh, <laughs> with honey, uh, it's a good way. You, you want to capture as much of that as possible. So, well, yeah, and you're not worried about DMS. I mean, right? You're not going to get DMS from honey, right? And how much you're of like how much of an aroma are you getting out of that beer? Like when it's fresh, and how much do you lose? Say, it's not a ton. I not mean, a ton. It, yeah. It's a subtle, but. Fermented honey is pretty subtle. Yeah. So, you know, it's not a bitter beer. It's definitely not hopped. I want people to notice the honey, so everything's got to be subdued. Right. And in a beer that strong, you know, it's it's hard to keep the flavors down. I like that. It's an interesting adjunct to me using honey because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a nice flavor. It's a really nice flavor. I don't. I, and I like mead too. Uh, I I enjoy a nice mead. Uh, I don't drink them regularly. Um, I've had some bad honey beers, I have to say. Oh yeah. Um, but I've had bad everything beers, right? So, but to me, it's a, it's such a, it's a sure. really flavorful adjunct honey, like yeah, so many different things. A lot of character. Yeah. And why, why is all these honey beers are always honey wheats? What, what is the, the pair up with wheat? What, what? Yeah. I mean, why does everyone? Not saying that you're like everyone, but I mean, what, what's the deal with that? <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's at least 50% marketing. Yeah. You throw the word honey on in front of a beer, and it doesn't matter. 
if it's just made with a honey malt or if maybe the guy was thinking about honey when he was making the beer. You know, it might not have hardly any honey character, but right. you throw the word honey on it and all of a sudden people want to drink it. So I think, and wheat is kind of the same way. And if you're a if you're the kind of person that's persuaded by the name of the beer, then you're probably after a pretty low-flavored beer. And <laughs> American wheat is fitting the bill. Gotcha. I think it's the same in porn. If you put honey in front of any porn title, it, it becomes that much more appealing. <laughs> uh, if you go go check the shelf, you'll see what I mean. All the bestsellers have honey in front <laughs> honey of them. Honey double. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. honey. Honey double penny. Yeah, exactly. So much, yeah. There's all these. It's it is marketing. I think Trevor's right. And, and what's the type of wheat you're using in this beer? Uh, the wheat I use a uh, malted white wheat. White wheat. Okay. Yep, and I've gotten it. I've gotten it from. Uh, Cargill, it used to be Schreier, and I get it from Brees sometimes, and, you know, they both work great. Now, Trevor, you mentioned the honey malt. Uh, you know, I noticed when I brew with that, just a little bit, it gave me a real distinct uh, honey aroma. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you ever used that as a way to supplement or complement the, the honey, the actual honey that's in there? I don't. No? Uh, it, I didn't really hear about honey malt until about six years ago, uh-huh. and I was already, uh, to me, it just seemed like a way to to bypass the expense of using honey. Honey is expensive as hell. So, well, like, uh, you yeah, know, any, right. What I mean, anything it, you can do to cut your costs would be helpful on a commercial scale. Right. But, uh, yeah, it just does, it isn't the same. Right. Use more corn. Is it really? Oh, the most expensive. Uh, by your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. what did you say? Two bucks a pound if it's malted? Uh, two. I, well, I'm offering him two bucks a pound for sweet corn if he can get it. Oh, sweet he's, corn. He's got to buy the corn and then malt it himself. But I'm pay, I'm just paying him a buck a pound for uh, white corn. Got it. Which is interesting, isn't it? Because the reason the big breweries use corn and rice is because it's cheap. Cheap sugar, yeah. But the right. way the way that Trevor's getting it locally and and from the dude down the road, well, it's expensive. Yeah, and then it becomes yeah. it's the opposite. <laughs> The British two rows, uh, seventy-eight cents with a with a boat ride, and then the local corn's a buck. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, that's all right. Hey, that's capitalism, Trevor. You like it? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, I Nico Brew is in the chat room. He wants to know. Um, he says he's heard that using honey in a beer kind of thins it out. Is it possible to have a big, full-bodied beer using honey? Uh, kind of. He's right. It does thin it out. It does. Okay. Uh, the, the honey wheat. Uh, what when that ten fifty six is uh, after I buy it new and it's been through the breeding cycle several times and uh, four or five batches down the road. Uh, my finished honey wheat is uh, sometimes finishing below the gravity of water. It is very thin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> point point nine nine eight. Below one, huh? Really? <laughs> Below one. But you wouldn't notice. I mean, you don't, really don't know it because you can kind of you can smell honey. It's got honey has a perceived sweetness. You know, people smell honey and they think something is sweet. And so I've, I've put this beer in front of people before and they're like, oh, it's too sweet for me. But man, it has got no residual sugar. Really? Or hardly any. And the gravity of alcohol is very low, and it's got a lot of alcohol in it, so it does have quite a bit of residual sugar just from the wheat and the barley. But the but that the low gravity uh, honey pretty well completely ferments out. Okay. Now, you know, things naturally stop fermenting with different yeast once they reach their uh, upper alcohol tolerance. 
So if you wanted to have something with some residual body, residual sweetness, uh, just figure out uh, what your upper tolerance is and make your wort a little bit above, uh, you know, what the yeast will be able to handle. Mm. So it'll ferment up to probably 10 or 12% alcohol, and then it will stop, and any sugars that are left will be in your finished beer. Oh, that's a good so point. So you will have a sweet beer. So you could just have a, a, a huge starting gravity. Um, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Monster. Yeah. I think that in our case, so we have a we have a 10-gallon brew system. We'd have to do a five-gallon batch of beer, I think, to get our gravity that high. Yeah. But you could do it. Could easily. Not do really, it. because you can add honey to it, and uh-huh. you don't have to use that in your mash. So. Right. You yeah. can do. That's kind of that's the way I make my my big beer for Christmas time. Is you know it's only fifty percent grain, so I can still do my mash in my regular mash tun. Right. And once it gets over in the kettle and get finished with it, add the honey and bring it up to wine strength. Got I couldn't it. do that uh, straight grain without cutting the size of the batch. Right. God, and who doesn't like a big-ass beer around Christmas, right? You got all that family exactly. around. I you just had deal one, honey. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. It's 12%. Yeah. Hey, you're a smart <laughs> man, Trevor. <laughs> I like that. Throw some coriander and orange peel on that, boy, and yeah, then you got something. See, now that sounds good, too. I bet you those two flavors go great with honey. You can see that all going they together do. well. Yeah. Yeah, coriander and orange peel just go together. What's <laughs> in about anything? <laughs> what's that beer called? The your Christmas beer? That's Tiny Tim. The Tiny Tim. Okay, all right. Look for yep. that, Nebraskans. How how far can we get your beer outside of Nebraska? Anyway, are you just right there? None outside of Nebraska. None. Okay. Uh, we uh, we distribute uh, out to Omaha, going east, and then. West, I think I think the farthest we are is Gothenburg, so we're not even out into the Panhandle yet. Okay, all right, but we're just getting started. So <laughs> good, yeah. Keep it moving. Well, we do have listeners out there, so we'll get those boys out there to try your beer if they, if they haven't right. already. Now, what uh, you you did mention at the beginning that you use several uh, adjuncts. Uh, anything else uh, worth noting? Sure, you name it. I've <laughs> used uh, I've used chocolate. Uh, just about every spice you can think of, mugwort, orange hips, uh, or not orange hips, rose hips. Uh, Any vegetables? Vegetables. I've used pumpkins. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's about it for vegetables. Okay. (laughs) Any fruit? Do you make any fruit Uh, beers? I have used some fruit. I don't really like making fruit beer. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, just, that sounds normal. I don't know. It's just kind of a personal <laughs> aversion. If I was wanting to make something out of fruit, I'd make wine, I think. But uh, I keep a peach weed on tab all the time with uh, extract at the end. Uh, just, I, you For know, the ladies. It's Nebraska, and <laughs> I, I, what I say is the path to IPA starts with peach wheat. <laughs> really? <laughs> You know what? That's and, a good T-shirt. I hope you have that on a shirt yeah. there in your brewery because I think you <laughs> I might just be right. Made it up last weekend. You did <laughs> at good. a beer fest. Yeah. <laughs> so is that you, like an extract or a puree or? It's a uh, just a natural extract. Um, if you use if you ferment fruit, you know it tastes a lot different than yeah, like if you use an extract at the end of fermentation. And people who are ordering peach wheat are looking to find a flavor they recognize and so that's why I use an extract at the end of peach wheat easier to dial in and keep it consistent and it's all the above. well and when they lift it to their nose it smells like 
<laughs> gotcha. fuzzy peaches, you know, and they taste expensive. it and they can identify peach. Got it. Yeah. Did you play so around? With... You got a little flavor hook. Yeah. Have you played around with any other flavors, or is that just kind of peach? Was um, did I did a raspberry stout back now, probably five six years ago. It was real good. But generally, the people who want fruit and beer don't want stout. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it was just like me and five other guys drinking it. But... And generally, okay, the though. people that want fruit and beer don't live in Nebraska. They're out here with us in San Francisco. So uh, no, there's plenty. <laughs> it starts out Bud Light, then it goes Peach Wheat, and I then see. their friend next to them makes fun of them. They order a Scottish Ale, <laughs> and, and then you got them. Right, and then they're off. <laughs> and they manda. <laughs> yeah. See that kind of they're just uh, two months away from drinking IPA. <laughs> <laughs> the road to IPA is Peach Wheat. Slippery slope. Yeah, I'm. Slippery I'm. Slope. You've you've sold me, man. <laughs> all, right. uh, all my pro brewer friends, they they all make fun of me using extract, but it gets the results. You know, and we've talked about. It's funny you're taking a page out of Tasty here, our, our co-host playbook, because we've talked about this. He has talked about it for years, and and by the way, we make fun of him for it too. But uh, this, but this man wins uh, competition after competition by adding extract to his uh, to Dor- his his Dortmunder. Yeah. He brews. In fact, I was oh, drinking yeah. it. He brews a great Dortmunder. I should have brought some peach extract along. I bought this year's bottle. If you're going to do a coffee beer, that is the only way to do it and end up with a great beer with extract. You got to do some kind of a coffee extract. Yeah, Post-firm. you can make it yourself, but it's got to be added at the end of fermentation. Otherwise, too much stuff goes out when it's fermenting. Yeah. Now, see, I haven't heard about a coffee extract before. I've certainly heard about people brewing up espresso or something and adding it post for right. you know, things like well, that. that. Same that's thing? That's basically making your own extract. Okay. You know? okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do a cold press and just make it really strong. Got it. You can definitely yeah. buy some, like, yeah, espresso syrups. And oh, you like can. That. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Concentrated. And right. Syrup. Yeah. And yeah, it does seem to be, even though it's not, uh, whatever, and it's not manly enough or it's not old school enough for, for the old school brewers, but I'm telling you, more often than not, I've heard of the most successful, uh, you know, either fruit flavored or, or, or those kind of beers, yeah, being done post-ferment and with an extract yeah. drop, dropped in at the right, end. because you're just trying to get some aroma. A lot of times, you know, too much fruit just destroys the beer. Right. Yeah. Right, right. You just want it to be noticeable. Right. You don't want it to be... You know, like an exclamation part point. The, typically, you'll match up the flavor with the with something that's naturally in the beer, so that the aroma is all you're lacking. So, like for right. instance, the Dortmund. You go with a beer that has a very low flavor. Like yeah, American wheat is perfect. Right, right. Okay. or something that's say sweet. Any fruit will like pair up with that because it'll just right. match up. Like the Dortmund, and, right? And raspberry goes great with black beer, roasty yeah, beer. Okay, raspberry, good tip yeah. there. It has those notes in it. Yeah. All right. Extract. We should have extract. We should. I think every. Uh, we should now have like a whole line of extracts in our in our brew kit, Chad. Because <laughs> no, you, you can't really hang your hat on extract. <laughs> yeah. Because eventually, people, you know, people only drink peach wheat for about six months, and then they're on to ambers and sure. well, they're discovering the world of beer. You can't hang your hat on extract, but Trevor, I can I hang can. my. You I can do it because because <laughs> listen, it it can. I can only go up. From from where from where I'm at, so I can hang my hat on pretty much anything right now. I mean, I I could be brewing sixty percent corn beer by next week, and if it's palatable, I'm hanging my hat on that shit. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> I wonder how a sour corn beer would be. That'd be interesting. Yeah, you like sour beers at all, Trevor? You wonder what uh, sour beers? Do you like wild 
sour. Oh, I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> hate them. I've made about. I've made. I've done some lambics and I did some goose. No, we mean on and, purpose. Yeah, they're all right. But, yeah, on purpose. <laughs> oh, all right. Like if you just sour mash some corn or something, you know, whatever yeah, else on there from the field. Yeah, I did a Kentucky Common back when we were uh, we were still at our old building. We had a three barrel system with a hot liquor tank underneath the mash tun, mm-hmm. so you could you could uh, maintain a mash temperature by replacing the water underneath the you know in the tank under it. So I held a mash for six days one time, <laughs> making a sour mash, and it was amazing. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was so sour. It was. And then I hopped the heck out of it, uh, like flavor and aroma wise. I didn't make it uh, super bitter or anything, uh, and then uh, put it out, and it was like drinking lemonade with tea in it. That's kind of what it tasted like. That sounds bad. It was, it was pretty interesting. Huh. That was good. Oh, it was very clean. It kept getting more and more disgusting. Okay. It smelled like a dumpster somebody puked in at about day four. Oh, <laughs> had mold growing across the top of it. Oh man, this is a stupid wow. mistake. It's like the show uh, by eight o'clock. Then day five, Sick. it went from dumpster to lemony. It just was like mm. pow. Mm. Interesting. And so then I uh, sparged it and <laughs> went on and just moved on. Clean the <laughs> hell out of that mesh tun. <laughs> yeah, <Wow>. that's right, <laughs> man. That would be interesting to try though. Corn beer, yeah, sour corn beer. Corn beer, sour corn beer. All right, I have another question yeah, come through from the chat for you. Sure. It is back to honey, and it's an interesting question. Uh, Baumgartner in the chat wants to know how um, it's back to how honey will thin out a beer. So sure. they're curious about mash temps when you're going to use honey. Now we know we're not mashing the honey, but um, sure. is do we do we sort of adjust our mash temps to make up for how the honey is going to thin out the beer later on? Well, you sure could, and definitely adding things like. Uh you know, oats, anything with a lot of beta gluten, that's going to carry through to your beer and give it some mouthfeel. Uh, as far as mash temp goes, you know, your higher mash temp is going to yield you more unfermentable sugars, and uh, a thinner mash will also yield you more unfermentable sugars. So if you mashed it like one, if you're going for maximum unfermentable sugars, you want to do 156 with a liquor to grist ratio of like 1 to 3.5. One pound of grain to three and a half pounds of water. Okay. And that should work just great. All right. Good tips. So you said you used oats in the past then, sounds like? Or you do? Uh, did what? Uh, oats. Have you used oats? That you do. Oh, yeah. You use them, yeah. Yep. And uh, I don't use them too often. I make oatmeal stout about every two years. That's about the extent of it. Okay. That's right. just flaked oats, typically? Yeah. That's... That's really the only flake grain that that I've really had really good results for, like as far as getting what I expected out of being like a really great beer. I wasn't as happy with my flaked corn beers. How about rye? Have you ever used rye? That seems to be kind of a hot ingredient in beer. I just used 150 pounds of malted rye about Mm -hmm. two weeks ago. Was there any beers not? done yet but i assume it will be great <laughs> was there anything you did in your process that was different than uh say a normal beer you do or um you know not really you yeah. know we have a simple infusion system so there's not a lot of like options uh with each beer uh, i adjust my liquor to grist ratio and whatever strike temperature i'm going to do just like as far as 
uh, how much residual sugar I want out of the finished beer, but I just use it like normal. And 150 pounds was, that would have been, oh, probably about 14% of the scale. So what are you looking for in terms of that ingredient? What sort of flavor or what are you trying to get out of that? Right, frankly, I have no idea. <laughs> this sounds like a good thing to put in Here, there. Here's how I came to be using it. Uh, two years ago, uh, I was judging a homebrew competition for the county fair, uh-huh. and Ron Phillips won with his big dog, Rye Sizon. And I agree to make it, oh. like I do every year. <laughs> so have him down, and, and we make it, and make a big day out of it, but... Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I've never added rye myself out of as an ingredient that that I wanted to pick and put in a beer. So another no, one of those. Another one of those amateur pro things. Well, it, to me, it's another one of those ingredients that I'm picky about. I've had more rye beers that I didn't like than I have that I did. You know, it's. I agree. The the flavor that I expected to get from the rye back when I was experimenting isn't the flavor I got. I expected. Uh, a flavor that, uh, like, from my grandpa's rye bread, which right. turns out to be a spice I can't think of right now. But yeah. so I had unrealistic expectations at the time, and so yeah. yeah, yeah. When it came out not as good as I liked, I stopped using it. <laughs> right. I th- I'm trying to but, think if I know, ever. I don't think I ever brewed with it either. But I've just I've had it a few times and. There's that point where the spiciness yeah, of the rye can just be just kind of ruins the whole experience for me. But uh, that being said, I got it t- there's other ones that, that, that have been great. I've had oh, terrapin I've had, rye. I've had had terrapin rye. That's a great rye beer. That yeah. rye pale ale. Mm-hmm. Right. That's beautiful. So mm-hmm. yeah, that rye and that size on was really good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Which yeah. Is, yeah. That's just. And that was at 14 percent uh, the grist. Huh? Uh, yeah, about 14 percent. Now, do you guys in the room here, Chad and Tasty, do you adjust your water-to-grist ratio based on the beer style also? Sometimes. You do? Yeah. Because I've only ever adjusted mash temp, of course, but uh, I kind of try to, I've always tried to be just consistent with my water-to-grist ratio. I think mostly because it just made it easy for me to calculate how much water and stuff I needed, but... Um, if you do the same thing all the time, it's easier to hit your strike temperature. Right. Then the recipe will drive the equation, too. Yeah, it's it's not that that not that bad though. Once you get used to it, and kind of your your thick end, you don't really want to get too much thicker than uh, one to two point eight pounds, one pound of grain to two point eight pounds of water, and kind of the high end is one to three and a half. Okay, all right. So that's kind of your range to play with. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I just found that interesting that Trevor does it. He, he adjusts those two things, you know, uh, those amounts and the, uh, the temperature, and then also the water to grist on a on a on a style by style or batch by batch. Because mm-hmm. I, I just always I ended up I don't know. I, yeah, for me, it's always been such a thing to make sure I get that strike temperature right and the volume right that it was easier just to keep the same um, uh, uh, water to grist ratio. But right. if it does change, right. if it does change the profile of the beer, like you're talking about, it'd be it'd be fun to play with. Well, if you don't, if you're doing a single infusion and you don't have a lot of temperature control, right? You can right. always control the grist, of the grain ratio, you know, the ratios. So yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And like a wheat beer or something, you know, you want a little more fluid. Per se. Well, if you got something that's working, you you don't really want to mess with it. Probably there you go. <laughs> until you're yeah. until you're wanting to experiment with that's something true. new. That's a good reason to change it, right? 
What if it's been broken yeah. the whole time? Then I can go ahead and switch it, right? <laughs> well, as long as you didn't know, it should be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. Ah, great. All right, well, listen, uh, Trevor, I want to thank you a lot for hanging out with us and talking about adjunct brewing, man. Uh, well, thanks for inviting me. No, it's good to have it's you on the show. Fun. I hope I get to try your beer. I, I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't know when the hell I'm going to be in Nebraska. But uh, uh, Jamil will be moving through there on his uh, oh, cross-country tour. Maybe we should have him pick some up for it. Yeah. We have some listeners right, out that way as well. So yeah. That's a good idea. I see you guys once in a while at uh, like GABF and stuff. Yeah, sure. I'll oh, say good. hi next time I'm by. Yeah, yeah please do. do that. Come see us, and certainly if you're going to be pouring at GABF, then you can let us know where your booth is. We can go try it. Well, I might be there. I generally only go every other year, so okay. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what it looks like towards fall. Sure. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll see you next year. Got to save up for that 30-barrel brew house. That's right. That's right. right. <laughs> Hopefully be moving into it by then. Hey, a nice article on uh, org. That was pretty cool. That a nice little write-up oh, on you. you. Yeah. yeah, you can go there now, I think. And uh, Trevor was a featured brewer on the new uh, Brewers Association uh, website. Yeah, and uh, you can cool. see you see his ugly mug there smiling at you right <laughs> right there on the, on the interweb. All fortunes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. right. He makes you thirsty. He makes you want a beer just looking at Big him. Big happy brewer. Yeah. All right. That was St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> oh, is that right? Oh, you were extra happy yeah. then. If, if the camera panned back, I'm actually wearing a man skirt there. Really? Oh, it's too bad <laughs> they didn't really? pan back then. We could have had a field Bust day. Bust out the kilt. Yeah. Ah, damn it. <laughs> All right. Hey, cool, man. I do appreciate it. Uh, and just, you know, thanks for taking the time to hang out with us. Cool. Listeners, uh, you can go to Thunderhead Brewing Company. Is it thunderheadbrewing.com? Thunderheadbrewing.com. There you go. And you can find out all about it. You can look for where to find it if you're in Nebraska or traveling through, and you can check it out. Cool. Yep. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. See ya. Later. All right. There you go. Trevor Shabin from uh, Thunderhead Brewing Company. And he's a lot of fun. I, I wish that uh, his beer was available outside yeah, of Nebraska to too, because uh, it's a fun it'll be interesting to try. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I said, I, you know, I think that there's this school of thought that says, oh, you don't use corn and craft beer, and and I'm the opposite when it comes to a guy like this who's getting it malted by the dude down the road <laughs> uh, and using ten percent of it in his beer. That's awesome. We could probably get a shitload of corn around here, no? I think so. Yeah. Actually, there is a farm right near us. Yeah. It's weird that Pacheco has a farm, but there is one, and it does grow corn. Probably sweet corn. Right there. Probably sweet corn. But that's the good stuff. That's right. We just got to get a good price. I would, I tell monster. you what, I would, when yeah. he said, uh, yes, Bevo, there is a farm in Pacheco. That can't be healthy. Come on, it's fine. <laughs> you, Plenty yeah, of nitrogen in like water. there being a farm next Soil. to Rodeo. Like that's where the nuclear uh, dump site was. Listen, those, this, corn is you, be should, purple. you should see the size of those corn husks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thick it's natural. Yeah, it's neon green. I'll tell you what I really would like to try. You know, he kept mentioning his alt beer with corn in it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I'm a big alt beer fan. I love a good alt beer. And he said he used sweet corn in it too. I bet you that's an interesting flavor. Mm-hmm. You know? Little bit of DM like that's yeah. the other I I meant to ask him too. You know, it's, because Corn does, sorry, this sounds retarded, but corn gives off that corn flavor, too, uh, which is why they kind of reduce the amounts of it, I guess, right? But that corn flavor is also DMS-like, right? So I, I hear it's pretty neutral. Is it? Yeah. Well, if it you get full conversion, you're not going to get much corn flavor. Then yeah. you won't get it at all, huh? Yeah. Okay. Cause so in maybe some like case, a corn starch. Or something of that nature. Or corn there might syrup. be a way to get some, if, you want, if you're looking for that. Well, you know, in some, some cases, you are. That's what I'm saying. There are certain beers that you, like, 
even like a pilsner, like a good pilsner, give me a little corn flavor in yeah. that, and I like it. Well, maybe you did the cornmeal or, or grits sort of thing. Where you did a cooker, you might get more corn flavor. Right. Okay. All right. Trevor Shaben, you can go to thunderheadbrewing.com. Check it out. Um, you can find out where his beers are. We're going to take a quick break so I can hobble out uh, to the bathroom and take <laughs> complaining. a leak. Complaining again. So one of the listeners uh, wrote in, uh, Blow Max, he's in the chat room. He says, tell Justin he's a pussy. Uh, my dad was taking out the trash one night and slipped a disc in his back. He laid there all night in the front yard uh, until the neighbor found him in the morning. All night, wow. And then he had to learn to walk again. My question is, uh. why didn't anybody go looking for dad? <laughs> yeah, dad back? takes out the garbage. Well, everybody had gone to bed, probably. You know, just, well, I don't know. How late is dad going to bed? I, I don't think everybody had gone to bed. Sounds like sounds to me like Blow Max's dad is a shithead, and no one cared that he was gone all night. You know? They are like, oh, where is he? I don't know. Didn't he call for help? Like, hey. <laughs> call the dog? I've fallen, and he has to get the thing. I've fallen, and I can't wow. get up. He needs, he, he needs life alert. I'm going to need life alert now. Great. I'm going to take out the garbage next week. Chad's not going to come looking for me. He doesn't care either. Yeah. You're probably right about that. I'm going to have to get life alert. I'm going to be the only 32-year-old on Earth with life alert. No, it's okay. I think if you and Tasty go in together, I think you might get a group. We could share one. We could share one. I'll just text you. Text Tasty, hit your life alert for me, will you, buddy? Oh, I'm, I see. I'm out in the driveway. Your text, your phone will do. Okay, I get it. So between the two dogs, maybe one will turn into Lassie. Because you couldn't use your uh, phone to call. Yeah, I doubt it. Go get help. Yeah. What's that, Walker? You want more food? <laughs> go get help, boy. Uh, he goes right to his bowl. Oh, man. Dude, talk about Justin needing life well. alert. Walker needs life alert. Yeah. More than your sorry ass. I know. He's he's more yeah. crippled than I am. And younger. You got back problems. You got to his back. Blomax just messaged me and he said his dad's a shithead. I see. That's why no one went looking for him. His dad is a shithead. Good riddance. It's terrible. Oh, what is it, 2 o'clock? Where do you go? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. It's the, how I'm do going you to lay bed. in the driveway all night long and your family doesn't come looking yeah. for you? And I, don't, I don't know why, but I'm picturing him taking like... Taking the trash out like the height of winter, like a massive Ugh. blizzard just laying there in the snow. Right. <laughs> then Blomax going, yeah, yeah now I have control, nice... the remote control. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. oh, must oh, yeah. be going for a walk. He li- Dad really likes that snow. That shithead. <laughs> now I can watch porn. Oh, man. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to the great John Palmer. He's going to help us out with a few more adjunct uh, information topics. And if you got questions, hit the chat now button, and uh, Bevo will help you out getting those questions over to me. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. 
Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, Special Rotating Taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. There's an app on the iPhone for just about everything, including beer, apps for finding a pint of beer, apps that look like you're drinking a pint of beer, and now there's an app for brewing a pint of beer. Introducing BrewPal, the most all-inclusive beer brewing app for professionals and hobbyists that fits in your pocket and goes wherever you do. Recipe formulation that can be imported and exported with a customizable database. Mash and sparge calculations, yeast pitching rates, carbonation tables, and more. Available right now for less coin than a pound of grain. See BrewPal in action at brewpal.info and download it for your iPhone at a special introductory price right now. BrewPal, all the brewing software you need right in your pocket. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And, and it's so. just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session.
back to the program, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks to Trevor from Thunderhead Brewing Company for talking to us about adjunct brewing. We've got some more to do. The great John Palmer is on the line with us now, too. You with us, John? Greetings, greetings. How are you, man? <laughs> hey. Doing well. Hey, John. Hey, are you hey, going to the my- uh, SoCal Homebrew Festival, John Palmer? Oh, yeah. All right. See, yep, we can I'll hang out there. with John Palmer, too. Yeah, are you, are you going to stay in camp? Um. Yeah, Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday. Uh, I, won't, okay. I won't come up till Saturday morning, probably. Hey, that's good enough. I'm all right with that. You know, one night of John Palmer is fine. Two <laughs> two two nights is excessive. It's quality, not quantity. That's right. <laughs> so, hey, well, thanks for coming on and hanging out with us on short notice. Um, My pleasure. We had. I just uh, hope, uh, hope the signal is good tonight. Uh, had to kick the kids off Pirates Online. What is that? Was that like? The, is that like Wow for kids? It's part of his bandwidth. That's what it is. Yeah, it is. It's it's a uh, Pirates of the Caribbean through the Disney Channel. Oh, that sounds oh. fun. Maybe I'll play that. <laughs> it is kind of. I mean, it is a good looking game. Is that right? Yeah. It's all right. I mean, like Bevo, you play it. I have. <laughs> I'm playing it right now. <laughs> right. All right. Well, thank. Uh, apologize to the kids for me that we uh, we've had yeah. to save bandwidth, but. Uh, I will. I'll tell him Uncle Justin says, you know, shape up, That's ship right. out. Yeah, tell him it's for a more noble cause, and they should do something, you know, with their brains for a minute. That's right. Like, tell him to pick up a book or something. And not that goddamn Twilight shit, either. Like a real, no. like a book. You know, I am two seconds away from walking out right now. <laughs> you know? Sick of it. I saw some uh, I saw some Facebook posts the other day. Maybe you can clarify this for me, Bebo. Okay. But apparently on the Twilight DVDs, there's a feature where you can watch like just the scenes with the dude in it, uh. or just the scenes with the broad in it. You know, I don't even know their names, but like if you're that big of a fan and you only want to see like the vampire guy, then you can just watch that. Or no, I own the movie. I don't. And this is I not. I, and I've watched. <laughs> All the special features. <laughs> oh, you have? <laughs> and no, I, I And this is not me. one of them? No. Okay. Oh, well, that's good yeah. then. That might be an online thing, though. Because it made me want to puke when I saw that. Whatever. All right. Dude, they have a web. They have a movie called Twilight and Forks. It's a documentary. It made me want to kill myself. Why? What's that? It's basically all the crazy psychos that go to the town of Forks and... Like you do. You went to the town. Yeah, just that one time. Twice. No, just that one time. But you're going again. Isn't it upcoming? So... You're so what are you talking right about? That those that the and people in the documentary because like this forty five year old fat woman and oh my god, it was like looking into the future. <laughs> it is like scary. See? See, this is what I'm saying, Bevo. We make fun of you not only because it's fun, <laughs> but because let's face it, you're traveling to this little town. Well, I'm actually doing other things this year. I'm going to Canada. Uh-huh. So gonna <laughs> Not just go to Forks. I'm doing what, like why? Whole... What movie was made in Canada that no, you want to go nothing. see? I'm Is just... Harry Potter was there or something? That's in England. Okay. Duh. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just... It's just a girl's trip. It's not I see. just to be, you know, gay. I'm surprised you're going to Canada. You know, our Canadian listeners will be surprised. You are uh, yeah. you don't really like Canada very much. I actually really yeah, like yeah. Canada. It's really pretty. Take right. them some beer. It's just fun to make fun of. I see. A lot like me. Right. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's it. All right, John Palmer. So John's on here. He's going to help us out with a few things. And uh, one of the things we were talking about uh, with Palmer before the program was uh, cereals and cereal mashing. 
Um, so right. maybe you could start me out, Palmer, by explaining, you know, what are the cereals? Is barley not a cereal? Oh, yeah. Barley is a cereal. It um, is. Yeah. All your uh, your grass-based grains are, you know, cereals. Um, wheat, barley, uh, oats, um, triticale, and uh, those kind of things. I can't think of the other one. Corn is a cereal. Um, rice. All those. So everything's a cereal, except for oats, wheat, well, barley, rice, corn. Right? You said all those. Yeah, yeah, all those things. Except, um, sh- except um, well, I guess Rice Krispies are cereal, and Corn Flakes. Mm. Those are all cereals too. Yummy. <laughs> Fruit Loops. And you get a prize. Inside. Fruit Loops is a cereal, yeah. right? Fruit Loops. That's right. That's not. That's fake. It's entirely made out of styrofoam and sugar. I think I ha- I'm not joking right now. I think that I was at an NHC and it might have been Florida that somebody made a beer with Fruit Loops in their oh, mash. Oh yeah, you're right. I think that was Florida. They did right, and some yeah. some crazy home brewer, God love him, <laughs> was like, you know what? Why not? I'm putting cereal in there. I'm putting Fruit Loops in there. And mm-hmm. uh, I tried the beer. Um, I tried it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yep. uh, did you ask for the recipe moving on <laughs> yeah, no, no, i did not, not. Okay. it was interesting it was interesting well, so but, yeah but all those things are all those types of grains are, are cereals and um each each grain each cereal has its own um uh starch gelatinization temperature you know the temperature at which the starches become soluble in water and the enzymes are able to work on them and to convert them into sugars Okay. Sugars, yeah. Hey, you know what we were talking about with cornstarch? Uh-huh. Do you, I mean, what is that exactly, and how would we use that? Would we want to use that? What would it do? It it would, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it basically, it's the next closest thing to refined corn sugar. Um, it's, they take corn, de-germ it, grind it up, and, uh, um, you know, all you have left is the starch, and they've powdered it. So it's 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 one enzyme away from being converted into corn sugar. Not you know, no flavor really to it. Um, just like corn sugar, um, you know, highly refined glucose sort of thing. And uh, if you want corn flavor, you need to go to flaked corn or corn grits. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Okay. And we don't really want all that much starch in there, do we? I mean, that just more proteins and things and bad stuff. Well, the, the, the corn, corn and rice have very little protein in them. Um, rice less so than than to corn. Um, and when you're, like I said, you know, corn starch, like you'd buy in a box at the store, is so highly refined. They've taken the bran out. They've taken the the germ out and the oils. It's just literally the endosperm that's been powdered up. So it's very easy to convert, and there's there's really I mean if you're going to add if you want to add a non flavored you know adjunct to the beer, I just go with corn sugar because it's you know one one less thing to add to them have to add to the mash and get right or worry about conversion. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. It would would convert easily. It's just that um, it's going you know being a powder like that. It's probably going to stick to the sides and make a mess. I just add it to the boiler or add it to the fermenter later. Okay. But, um, 
but corn, you know, corn starch, corn sugar, the the and rice. I mean, the advantage, of, the reason people use a lot of these adjuncts like that is that you it allows you to uh, raise the alcohol, raise the fermentability of the beer, but uh, not add to the body of the beer. Okay. Um, so, like you know, it's useful for double IPAs or um, Belgian strong ale. Um, although Belgian strong ale usually wouldn't use uh, corn sugar, you'd probably use sucrose instead or table sugar. Beach but sugar. Uh, you know, the whole point is to you know to raise the fermentability and alcohol without adding to the body. Right. Now, this is a good point, and 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 also a good a good segue point too in talking about these different sugars uh, in beer, and certainly in in Belgian beers. So, uh, dark uh, Belgian candy sugar, dark candy ink. Uh, company who has supported the BN for a long time. Great company. Obviously makes the different Belgian candy syrups that we, that we use. Uh, right. Well, so we've been giving away dark candy sugar, uh, uh, candy sugar from Dark Candy Inc. Uh, for a couple of years now for people to use at home. And, and the only thing that uh, Brian, oh, he's the guy over there at Dark Candy who's a, a friend of ours and just a good guy. Um, you know, the one thing he asks is he just kind of wants feedback on the beer. And one of the things he pointed out to us, we're about to, we're going to do a tasting here where uh, a few of our listeners did, uh, what was it, nine different types of beers? Uh, nine different beers. One is no sugar. So and one's no sugar. All the same okay. recipe. It's pretty much uh, 26 pounds of Great Western Two Row and then five ounces of uh, Hallatower at 4.1%, uh, 60 minutes. And these are all 17.5 um, gallons to kettle. Um, and then one point. So what they did was they took seventeen gallon batch and broke it into one point six gallon, um, going into the fermenter. Okay. So essentially, they added sugar at, um, in the know, ferment, different sugars, and a different sugar in each ferment. Correct. So the point. So I'm talking to Brian about this uh, and 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 how the, the these these experiments are going, and he's kind of making the point that that John Palmer was just making about the about the various sugars, and the deal is is that there's a different sugar for virtually every beer that you want to make all right and every flavor profile that you're looking for and if you're looking for for body with with very very little flavor um you know you can use like like white table sugar jump in and correct me anytime i'm wrong palmer but you can you know if you're looking to add body or or, or rather add alcohol content to a beer without uh, uh, adjusting the flavor of it you know you 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 would use something as simple as table sugar and even the guys at 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 dark candy inc would tell you yeah you know our our belgian candy syrup is not the stuff you want for for doing something say like a like a like a devel like where you're looking for this belgian strong ale uh you want a, a high alcohol clean tasting beer not add a lot to it just use some simple sugar throw it in there um right there's another case where you are looking for some more character out of it. You're looking for maybe some residual, some flavor, some uh, even caramelization, and then you might go with like the dark candy sugar from dark candy. Right, right. A lot of ca- lot of caramel character in that. Okay, and so, and I hope that we get to taste a little bit of this out of this experiment that the uh, and Chad can tell us who did it and, and why they did it. Good friends of the show, and uh, but I just think. The reason I'm pointing this out is is because, you know, even the guys who make these sugars, as much as they want to sell their sugar, they know that there's a place and a time for every different type, and it really depends on the style of beer that you're brewing. Um, and I think that this is something that everybody has to take note of. Instead of saying, oh, well, this dark candy is the best stuff in the world, 
Well, it might be the best for a particular style, uh, you know, type of beer, but it's not the best for a Belgian Golden Strong. So you always have to right. take the different adjunct into account, I guess. Is, is I'm trying to reiterate what you're saying in a, in a fancy way, Palmer. No, you're doing a great job. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I've worked hard. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the first one you put in front of us here? All right. So th- here's the deal. This is a control beer. This is no sugar, uh, basic recipe, and... Um, these guys are from Louisiana, and their uh, homebrew club is the Malt Munching Mash Monsters. Nice. and um, I love Louisiana. Yeah, Mike Neely was nice enough to uh, send this in. It's Bayou Brew in the forum. And uh, so this first one is just that recipe I told you earlier. It's 26 pounds of uh, Western Turo, um, which is the same all the way through. It's just different additions of sugar in the fermenter. Uh, I started with an OG of uh, 1044, 23 IBU, 23.7 IBUs, and this is the 3522 uh, Ashuf yeast from um, Y yeast. Okay. And they just fermented at 67 with all these beers and then free-rised after the sugar was added. So in this particular one, um, no sugar was added, and uh, this is what you're tasting. All right. It's a little fruity and a little sweet. I wonder how much of that is the Ashuf yeast and it finished at nine so um yeah it's got a little bit of a so some of that sweetness is from the alcohol when you say up there at nine percent uh yeah well no yeah palmer's trying it over skype this is about 4.6 abv it's 1042 oh, right? it's not nine no, it's 1042 oh gee right uh all these bottles were listed as 44 44 so. okay. Okay, and this second one here, then this is corn sugar that's added. Um, so sugar added to eleven percent of fermentables after fermentation was two thirds complete. Uh, all these beers have been bottled conditioned with corn sugar, two and a half volumes. Does, no, does that have a gravity on it? Ten forty four as well, and then also finishing at nine. After the sugar, did they calculate a gravity? No. That's exactly what the bottle says right okay. here. Yep. How much sugar did they add then? Uh, this was... Oh, 16 ounces? 8 ounces? Oh, that's right. This is this 1.6 gallon batch, so... Yeah, shit, I'll have to look at that. I'm, I'm just thinking, like, in terms of a, a 5 gallon or 6 gallon home brew batch, how much sugar would that have been added to this beer? Yeah. Kind or of, if I knew the increase in OG attributable to that right. sugar, then I can kind but of... But, Chad, didn't you say 11% a minute ago? Yeah, 11%. So oh, sugar added well, to 11% a- of fermentables after fermentation two-thirds complete. 11%. So, okay, so they increased. Okay. All right. So it's not that high in alcohol. At a, if it was a 1043. Yeah. And listen, if, by the way, I just want to point out that so, if I'm the one in the room doing the math, we're all in fucking trouble. <laughs> yeah. But if at 1043, uh, and then they added 11% of fermentable after tops that. 1050. Yeah, there, it's not a very strong beer. So the sweetness is something else. And Bayou, Bo- Bayou Brew is actually on the line. Bayou Booty is on the line? Perfect. Perfect. Oh, we got a moderator here. Nice. Hey, Bayou, what's happening, brother? Hey, what's going on, Justin? Hey, just tasting some of your beer here. Good deal. So, make some clarifications for us. How? So, the first one, you know, I don't know if you, how much of this you know off the top of your head, um, but the first one we're trying is the one that you just added some corn sugar to. Um, how much did you add? You remember? Uh, let's see. We added a little over four ounces to that one. Okay. Um, we're trying trying to keep the gravity contribution consistent between the different sugars. Okay. All right. So in a five gallon batch, that'd have been about a sixteen ounce bottle. I get. I understand. Okay. 
So, so I'll tell you, between the first one with no sugar added and the second one with corn sugar, the only real difference I notice is a little bit of dryness in the in the corn sugar one. But the flavor profile is the same. And this would be consistent, I think, with why you'd use corn sugar. You don't want it to add a whole lot of anything. Um, but flavor-wise, they seem very similar to me. Uh, but the one's just a little bit drier. Anybody sure, else? Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm getting that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah. A little more, uh, yeah. I can't yeah, quite taste alcohol. the increase in alcohol, but it's yeah, it's there. Yeah, I don't taste the increase in alcohol either, but it's pro- I'm sure it is there, but it, we're talking small amounts here, so it just might not be that perceivable. I might notice it in the morning by you and call you all pissed off if my, <laughs> if my head hurts. Well, I'll be pissed too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. But both these beers are well fermented. They're nice and clean, really, really tasty. Yeah. And you're, you're, you guys did this as a club, huh? Yeah, yeah, we did. We made a big event out of it. Uh, we all got together, brewed a big batch of beer, barbecue, yeah. you know. Love it. Good what, times. That's the way to do these things. Like, you know, we put out these experiments. It sounds like work. It doesn't have to be work. Get your buddies out there, have a barbecue, have a good time. Yeah, Get a pass. definitely. But the, the bottling is work, no matter what you do. Yeah, that's work. You're right. <laughs> that's Bottling 160 bottles of beer, that's work. Oh, let's face it. That sucks. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's what keeps <laughs> it from happening. Yeah, you guys went all the way. Finished the job, huh? <laughs> Fantastic. What's the third so, one here? third Trey? one is clear rock sugar. So this is the rock version, uh, I guess, of the clear sugar. Okay. Right? Does that make sense? The crystal version? Yeah, it's essentially a Belgian candy sugar in the rock form. You use rock sugar. Old school. Old school. All right. Did you have a question about the previous one while I oh, yeah. taste this? Uh, well, just about the process here. Uh, what what, sign, what what did you use for fermenters for these 1.6-gallon batches? Uh, we used uh, two-gallon plastic fermenters. Two-gallon fermenters. Okay. Yeah. So every they, every 1.6 gallons went in one of those two-gallon fermenters? So you right, said? right. Where'd we you got get two gallon? two-gallon buckets. <laughs> two-gallon uh, buckets, uh, okay. From a bakery. Okay. Good for mats. I mean, they're clean. I I like the concept. I'd I'd (laughs) like to get into doing more of of that kind of thing. Where you're splitting it up. Just to make a bunch of wort and then do a bunch of different things with that wort. You know, I haven't read the feedback section of today's show yet. We had to skip skip over in the beginning. Chad, make sure I do it by the end. Okay. But a bunch of people really enjoyed about the competition show last week where Nathan brought up splitting batches. You know, just... uh, trying to split them up as much as possible. People right. really, really enjoyed that because a lot of guys don't get to brew that often. Right. So they just found it uh, just a cool way to have different beer when they can only brew every couple of months. Well, thanks to the malt munchers, we're doing it nine ways here tonight. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so this one, now I can taste the difference where you've got the rock candy sugar in there. <clears throat> and rock candy, don't be afraid to chime in on it. Yeah, that, since you know. you're the original rock <laughs> but, candy. Yeah. yeah, and this is just pure sucrose. Is that what it's, it is? Okay. It really is not not any different from uh, a bag of C&H white table sugar. Okay. Yeah, well, that's cane sugar. How about beet sugar? Yeah. Yeah. It's more I was like going to say, sugar. it's a cleaner, sugary taste. It's not like, um, I don't know, I guess I'm jumping ahead, but like the darker, fruity kind of candy sugars that we'll get into. Yeah. But it's, right. a, it's a cleaner sugar, if that I makes agree. Sense. But it's... Sweeter, it's a sweet, it adds yeah. more sweetness than the previous one with the corn sugar. Yeah, right. I can actually yeah, taste get... that's it's the only flavor profile that's different to me in this one. Whereas the previous one was dry uh, compared to the first one with nothing. This one is is, is real sweet. 
Not that it isn't dry the, at the same time, but it the, just has a And that's a sweet. clear rock sugar, yeah. This is also 11% of the it edibles? Is. Yep. Okay, yep. all right. I hate tasting shows. I'm sorry, listeners. If <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm if sorry. This is yeah. going awful. But I just, I really, I wanted to try and get through the different flavors of uh, different sugars. Well, let's so just keep ripping let's, through them. We'll do yeah, it let's quick. Just keep going. Yeah. Work to this over. All right, what's this next one? This is the really dark rock you can't sugar. So we had the clear. Now this is the dark rock sugar. But still the rock. So, so same recipe. Same Palmer, recipe. what's the difference between the the clear rock and the dark rock? Is it still just sucrose? It mainly, mainly 100% sucrose. Well, like 99%. A little bit of uh, melanoidin going on uh, to give it some darkening. Uh, hints of caramel, perhaps. A little burnt sugar flavor, perhaps. But mainly 100% sucrose. Yeah, just like the pale, there's just just that little added bit of color uh, during the processing. Okay. So, um, I'm interested to hear what you, what you think. It, what differences you think you taste. Well, the caramel, you're right, right off the bat. A little bit more, yeah. And it it's also perceived as as sweetness to me. It's it's just yet a step sweeter than the last one, but it is a little. It's a little more caramel. It's very slight, though. Yeah, it is very very slight. Very slight. Yeah. Doesn't it's a it's a almost drier, more sweetness than just sweet sweet. It's uh not as much mouthfeel like sweetness. As the previous. Right. That's about the only difference, I think. And it doesn't add any color at all. No color at all. Yeah, I was looking yeah, at that. Thanks for it. chiming in there. Yeah, they do seem the same. Yeah. I'll so. t- you know, I, I just want to point out the one thing uh, I'm, I'm missing from these beers that I, that I wish that they did have, and not just uh, for my own sake, but alcohol content. And I'm being serious. I, I, if they all were a little higher in gravity... I, I think that they would have been a bit more flavorful than they are, but they seem a little thin, and maybe this is just to get the characteristic of the sugar out. Maybe that was the whole point. You guys keep it kind of simple and get the sugar flavor out. But uh, beer-wise, if I was going to drink a glass <laughs> of any one of these, uh, for, for, for the sake of complexity and the style, they're all a little low. Don't you think they're all? Well, a bit, most beers you would add sugar to are going to be mild. beers you're, you are trying to add alcohol. Yeah, and, you know, without getting a lot of malt sweetness. So, yeah, I think I think uh, experiment here is so that we can taste the ship more the effect of the sugars. Definitely, there's so nothing the, in the way. Yeah. It's 100 percent two row, and then you got a little bit of palatower yeah. just for shits and giggles. I mean. Right. Yeah, well, Bobby, why yeah. can't you get me shit face at the same time? I mean, what's what gives? <laughs> Boy, I gave you ten well, beers. I got some golden strong. <laughs> oh yeah, he did give me ten. That's true. <laughs> Justin, next time I will get you drunk. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. He promises. All right. I'll accept that. That's fine. Um, and then, so this next one is going to be uh, blonde soft sugar. Um, so what was this made up of, Michael? You just went to the store and just bought a, a bag of uh, the blonde sugar, soft sugar in the homebrew store? Or? Oh, this was also from uh, Dark Candy Inc. Okay. They have a uh, granular sugar, too. It's okay. Ah, uh, uh, okay. So, so this, this is... Comes- on a little package, just like the syrup does, but it's dark right, candy, right. Ink, but granular. Okay. Mm. Are you drinking these too, by you? Uh, I am. Not a boy. And by too, the, too many of them, yeah. actually. And, and by the way, when you're adding these things, is, are you doing anything beforehand? Are you boiling any of this? Are you sanitizing in any way? Or open the bag, um, dump it right in. The, they they were all autoclaved. Oh, okay. So, so I threw them. Um, I actually work in a biology lab, so uh, 
I threw them in an actual autoclave mm. and sanitized them. So that's not very homebrew of you, and I don't I don't get to do that by you. I got to throw in dirty sugar. Well, yeah, but it, it's homebrew to use your job to, uh, that's to make true. beer, right? Yeah, you make a good point. Use what you have. Yeah, whatever. If it's there, man, use it. They got rubber bands. Use those. I don't taste a difference in this one. <laughs> See, I get a nice, just more rounded sugar taste to it. Um, it's just not a flat. Or a dry, it's it's more rounded. I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's really nice. A little more complex, I guess. Maybe, you know, John can speak to, I mean, is there anything different in the soft sugar versus rock or maybe the candy? Well, I was just looking at Dark Candy's website and uh, to see how they describe the sugars. This is, you know, this is a brown sugar, probably similar, uh, well, similar in color to, you know, brown sugar to get from the store. Except that, as I understand um, Dark Candy's, um, you know, process, they obtain the actual semi-refined sugars from um, a sugar refinery to, you know, make their products. And that's where you get a lot more flavor. The, you know, the typical brown sugar that here in the, here in the United States that we buy in the grocery store is simply white table sugar that's had, had a little bit of molasses blended in with it. So it's kind of a really kind of a car- you know caramel coloring and a little bit of flavoring added back as opposed to the you know the dark candy products which are uh an actual you know semi refined uh sugar kind of in more in a, uh a more raw uh kind of product. Okay. I like that. Um, you just get that fullness, you know. It's just it's a little more complex like I said. It's just it's a richer sugar it's just a little creamy. Yeah, um, it's nice. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I guess you're right. I'm not. Uh, it's a subtle. It's still a subtle change for me from the from the one before. See, with these with these with these products, you're going to get some unfermentables that are going to be present in the sugar. Okay. Um, and this and a, this is a desirable trait in beer in certain yeah. beer. Yeah, because that, that's where you're getting your flavor from, mm. your, you know, the little slight perceptions, the change in body. I mean, comparing this to, say, the corn sugar beer or the sucrose beer, you know, you, could probably, you probably sense a little difference in body, a little sense in mouthfeel. Okay. Especially you were talking about these beers being a little lighter in that department. Yeah. Do yeah. you feel the ramp up a little bit? Is that... That I can taste, yeah. Yeah. I'm getting more uh, Belgian flavor out of this, this particular one. Mm. You are. Which is very pleasing, and I'm, that's, it's nice. Okay. Uh, do, do different yeasts make a difference in terms of which sugars they seem to like? Or Palmer? Yeah, all, all of your yeasts, um, they they ferment a different proportion of the different sugars in the wort uh-huh. and produce a different set of byproducts. You know, I mean, different efficiencies um, in, in utilizing maltose and sucrose and, and so on, fructose. They uh, produce different ratios of byproducts, different esters, and, and you know other compounds. So, yeah, each each yeast strain will have its characteristic flavor uh, from any given any given wort. All right, and that was the uh, the blonde. Um, is that what you're on? Right, the blonde soft. Is that what? Did you have the dark? I had the blonde or the I, brown. I'm sorry, I did not. Yep. So the next one is the uh, brown soft sugar. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> right away. 
And so this one is a, is dark candy. This or, again is the brown soft sugar from dark candy. Yeah. Um, versus the blonde, which was the previous. And you kind of, it's just a richer, even more body feel to it. Yeah. And uh, and more residual. It kind of mm-hmm. sticks around on your palate. It doesn't finish as dry as the rest of them. This one has that kind of, maybe the unfermentables that Palmer's talking about. And this is kind of something like uh, like a Lagunitas did. You know, they went to the store and got a bunch of brown sugar to make that, uh, what was that beer? Brown sugar. Brown, brown sugar. Sugar. And, uh, you know, I can really, I can kind of taste that in that beer, per se. Molasses, yeah. I mean, they've changed the, yeah, the recipe, I'm sure, not just a ton of sugar. Uh, but, man, it really comes through. It tastes like that beer. Yeah. Just that brown sugar and the mouthfeel, that body that adds. And I hear a lot of people actually add brown sugar. if They feel like a, a, a beer's a little thin or yeah. lacking that mouthfeel. Well, it's got some residual flavor. I don't think that molasses is quite as formidable, maybe, as the... Uh... Mm. Straight sugar. It's a that- nice rich feel. It's, mm-hmm. it's right. nice. I'll tell you what would make this ver this this particular sample just perfect is uh is some ground up Vicodin just thrown right into the <laughs> yeah. you know, just sprinkled right into the top of it. Uh it helped oh. me out a lot. All right, we're moving along. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the show's right. still ready. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't you try the um it's the forty five minutes is up. Hang on, I'm trying to try to move. I don't. Yeah, I'm trying to taste and move. Can't lift up my arm. I can't reach that far right now, Chad. Hang on a second. I'm moving slow. I need one of those. You know how uh, right now? I think if you go, yeah, if you go buy an easy chair, yeah. you get a free, free reacher. reacher. Yeah, I need a reacher right now. And so a back I, uh, scratcher. So I can hand you my yeah, and a sponge on a stick. Yeah, so you can wash your ass. A goddamn yeah. reacher. And uh, oh, I will tell you, things for the shoe. The uh, Chad knows all these things. Yeah, he used to work on medical supplies. That's right, Chad. Uh, trying to forget about him. But he does know about all that. All right. Try this one, Chad. There you go. All right. So uh, next, this is the clear syrup. Um, so we're getting into the syrups here. And uh, this would be... The clear. Is clear. Very call it. Clear. Uh, same recipe. Uh, again, added to um, Glenmercent fermentables after two-thirds fermentation is complete. Uh, this actually finished a little higher at 10.11 versus uh, everything's been right around uh, 10.9 or 10.7. Uh, 10.07, 10.08. Um, and that's what's interesting. Just to go back, the blonde soft sugar did start to drop a little lower. Um, all the way up through the dark rock sugars, uh, or the rock sugars, they were all about 1.009. Yeah. And then they started dropping. Um, the blonde went to 1.008. The uh, brown soft is 1.007. And, uh, wow. So the syrup, the clear syrup, is up at 10.11. Really? All starting at 10.44. That's the one we're tasting now is the one you said. Right. What's interesting about that is that the thing I was going to say about this beer is that it, it's back to tasting dry to me. Mm. And a higher residual uh, or uh, finishing gravity. Even though the gravity's higher, it's back to tasting. This one tastes drier to me. Mm. And more of that fruit flavor again. Yeah. Than that. Yeah, I'd say it's definitely more complex. Yep. yep. Yeah. That's how the yeast uh, stop stop Sorry. stop slapping into that microphone. It's a treat for my grandfather. <laughs> it's I know it's how, this is one of the reasons I hate <laughs> tasting shows. It's not your fault. It's how you taste things. But God damn it, it makes me want to punch Tasty in the face. My grandfather doesn't have any tasting shows. I don't do like do them anything. either. 
<laughs> Even that can you brew it thing is a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. We don't need That's ta- why we do the tasting at we don't, the break. We taste off the air. You know, yeah. Especially sour beers. You come back tasting. and talk about it. Oh, yeah. Chewing on it. Oh, yeah. Sour beers. I'm They're terrible. so good. I just... Turn my microphone off. We oh, it's like, we've, like we all had a peanut butter sandwich <laughs> in here right now. Good Lord. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. All right. Yeah. So that was the clear. Uh, so just keep in mind the what clear. that was. 10-11. Bayou, what do you think about this beer? This 10-11 one that I'm saying is that tastes drier, but it actually finished higher. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. It, it it still tastes dry. It's more complex. It I think it would make a great uh, blonde or something like that. You know, I mean, yeah, you're you're adding some more alcohol to your beer and a little bit of sweetness, but but it, it still is perceived as dry. So this was the amber really right. sugar, though, right? No, clear. clear. Amber's clear. next. Yeah. That was the clear. Okay, that was the clear. Uh, yeah, I mean, you still get those kind of fruit flavors that punch through, I'm sure, from the yeast. Uh, but just the sugar, it's that beet, kind of just sweet. I think it's maybe the, the, the character that's sort of overriding the sweetness kind of thing. Like it gets, a, gets you your attention ahead of the sweetness or something. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's obviously higher finishing gravity. You think, well, it's going to be sweeter, you know. It complements maybe the yeast, uh, the fruit characteristic. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay, so, it's, it's pretty interesting that the color on all of these is pretty similar, even uh, though the sugar is, you know, you think of amber sugar or dark candy sugar, you think, oh, well, I'm going to have to have a Doppelbach. It's going to have to be a dark beer, but it's not necessarily the case. Yeah. Now, this one, the amber is certainly darker than the blonde. Um, it's a couple SRM, uh, but it's not... It's not drastic. I don't know how much you can see in the webcam. I'm trying to hold it for you guys. <laughs> Our but, taste. Um, but yeah, I, th- I find that interesting. It's uh, the the color difference is is pretty slight. It's a couple SRM. It's there. Yeah, it's about three SRM. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's a uh, that's tasty. That, is. that, that is. definitely has more flavor. Yeah, it's also like it has an uh, accent malt, like a crystal tin in it or something. It has a little more character to it. While being clean at the same time. Yeah. It it kind of... It's not the fruit flavor of the earlier ones. It's just more kind of complex and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the uh, final gravity on this beer? Let's see. I got it in front of me here. Uh, this one's 10.13. <clears throat> so even a little higher. Okay. So yeah, even I'm a little looking- higher, yeah. Yeah, looking at the specs on their website, um, this is only about 40% 40, 40, uh, fermentable. Uh, That's the amber? Yeah. Yep. It's yeah, um, interesting. A little 16% more. Percent fructose, 30% sucrose, uh, 18% glucose, and the rest are carbohydrates. Hmm. So, you know, a lot lower fermentability, but that's where you get the flavor from is you get these, these uh, you know, higher chain sugars. That uh, don't ferment, and that's right. I think the flavor differences you're getting. And those would include like caramelized sugars in the process of making this uh, amber, right? Okay. Right. Yeah. This I mean, this almost has a, an American amber taste to it. Like I, I get that. that yeah, I can kinda, see that. I you can know, see like this that in caramel. an American amber. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I mean, right. it's so weird. I mean, it tastes like a beer. Yeah. yeah. That particular yeah. sugar. Yeah. That part it's of the very beer. beery, and uh, very American amber esque. Yeah. Really weird. I see that. Yeah, it's got a real earthy taste and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, less of that fruit, a little bit of plum. But, yep. yeah, it was a really nice beer. Yeah. Bayou's got a good palate because he's right. Earthy is a great descriptor of this of this sugar. 
mm-hmm. and and a little bit of plum. I, I'm I'm with him. Crystal eighty maybe. Yeah. But yeah, it's getting nicer as it goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that um, you know, the finishing gravities. I mean, what was what was involved there by you? Was it just that's how they finished? Kind of racked them all at the same time, or? Yeah, yeah, that's how they finished. I mean, they were gotcha. all racked in the same kind of vessels, kept in the same temperature-controlled refrigerator, and uh, yeah, that's just where they finished. No, it just goes with what Palmer's saying. Yeah. With, with what was left that's unfermentable, uh, that's why they right. didn't finish out so far. Yeah, right. Uh, you, when you uh, you say you added the sugar at two thirds com- uh, after two thirds of the fermentation, now, how did you measure that? Did you? I took a refractometer reading. Refractometer, and you adjusted, did the formula thing, and got that? Right. Gotcha. Right. What do you think, Tasty? Because he has a southern accent that he's just, like, holding it up to the <laughs> well, sun no, no, and I just saying, wanna... oh, it's this? Um, no, I mean, a hydrometer. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> Some way. I mean, obviously he did that. I'm just fucking no, with Tasty. I'm drunk, not retarded. <laughs> right. He's in the biology lab. Come on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So, Anybody's got an autoclave, I bow to. That's right. Yes. Ac- <laughs> like Doc. Southern accent or not, uh, yes. he knows what he's doing. You can have any accent. Right. Yes. <laughs> All right, what do we got? One more? No, we got two more. Boy. Uh, boy. The dark and then the D2. So next is the dark, and uh, this finished at 11. Dark candy shirt. And uh, I'm going to hand it off. All right. So this is the dark. The dark. Yeah, next time do half the experiment, will you, Bayou? Jesus. Nine. <laughs> Sorry about that, man. You guys went for it. I like it. And what did you hear any feedback from Brian at all in regards to the beers? I know you sent him some, right, at Dark Candy? Oh, yeah, yeah. I sent him all the beers. Uh, no, I, I didn't get a, a response to, to the tasting yet, but... I, I talked to him about it. He was happy about it. Brian's only thing... See, here's what we're doing, because uh, this is all one style of beer. And it's perfect for us to sit here and be able to talk about how the sugar tastes different. Um, Brian would be interested in finding out also how different kinds of sugar work in different kinds of beer, right? And, yeah, and so, it's, Bayou, you need to repeat right, your experiment right. with five different words, right? Five different styles, <laughs> five times nine. Uh, yeah, five yeah. times the beer. Is that five factorial? Is that or is that nine factorial? And, and certainly not that he wasn't interested in this one either. Uh, uh, but essentially, you know, when you, it's the same thing that that we do sometimes here at the BN. What you do is you kind of occasionally you reach drink out, a lot, fall down. You drink a lot, you fall down. You search around the web and you see what people are saying about your product. And and sometimes people are saying the same thing over and over and over again, right? Instead of uh, saying things like, "Well, you know what?" Especially when it comes to like sponsors and stuff on programs like this. Uh, this is why I love Brian. Brian's awesome. He doesn't want me to sit here and say, dark candy is the best thing for your beer every time, all the time. In fact, if I said that, he'd probably drop us like a rock. He'd probably say, you know what? You guys are full of shit. He'd rather me get on here and say, look it, sometimes you just want to use table sugar. And sometimes you want to use rock sugar. And sometimes you want to use our liquid sugar. Uh, he, he really wants us to be real about the different products and how it affects your beer. So, And that's great. I mean, I think that's something maybe Michael can kind of summarize at the end here you know what the overall experience was but what, what do you think of this dark sugar candy sugar what do you get versus the amber versus the clear 
Maybe well, you just, just confused me with all that talking about Brian and everything. But, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I, wait, go ahead and hold off. I'm asking uh, everyone in the studio yeah. here what they think of the, the beer. Well, see, now I'm going to do exactly what Brian sees us all doing. It just gets better and better the darker the sugar gets for me. <clears throat> is that what it is? Yeah. And and I Absolutely. think what happens is that it's 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 particular to the style of wort that you, that you brewed. So the this wort is is privy to having yeah, with, darker sugar. With the Belgian yeast, I'm getting more like oh, this is more like a Belgian pale. Now yeah, it I'm, becomes exactly. I order a pint of this. Yeah. That's right. It becomes more like a Belgian beer that you would expect to right. have. Right. Whereas the first ones were kind of thin and sweet, this one now becomes complex. And sweet and nice right. and right. Belgiany. The uh, the yeast seems to uh, be working well with the sugars. Yeah, Perfect for like a Belgian double. I mean, right. That's you know that's right. why I would apply it. Right. Yeah. It Are gets you getting nicer. any vanilla out of this beer? I am. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Is that part of the characteristics too, Palmer? That's part of the character of this particular sugar. Yeah. I did a uh, I did a Belgian double oh, a year or so ago, two years ago with this with this sugar. And I got a lot of vanilla in the beer. It was kind of a real nice accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's just, you know, you say something, you taste it. It's that kind of thing. But, yeah, it's there. It's really there. Hmm. Yeah, this is the one where you where you actually get some increase in the uh, color. We're going to an yeah. SRM of 11 here. first time we've noticed that, yeah. Yeah, and you get some nutty, rummy, uh, caramel notes. Yeah. It's a real nice sugar. I'd still go now if I was going to use this sugar, I would still go with a uh, a, a bigger malt bill too though. I, I'd want for yeah yeah you know I'd still want it to be. I know that's not what you're going for. I'm not criticizing the experience, but I I just mean for this particular as much as I like this sugar, I would say okay, let's get up to the doppelbach. It might be, like it might be dominating this yeah. beer. You're saying the you know, the beer yeah, we have. let's get you know let's really boost the grain bill as well and add this sugar to it. Because then it could be really complex, and you know, right, right. Like like Brian says, you know, this is all dependent on what you're trying to make. And, right, uh, right. For this one, you definitely have to increase the character malt bill. Yeah. All right. What do you got? One more. One more. One more. All right. And this would be the D two candy syrup from uh, Dark Candy, and I'm assuming this is the best, according to your theory. Just right. As I'm going upward, yes. <laughs> really, it could just be, you know, we're nine into it. Of course everyone yeah. gets better. Well, I mean, look at the uh, appearance it. of the beer as well. I mean, it does get darker. This is dark one, of course. Yeah. yeah, we judge this one at an SRM of 22, so that's quite a bit darker than it's got more, the previous I'm one. I'm noticing yeah, a lot more foam stability in this one. This is interesting how they... Uh, wow. Wow. Now, I don't notice a huge difference between this one and the last one. A little more residual sweetness. I think the dark had more sweetness. Well, let's see. Where, where did they finish? So this one was 9 versus 11. Oh, 13. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on. Losing track of beers. Throwing, you got beers everywhere. Yeah. Try closing one eye. Yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so uh, the dark was 11 and the D2 was uh, 9. So this one has a, a lower finishing gravity. Lower. Got it. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think that matters. I think this one was more complex from beginning to has, finish. It was, yeah, just, a lot more it was full from the, the first sip to the, to the end of that. It was amazing. And I'm drunk, so ignore me. But um, <laughs> Everything's anyway. amazing. Yeah. 
Well, it's weird. Like you can pick out you can pick out more specific flavors in the dark versus the D two, where I think it's more like you said, from start to finish, almost the same thing through. It's nice. It's full. Yeah, or I think the lot. dark seems like a little more. You can pick out more fruit, particular fruit, like a raisin. Right, know, but but this one this one had the light fruit and the dark fruit. Ex- that's yeah, what that's what I mean. Blend. It's nothing it's, it's you can a, really. It's a blend, and you're not able to distinguish right. the parts right as much as you were in the. So D. it is complex all the yeah. way through. It's a, it's a nice blend. Of that, all those that's flavors. an amazing thing about it. And it's soft. It's not in your face like the dark. You know, right, I think the dark's right. a little yeah, more up front. I think the stabilizing effect of the dark sugar, really. Yeah. 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 This is, like, start to finish, like you said, all the way through. Really nice, soft, yeah. balanced uh, sugar, per se. I can see that the more, you know, the further we got into the sugar, the more complex the sugar, the more um, uh, unfermentables, the more complex I wanted the malt bill to be underneath it. So... In other words, you know, when you when you you were at the uh, corn sugar and the and the table sugar at the beginning, it's fine to be in in just a like a Belgian blonde, a, a simple beer, uh, something strong, a Duvel, something like that. You're just adding. And we're not looking for much. Looking for some alcohol content and uh, some fermentability, some dryness, right? And the more complex the sugar got, the the you know the more uh, unfermentable the sugar got, according to Palmer. Um, the more I wanted the grain bill to be kind of complex, too. Or at least bring something else to the table, right? So, Yeah, you're looking for flavors to complement the, the sugar character. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't I mean, just have right. a bunch of unfermentables with nothing to back that up, right? I mean, then you just end up with a kind of a cloying beer. Yeah. Well, I, I, doubt, I doubt this particular beer is cloying. I mean, with the, but I think because you guys have... You know, tasted um, a variety of Belgian beers. You know, you're familiar with a variety of Belgian styles. Yeah. You know, the strong, dark, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, you're you're saying, okay, this the character I'm getting from this particular sugar in this beer reminds me of this style that I like. Right. Where I have, I'm used to this kind of this accent, but with these other malts kind of backing it up and complementing. I'm looking, you know, I know how this character uh, benefits a beer. And so you're kind of you're kind of making that jump to uh, a different style than what you're drinking here. Right. Yeah, well, the, you know, the monsters kept it intentionally simple so that we could detect the right, differences right. in the sugars. So. I, and I got to say, overall, what an awesome experiment. It was good. Yeah, because I learned a lot. Now that I'm looking back at the, all these, these nine that I just got to taste... I really do see the difference in in the sugars and at least where they're used and how they affect a beer. And uh, by you, I think it's really cool. Uh, I could definitely say now, at least to with some degree of comfort, hey, sometimes you just want to use some sugar, man. Grab some table sugar and use it in a beer. Can we compare notes and kind of what were your takes on all these different beers? What's your kind of summary by you? Oh well. Uh... First of all, I, I agree with what you said. You know, I think people just need to to taste the difference between these different sugars in their beers. Um, I know it's it's pretty boring to listen to our tastings of this, <laughs> but if you do something similar in your own brewing, yeah. it'll really show you a lot about your ingredients. But but yeah, our our tasting notes uh, are pretty similar to to what you guys said. Um, I tried to interject when there was something that we saw that was different. 
Of course they're similar. We're all professionals. <laughs> Come on. Right, yeah. right. Good answer. That's just a rumor about us being a bunch of hacks. Right. Total professionals. Just like the malt-munching mash monsters. Say yes. that five times fast right now, Chad. It, it, it sounds professional, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. What do you guys call yourself for short? Like 4M? Yeah. When you're, like when you're drunk. Monsters? Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. These at the top. The mm. Yeah. See, that's much better. Yeah, you have nine oh, samples of Belgian wow. beer, and you just go, mmm. They pack in a shirt, too? Cool. Yeah, he's got the little Mardi Yeah, Gras yeah, we on. threw in some shirts. Uh, nice. And if you guys don't mind, I'd like to thank uh, Brian Mercer, because he donated the sugars oh, yeah. that we used in this experiment. Uh-huh. And uh, Nico at NicoBrew.com, uh-huh. he donated the hops that we used. Nice. Cool. Two uh, wonderful so. sponsors of the BN. Look at these guys. Big thank Pulling you. it together for Big us. thank you. Come on. How about that? We yeah. don't even donate shit to our listeners. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Hey, thanks to you <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, we, we, just, we took advantage of the guys that sponsor you, Justin. Hey, I love that. And <laughs> the, you know people. what? I tell you what, they like to be taken advantage of in that way. They love it. They come back to me and go, uh, you know what? I just sent out a bunch of stuff to these guys, and we loved it. So that's <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah, they're awesome. I'm sure Nico's listening, and so that's cool. We, we had a lot of fun. I mean... You're not going to learn more than if you do something like this, you know? Right. You're not going to learn yeah. more about your ingredients unless you do it yourself. And, and your process it. and everything, yeah, sure. Right. Great process. The because beers taste great. The beers, everyone so, cleans the other. our tasting notes, it, it's, it's nothing. You're not going to learn anything from it. Do it yourself. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I can see that, yeah. Well, that's been a message kind of goes, uh, Jamil's good about this because we're, it's easy just to ask us and, and hey, Jamil, hey, John Palmer, What's the what's the answer? But ultimately, you just got to do it yourself. Yeah. So, and you know the good advice. The, the bottle conditioning. Uh, I know John, you had mentioned that you know the corn syrup um, or the corn sugar really is pretty neutral. I mean, right. do you do you ever notice anything versus bottle conditioning that you get from forced carbonating with the corn sugar added? Is there any? I mean, does that just kind of no. get eaten up and gonzo? Right. Okay. The only the only time you'll s- uh, see a difference is uh, due to poor fermentation. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the old the old wheeze about um, if you add corn sugar or table sugar to a beer, you end up getting a um, uh, acetic kind of taste, a little cidery taste. Well, that's that's due to poor, poor fermentation more than it is due to sugar uh, addition. So, uh, you really shouldn't, you know, if, if you're priming uh, and and doing this with a bottle condition versus uh, forced carbonating, if you've got a good fermentation, you won't taste the difference between them. And that acetic, you said acetic, right? It the the cidery taste comes from acetic acid that's thrown off as a byproduct during fermentation of the fermentation of the sugar. So it's fermentation. It's not any O two being uh, no. Okay. Well. Yeah, at least I mean, you know, in the bottling process, it's nothing. It's fermentation, right? right. Okay. <clears throat> All right, wonderful, everybody. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. I can't sit here anymore. I'm fucking dying. You have no idea. No. Yeah. Back surgery. Ah, oh, forget about <laughs> it. Flip disc. Yeah. Seven of them. Hey, Justin. One more thing. Yeah, you got it. I- I'm sorry that I killed your show, but I, you I just had to. Sh- I had to thank JP, even though he's not there. Yeah. Because he's the reason this all happened. Is that right? How did yeah, that happen? I won D2 Sugar in uh, December two years ago, <laughs> guessing right. JP's number. And that's what started. <laughs> that's oh. a number game. <laughs> that was brutal. number game. 
Oh. The greatest game ever. <laughs> the only thing that hurts me more than my back right now is that goddamn number game. <laughs> we thought that was a low point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, good. I'm glad. Well, and, great. And by you, listen, don't take my bad attitude as any uh, any indication. You guys did a great job, and I can't yes. uh, thank you enough for doing this experiment and letting us talk about it. As much as I'm complaining about tasting shows, I'm actually getting notes from the chat room saying, hey, don't worry about it. These are the kind of things we want to hear. So, uh, And I know... Bayou, you know, he doesn't get to listen live, so this is awesome that he could call in. I know he never gets a chance. He really wanted to be a part of it. So. Cool. Thanks, I'm, man. I'm glad yeah. you did. Uh, I'm going to be at work in three yeah, hours. Great experience. Myself yeah. now. Oh, <laughs> shit. I'll tell you what. Send me an email and tell me how much of a dick I am in three hours when, uh, <laughs> when you have to go to work. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, Thanks brother. A lot. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. All Bye, right. Bayou. Good job. And uh, the Malt Munching Mash Monsters. Uh, yeah, out of big Louisiana, right? Mm. Shreveport. Mm, <laughs> no, that's very cool. I liked it. It, it yeah. was really a, a great tasting. And wow. um, what a tutorial! I mean, that was uh, yeah. boy. It took you all the way through, and that's big differences. I mean, right. Wow. Rest assured, I'm going to finish all the samples so that I can rest easy tonight. <laughs> all right, we're going to sit right here. I'm going to edit the archive, drinking the rest of these samples. So no Vicodin with codeine. Uh, yeah, that I don't have any of that shit. Doc didn't, Doc didn't I'll come call to the show today. What am I going to do? I'll call my guy. Please. How about a cookie? Somebody. Have a cook. Right. I'm going to have to uh, <laughs> retreat to the back patio like you fellas. Yeah, I don't think that's going to help. La- no, it doesn't. Last time I did that, it was years ago, but I was having some uh, back pain or something, and that's what it did. I laid there. I felt like I felt like I was dying, like someone was stabbing me in the back. Because then you just focus on everything. You're paranoid and in pain. I'm paranoid and in pain. Yeah, the weed, the cousin doesn't help me out any. Uh, I would. No, it's bad. I feel like I'm going to die. You got to stop bending over to blow dudes. I guess. Better yeah. technique. If I have to. <laughs> Sorry, I, don't mean to cut you short, I, Palmer. Nope, nope. How the hell are you? You sound great, Palmer. How are you? How's well, that? You. Hey, I, how's that brew system coming? Uh, great. Yeah, I, I haven't used it in a while, <laughs> but it's it looks great. You're so, busy down there too. Well, huh? you send your recipe. What's going on? You need some more uh, time, probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah, just um, I've what? been trying. I've been trying to get back on the water book with Colin. Oh yeah. Um, grabbed a few hours here and um, yeah. so on. It's t- finding time is difficult. I understand it. But um, right. I went to a writing seminar last weekend where. Uh, oh. You know, it was kind of like how to get published, and uh, it was kind of cool to find out I'm, you know, comparatively I'm fairly successful when it comes to nonfiction. But uh, right, I'd like to I'd like to you know write a fiction novel too. Really? That'd be kind of fun. I'm yeah. afraid of that because Palmer creeps me out sometimes. He's got a crazy <laughs> mind. That's perfect. His fiction's gonna be all fucked up. Hmm. You know. You're not going to be able to sleep at night after reading John Palmer's book. Uh, creepy. Huh? <laughs> that's probably a good book. That's that's uh, kind of what you want. Yeah, that one gets your attention. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. like to write steampunk or something like that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Steampunk. I don't even know what steampunk yeah. is. Sounds edgy. Steampunk either. is where it, you know you know the uh, the recent uh, Sherlock Holmes movie. Yeah, I just yeah. watched it. Yeah, kind of like that. That sort of setting. That kind of feel. Um, where you're, it's uh, Victorian science fiction sort of thing. See, told lots you. of gadgets. Like Palmer's a goth. He didn't even know it. I like it. <laughs> See, yeah, Bevo's ready. That's our, that's our genre. Yeah, I did have a couple questions come through for you, Palmer. Oh, okay, a couple of random things too. So, uh, let's see. Cosmosis is in the chat room. 
And um, he says, I've recently heard of some people using popcorn in the mash. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, that's that's basically torrified corn. Um, to, you know, if you're going to do that, you better use air popped popcorn um, because you don't oh, want the oil, oil going in. So uh-huh. what does it mean if something is torrified? Just exactly like popcorn. Um, you're, you're familiar with, um, you oh. know, un, unsweetened uh, puffed wheat, you know, from, you know, the dark days of youth when, uh, you know, your mom would buy the, buy this bulk bag of uh, puffed wheat at yeah. the store. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, mounds of sugar couldn't make it taste any better. Well, that, that's, that's torrefied wheat. It's puffed wheat. Um, it's it's been exploded just like popcorn is, um, and what you what happens is you know that that kernel heats up, the steam inside gelatinizes the starches, and then it explodes, and you have a pre gelatinized starch ready to add to the mash. All right, all right, good enough. <laughs> uh, here's another one from uh, I think from Nico Brew. What percent of sugar can be used to boost gravity without negatively affecting body and other flavors? So is there a point where we have to not, you know, have our fermentables be from sugar? Um, what I would recommend you do is look at Brewing Classic Styles, uh, looking at um, some of Jamil's recipes for, you know, the Belgian styles that you use sugar. Um you kind of use that as a guideline. Uh, you know, 10, 15% is really as, about as high as you want to go. Maybe I think there's some, maybe a style or two that uses like 20%. But um, if you're going to do that, if you're going to go high on the sugar content, then you need to add it uh, during the latter half of fermentation. Because if you put all that, all that um, sucrose and glucose and fructose up front, you're gonna the the yeast will consume that, and they will not produce the maltase enzymes that they need to ferment the maltose, uh, and that that beer not, will not ferment very well. So what you need to do is ferment, you know, the the barley wort, the maltose, you know, the regular wort first, and after that is you know uh, fermented, then you can add the, your simple sugars, and the yeast will go right to town with those. But if you do it in the reverse, then you're going to tend to have a uh, a stuck fermentation. Got it. All right, Palmer. Thank you, brother. Sure. sure. I appreciate it. Hey, I, I want to get, I want to give a shout out to all the brewers down in San Antonio. I'm going to see them in a couple of weeks. Oh, cool. Uh, the uh, San Antonio Cerveza Fest. Oh yeah. What do you, you just headed out there for that? <laughs> cool. Cerveza. Yeah. And a boy. It's uh, cool. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. They, they usually they used to do it in um, well late August. And I was going to head down there last uh, last August, but uh, the uh, the hills started burning, and I had to cancel. So uh, this year they they moved it to April. Uh, I guess it worked out better well, the for fire them starts. too. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good idea. Pre fire season. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So a little brewing competition, and oh, uh, going to judge. So yep. Nice. Yeah. They're going to let you do all that, huh? Oh yeah. Hey. Uh, these are great events. I love them. They haven't met you personally yet, have they? No, no. <laughs> one, or, one or two of them may have, and they're, you know, but I guess they're not telling. Everyone's surprised, because Palmer, like, right when you meet him, oh, he's real nice. But then, you take him out one night, 
He's a party animal. He rages. You don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know what Palmer is. Yeah. You can't keep up with John Palmer. Yeah, start dishing on Justin. and <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. what happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's all nice in the beginning, and then before you know it, it's like, F that guy, and, and Justin's a douche. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy with Palmer. You don't even know. Well, I'm looking forward to SoCal uh, uh, Homebrew Fest with you, man. Yeah, yeah well, that's hang great. You'll we'll be down together. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, since you guys are there, I may I may convince myself to go down Friday night. Do it, man. Yeah, we'll be there. Kidding me? Be there. Yeah. We'll have beer. Right. We'll bring the heroin. We'll bring some of our beers. <laughs> then, then I'm definitely coming. <laughs> Palmer's in. For the heroin or for our beers? The beers. Got it. Yeah. See? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm down there this week, too, you know. I don't know. Uh, you can't get away for lunch at your new job, can you? No. I I work about 30 miles from home uh, and uh, from, shoot, 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. I'm just on the job it's amazing no more beers at lunch no that's because i'm going to meet with push for beers at lunch and i thought oh palmer will be there and then i remembered no (laughs) the new job you can't yeah oh well that's 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 a good reason to be sick though right well yeah we'll see i don't yeah we'll see i'll tell you what i'll send you an email i'll give you my schedule okay all right man thanks palmer i appreciate it brother my pleasure thanks palmer catch you later take it easy guys all right bye all right, uh, we're going to go to a break here. Uh, let me do this phone call real quick. Um, is it, If it's still on there. Is it BC Maui on the phone, Beef? You said Bill from Maui. That's Bill. Yeah, yeah. B- <laughs> BC. What's happening, brother? I, I stay here. How are you? I'm, I'm after the, St- the Stephen King of brewing. <laughs> you are? Which yeah. Is, which is Palmer. Was that Stephen King uh, Palmer? It was, yes. <laughs> the, the, creepy the fiction author? writer of brewing. I think you're right. An author, yes. <laughs> and, yeah. And he creeps you out. Well, but he's, he's, not but he's a good guy to hang out with. Oh, he's a great guy to hang out oh, with. Yeah. And he's a great guy in general. But I'm telling you, that brain of his, it's not just good for writing beer books. He's going to he, he's gonna creep everybody out if he starts writing fiction. Yeah. I almost got to hang out with Tasty and uh, Shet. Where at? <laughs> uh, I was up. Our, our plane flight got canceled, yeah. and we got delayed. Yeah. And and my wife crashed, and so I got on the internet to the brewing thing, and then Tasty called me back or, or emailed me back, uh-huh. but then I found out it was Valentine's Day the next day, and I had a bag on Tasty and shut. Uh, Too bad we had a good time. Right, we were over at Anchor Steam. You had a great time there. Oh, that's right. On that, Valentine's that was, Day, that was the end uh, of beer week. Yeah. I went to the Tornado. No, we were at Celebrator. Next day. Oh, so then the we thought day. that we were for the measures party. Got it. Got it. So, BC, are you calling in all hammered for Drunk of the Week? Well, I can call in back if <laughs> I don't want to be the first call. You are. You're wanna, the first call. The end, I want to be at the end and make all the points. Listen to me. There's going to be like two calls because uh, we're about done. I got to take a break. We're going to do a call. That's it. So you're you're in good you shape, need some man. feedback in there. Yeah, I got to do that. But uh, you want to you know what I'm drinking? Yeah, I do. I'm drinking the... I'm doing the mirror, mirror to shoots. Okay. Oh, uh, mirror pond. It's a bar. Same it's thing. a barton. <laughs> when you're drunk, you see double. It's mirror, mirror. Uh, read it twice. It's a, it's a, it says mirror. It's mirror, mirror pond. It's a pond. barley wine. It's a barley wine. Oh, oh. mirror, mirror's a barley wine. Barley wine, wine. <laughs> but I want to meet Chad and Tasty. Well, let's just go. Oh. Uh, I got wait nothing a but second. Love for Didn't you, brother. you meet Come these guys at NHC, BC? I met Bill before. Yeah. 
You no, I, I'm not going to Minnesota, but you guys coming out to the Maui Brew or the, the no. second annual no, Maui the kind? Not this There's year. There's no interstate no. between here. Not the this kind. Year. What? We uh, I loved it. All right. We cut out travel well, there's this year. three extra bedrooms in my house, so anytime a oh. p broadcaster needs to crash a Maui, right, Justin, Tasty, or Shad, you guys got a place to crash. Press record tonight? And if that's you three bring, rooms right there. If you got to bring Doc, we'll, we'll put up with him, too. I'll sleep with Doc. <laughs> JP. He can sleep in the garage. Tasty, I'll take the big spoon. All right, you'll take the He's big spoon. He's such a little spoon. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you could go the opposite. No. Be no spooning at all. No, you would just be sitting on your ass. <laughs> Falling off. What is this right. thing? Right. All right, give, what else besides uh, Mirror Mirror? Uh, no, I was pale, drinking pale. The, the Sierra Nevada. I was doing the Ken Dro- Grossman thing. Yeah. And I, I had like six of those. And I had my Scotch Ale. I'm, I made it uh, uh, seven months ago. And it's really getting tasty now. Okay, uh. and I spent I spent the last two days soldering out by my brew shed. I'm getting water out to my brew shed so I can Hard not pack. have to walk into the house to get the water and clean nice. off. Nice. And I'm going to make some really tasty beer. Kind of like got water out there. How is your water? That does help. How is the wa- water there in your island? Is the it pretty- water's really really light. It's 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 from the sky, okay. and then we catch it. Before it goes through the soil, it, it before it goes go, through the it, ground, yeah, yes. no, it doesn't. It doesn't go through the ground. It's okay. in these reservoirs. I see shallow. Light, I see, and it's it's really light. That there's not a lot of solids in it. Gotcha. Listen, Maui's resume doesn't sound so great, but he sounds great. Hey, I mean, right, Beef? I, he sounds oh, good. He sounds amazing. Hey, I have another question. What is kava? Kava is. I think that that's that's like out in Tonga and Samoa. That's the yeah, like Hawaii, right? different island. If, if, if you, that's like the Polynesians. They didn't have the wheel, and they couldn't make beer. So, so they had to walk a lot, and they drank kava. But it, once you figure out how to make a wheel and and uh, and brew beer, then you don't need kava no more. So it's like a, a pepper. I bring this up. It, what, what is it? It's it's a fermented root. It, it's another fermentation. It's a it, it's a way to make alcohol out of a, out of the taro plant, but it's it's kind of like eating mushrooms. You know, you got to puke and then then you get a buzz. Well, now we understand. Yeah. Well, I I really actually I bring this up because uh, it's a good Drew, example, by the way, our yeah, friend we're, now Drew, we're Drew Beecham actually said we should warn folks about the uh, kava like nature of American cereal matches. So I didn't know what kava was. Ooh. That's why I asked. Oh. But be warned. They'll get you high, like shrooms? Be warned. Uh, Cook them up. Last time I did shrooms Cereal. probably was when last time Tasty <laughs> went to a Grateful Dead concert. I was <laughs> go every year. A couple years ago. <laughs> well, not the Grateful Dead, but you right. know, it was like the, it was, it, I mean, Jerry was still there. You know, I'm, oh, I'm one of Jerry's kids. Oh, I see. All right, Maui, I got to go. You're in the running, my brother. <laughs> I'm trying. All right, you're All right. in. I'm, Thank you. I'm doing my mirror mirror on the pond. <laughs> you're in. <laughs> Later, man. All right, BC Maui from Great Hawaii. Wow. From the country of I'm Hawaii. Sorry we missed him when he was here. Quick break, come back, feedback, drunk of the week, and we're out of here. Usual shit. I got to go away some uh, drunk of the uh, 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 dark candy sugar, oh. too. I'll be back.
You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. The new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The The More Beer beer Deal deal of of the day. Day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the More Beer Deal of the Day at morebeer.com. Celebrity Voices Impersonated. Hey, BNers, Brewcaster Jay here. Are you tired of hearing about great beer here in the Brewing Network that you can't get at your local bottle shop? Well, we do interviews from all over the world, and we want to taste those beers, too. Finally, there's a place to turn for great beers from the other coast and beyond. Brewforia.com. Brewforia has an incredible selection of amazing beer, and they're adding more all the time. From breweries big and small, craft beer, imported beer, organic, and even gluten-free. You're going to love all the choices. When the Brewcasters can't find an upcoming guest beer, we turn to Brewforia, and you should too. Just check the Brewing Network for the upcoming guest schedule and head to Brewforia.com for their beer. The great guys at Brewforia will even include free beer for you with qualifying orders. Free beer, BN Army. You know we like that. Visit our favorite online bottle shop today at B-R-E-W-F-O-R-I-A.com. That's Brewforia.com. Brewforia. When you can't get it, they can. What's up, dude? Why the long face? Valentine's Day was awful. The World of Warcraft subscription was a strikeout. Ooh, yeah, I hear ya. A couple of years ago, the new Hoover I got my wife was a bomb, too. But last year, I found PlayfulEvenings.com. What? What's that? You know, Mrs. Badrock's store. It's awesome. Totally tasteful passion toys. Are you serious? Yeah. What's a passion toy? You know, it's a um, central aid in the bedroom. Ooh. All kinds of stuff. Massage oils, couples games, lingerie, and books. Books? Yeah. Where do you think Tickless Pickle came from? Yeah, boy. Seriously. Fun stuff, and Mrs. Badrock takes care of the BN Army with 10% off. Go to PlayfulEvenings.com and click on Shop Online now. Put BN Army in the coupon code. PlayfulEvenings.com Thanks, Mrs. Badrock. You're a lifesaver. BN Army, it's Valentine's Day all year long at PlayfulEvenings.com What's funny is, brewers just say, Yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. beer, (laughs) The The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Welcome back to the program, everybody. Got to wrap things up. Some Drunk of the Week phone calls to do, a little bit of feedback, things like that. 
some sponsors to take care of. It's a good show. Yeah. I, man, I learned a lot. A lot of information. Skeleton crew sometimes works out because it focuses us. It focuses us, right? Yes, in our English, <laughs> us is it focuses us is this in on uh, on a topic, yes. and gets us really yeah, kind of diving absolutely. into it exactly. and and picking each other's brains about it. So I tell you, I do like sometimes that it just changes things up for us to pared down format, and it was a good show today. Makes you think more. That's cool. I like being focused. Us is did. <laughs> it works. Yeah. All right, I answered a call. Bevo was away it. from the line. I think I got a drunk of the week on the on the line. Caller, who are we talking to? You're probably talking to Bayou. Hey, Bayou, you calling him for drunk of the week too? <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> oh, you got to drink the whole twelve still ounces. Still hanging in there. Uh, he's not going to work. You got to split it. Yeah, no, what's... I'm going to work in a couple hours. But... <laughs> oh yeah, how about that? What do you do, Bayou? Oh, you're like in a lab, right? Sleep at work. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm working on a PhD in microbiology. <laughs> Great. Uh, what are you yeah, going to discover awesome, today, Bayou? <laughs> in three hours, what are you going to discover? Place a nap at school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going to cure cancer in about three hours. Oh, it'd be fantastic. Oh. Another thing that Won't we that can claim awesome? that we did. We could put that to the BN We side. could just say, listen, first the internet and then cancer. We've right. done it all. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Or how to uh, kill hangovers. I did want to say one thing, even though I'm a drunk ass. <laughs> we are trying to advance some legislation in Louisiana oh, to uh, to formally legalize home brewing in Louisiana and legalize the transport All right. of home brew. Uh-huh. And I'm probably the wrong person to be talking about this right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, I don't think you're helping the cause right now. Well, There's like glass <laughs> clinking in the back, and he's going, listen. There aren't any legislators listening. So. I gotta, you know what? Governor, First off, I got to talk to you about I, something. I, I got to say, I feel so bad for all these guys. They're talking about homebrew and all these things. California in November is going to vote on transporting weed, making that legal. <laughs> you guys these can't guys even worry brew. about homebrew. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I yeah, feel we're you. worrying about the wrong stuff, right? <laughs> well, no, no. It's just, Chad it's makes a point. We're like smoking doobies on the corner like, with, the, with the police, and uh, <laughs> other states can't even do I just, homebrew. I feel bad for you guys. It sucks. Word, tasty. <laughs> <laughs> See? He's with us. Clearly. Well, listen. I, now, I will say this about the AHA, and I've said it, I've said it since the beginning of, of the BN. They do a great job fighting that legal yeah, fight right for there. you guys, and it's a good yeah. reason Spreading to support that uh, 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 that organization. I, you know, the BN, we maybe have a voice out there, but I'll tell you what, we're not in, we're not having meetings with the Senate, and we are not having contact with representatives like the AHA is. You know, these are the guys who are getting in there, getting dirty about these different bills. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Support them. And the AHA has been with us with with all this, and unfortunately, we haven't been a unified voice. But uh, yeah, the AHA has been been with us every step of the way. Good, and I good. appreciate that. Wait till Justin's in office. Oh, oh. legalize yeah, everything. Exactly. Everything is going to be legal. We're going to be listen. <laughs> we're not just going to be passing around homebrew and the, those governing committee meetings when I get there. It's going to we're going to be passing around heroin. <laughs> we're going to be cutting lines on those. I, I just picture that big <laughs> conference table we have to sit at. Oh, I'm just going to I'm going to put out a rail from one end of it to the other. And Word, I'm gonna, black uh, car. <laughs> 
What am I yeah, talking about? What the hell am I talking I don't even know what a rail is. You just got a thousand votes. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't either, Justin, but I'm with you. You're right. You're with me, right? <laughs> I say the more partying we do, the more things we get done. I'm changing my vote. I am voting for you. Now you will vote for me, right? <laughs> I'm just a drunk asshole. I don't, I don't even want Drunk of the Week. Oh, it took me two goddamn months to get Tasty's votes. All my campaigning, I, and th- now you're ready. This is a plank I didn't even know you had. <laughs> God uh, damn it. All right. By you, I got to clear the line. You're in the running. You are a Word. contestant. Hey, thanks for all the beer. Later. Out. <clears throat> okay. I got to read all this feedback, huh? Please. Shit. Either that or get mad at me about not reminding you. Hey, that's easier. <laughs> and yell at you for that for days. Oh my god! You've got mail. Kick ass. All right, feedback's brought to you today by the 21st Amendment. You can go to 21st-amendment.com. Check out that beautiful new website they got. Yes, yeah, nice. You get all the information you need. Grab yourself some Monk's Blood. Speaking oh, of uh, adjuncts awesome. in beer, right? Beer's awesome. Monk's Blood in a can, a good version of uh, uh, of, an, of an adjunct. And they use the dark candy sugar. That's the D2, right. I think. Good shit. All right, Jay and crew, just another letter from a listener to say thanks for all the entertainment and knowledge I've learned from the shows. Just entered my first competition, the Cascade Brewers Cup, and I took first place in the light hybrid category for my blonde and first place for the American Pale Ale category. Yeah, that's a tough category. With wow. Tasty's APA oh, recipe. Wow. Tasty scores. Yeah, and a few tweaks. We he had said. some here tonight. A few tweaks. Okay, well, yeah. they're probably better than mine. But uh, yeah, there you go. Cool. APA, that's never an easy category. No, no, I don't care what category. the competition is. Very right? tough, very tough. Uh, so let's see. I'd like to thank the entire crew, especially uh, Jamil, Doc, and Tasty, who I feel brought my brewing to the next level. Keep up the good work. Uh, and Ass Hattery. Prost. That's Scott from Meridian, Ohio. Ohio. Good job, man. Good that's good job. awesome. Yeah. Good work. Wow. Two firsts. Nice. That's great. Dear Brewcaster, it's been brewing for almost a year now, and I've turned out 17 batches. <laughs> Recently entered my first competition, the Drunk Monk Challenge in Aurora, Illinois, sponsored by the Urban... Knaves. Thank you. Urban Knaves <laughs> of Grains. Yes. Tasty. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Those are good guys. Well, I'm looking at that K, and I'm going, all yeah. right, that's silent, right? Canaves. Canaves. Uh, like Joe Foreman. Yeah, and love, those, love the Urban Canaves. <laughs> Canaves, yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow, they're like, they're like a... Urban Knaves of Grain. Thank you, Tasty. Yes. Read my mind. Uh, it's a pretty big comp with 617 entries that this year. Big, yeah. I entered four beers in six categories, and I took two medals. Not as many as I hoped, but uh, when you're entering IPAs and American ales, there's bound to be stiff competition. My black double IPA took second in specialty beer, and my Belgian dark strong, based on Jamil's recipe with oh, yeah. Brett added, took third in Menace of the Monastery category. Hey, wait a minute. I don't know that category. That's cool. I like that. Wow. Open to styles with monastic heritage. I see. I listed the BN as my club to spread the word. That's Good cool. job, man. That's, That's awesome. Ryan in Plainfield, uh, Plainfield Illinois. Hmm. Uh, he says, I learned everything I know about brewing from you guys, especially Tasty. Keep up the good work. Suck it, JP. <clears throat> wow, look at that, Tasty. I can relate. Hello, merry band of asshats. I ordered a set of new BN Army glassware and expected it to take a few weeks for it to get to me, as Justin is, well, to put it nicely, lazy. However, they made it to me in Ohio in only four days. That's right. Pacheco to Ohio in four days. Really? 
I was afraid to open the box, though, as I thought I would find the glasses wrapped in hooker ads or tissues with JP's beard or other bodily hair stuck to it. But again, to my surprise, they were packed nicely. That would have been the shipping area, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks again. These glasses rock. P.S. Suck it, JP. Uh, that's from Chris in Cleveland. See, Mom Mom Crosley's doing a good job. She does do good work. Yeah. Working her hard. Uh, Justin and all the BN crew recently started brewing December of 09, and one of the things I did was search out good resources for information about the hobby that I'm learning to love. I've listened to a lot of brewing podcasts, and yours at the BN is by far the most informative and entertaining. I really enjoy everything you guys put out. I'm working my way through the archives. I have one all-grain batch under my belt and working on number two this weekend. I have one question about brewing beer for competitions. How long should I age my beers before I send them off to competition? I'm planning on entering a couple, an American Brown and a Blonde Ale, and a few somewhat local competitions in the coming months, and I want to make sure beers are perfect. Uh, Thanks for all you've done. That's from John. Well, listen to last week's show, John, uh, the competition brewing show. Maybe you're still catching up, but we do talk about how each style is different. You kind of have to, aging your beer is tricky. You have to do each accordingly. Maybe, uh, since Tasty is an American Brown specialist, how long should his beers be aged before he sends off his American Brown? Well, it depends on how big the American Brown is. Okay. You know, like competitions, your, your best, the best beer you can make is a beer you know. So you've made the beer before, you know how it that at ten fifty six starting gravity, it's it's at its prime in four weeks, or at ten sixty two, it's at its prime in eight weeks. I mean, it's what it depends on what you're making. You at some point are 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 your good friends who are really have good palates are going to be the ones you're going to tell you when your beer's the best. That's right. Taste your beer. Yeah, you have your taste friends. It. Put it in front of your friends. There's no math. There's That's no right. formula. Your process, your cold, your temperature, your cold conditioning. Is all all different. Get it in front of beer judges. You know that's why homebrew clubs and uh, entering into competitions is a slower way. Homebrew club, you can find your your the guy there who's the beer judge. You could you know have a conversation with him about your beer five months in a row, and each time you give him a different version of your beer, he's going to really help you out. So you know, right? Yeah. Great advice. Right. There you go. All right, great show on competition brewing and splitting batches, guys. I upgraded to 10 gallons last summer when I got home from deployment, and I split every single batch to try different ideas post-boil. So far, I've uh, split a batch of triple between WLP 530 and 510, then followed the 510 batch with two bottles of Orval Dregs. I split a batch of Tasty's APA between 001 and 007, and just recently split a batch of American Stout by dry hopping half ounce with two ounces of uh, by dry hopping half with two ounces of Centennial. I'd love to see how a show. I'd love to see a show dedicated to this concept of splitting batches post boil. Uh, like I said, a lot of people were fired up about the uh, splitting batches, and I think we could get some guys in here to talk about all the different things you could do post boil with one. Uh, not to mention the uh, malt munching mash monsters, yeah. along with uh, you know, I mean, two different uh, words from one mash or something. Yeah, like you that. can do yeah, you all know? combinations. So, uh, all lots of in. splitting things we could do. Right, and put then that of course, in the notes, Chad. We might do a show just about splitting. He says, "See you at NHC." That's Timmy R. B. N. Army Corps. Oh, Timmy Renette. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Hey, Justin and company, wanted to drop you a note to let brewcasters and guests know that I found the most recent competition brewing show really inspiring. I don't enter many comps, and while the show did goad me into sending a few bottles over to Nationals, what I really enjoyed was the discussion about splitting batches and how to get a lot of different beers out of a single brew day. I don't get to fire up the kettle as often as I'd like, and I've been planning on uh, going to 10-gallon batches this summer just to keep up with my drinking. So thanks for the ideas from the show. I can brew once a month and still get a variety as if I was brewing every two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Keep up the good work, Colin. He's in the winged armada. Oh, he's winged armada in the form. And that is your feedback brought to you by the 21st Amendment Brewery at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco. Try out their monk's blood in cans. It goes along very well with this adjunct show. If you sit down and listen to it, find yourself some monk's blood. Be a perfect beer to try as you're uh, listening to us talk about candy sugar and uh, certainly from Dark Candy Inc. too. Good stuff. And fruit, figs, all nice. kinds of stuff in that beer. The nasty stuff in there. Nice. Oak. Yeah. All good. Mm. Is oak an adjunct? Wood? No. Mm. It doesn't have to be a... How did we get through a whole adjunct show and not ask this? <laughs> Does it have to be something that adds a, uh, a, a fermentable to be an adjunct? I, I think that's the... Uh, Is that yeah. the definition? Yeah, uh, it's one of the... Uh, yeah. 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 Good preparation on our part. I... <laughs> All right, Beef. Do I have any calls there? No. Just got the two. All right, so BC Maui and Bayou are our two uh, Drunk of the Week candidates. BC Maui was, his his resume wasn't great, but he sounded well lit. Yeah. He it wanted was, to get hammered with, with us, right? I mean, right. Well, he just wanted to meet you guys. Oh, yeah. He did invite us to stay there. That's Ooh. true. Inviting a brewcaster to <laughs> stay at your house. That shows uh, shows a certain amount of drunkenness, right? <laughs> I think I got a Texas number that? coming in now. That's a good point. Let me take this one. Oh, Beav already got it. Oh, Dirk McLarge. Who are we talking to? Dirk McLarge. Huge, huge. Yes. <laughs> hey, Dirk. <laughs> What's up? What's happening, man? Ah, uh, I'm drinking. Good. That's what I like to hear at this time of night. <laughs> are you calling uh, in for drunk of the week? Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, give us the resume. Uh, well, tons of uh, Jay Z's uh, Amber Ale. Oh, that's good. Tons of it. Well, we like a growler. He sent you beer. I never get his beer. And now, well, I had to make it myself. Oh, oh. No. Hey, so do we. Don't Just feel bad. It's like him sending you the beer. Just check. Send you the recipe. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. You have to do that stuff. Right. So you've had tons of that. Anything else? No, no, just, I've just, just been doing it about. <laughs> oh, uh, well, it's it's uh, uh, eleven here. I've been doing it for about five hours. Huh. He sounds good. Attaboy. boy. All right, Dirk, you're in the running. Oh, cool. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> sound uh, you sound good. Where in Texas are you calling from? Uh, the Hill Country, uh, West Austin. Oh, nice. All right, on speakerphone. Well iPhone, headphones. Oh, thing. okay. All right. Did you download our new iPhone app yet? <laughs> Absolutely. You did? Look at Dirk. Yeah. Supporting the cause. I, and nice. I, I gladly paid for it. Thank you very much. You didn't find See? it on the black market? Didn't blink at all, did you? That's a brother right there. Yeah. No, 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 no. Didn't blink. I paid for it. Uh, you know, I had, you know, I buy the hats. I buy the T-shirts. Well, thanks, I buy Dirk. everything. See, and, very active uh, in the forum too. You thanks. know, uh, you yeah, know, you're, you're our peeps. You know that cunt Bevo wouldn't even download that uh, the application because it costs a buck ninety nine. 
I, I won't say anything bad about Bezos. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You believe that shit? Sam is a leech. Well, I believe it, but <laughs> I, I won't say anything bad about Bevo. <laughs> right. That's right. Bevo does have to support a husband. It's true. That's true. Well, well I, absolutely. Yeah. It's a big load. <laughs> well, that's what I said to her. I was like, that's listen, said. now if Sam, uh, <laughs> now if Sam came and said, look, I can't download the application, oh, yeah, here, then I'd understand. Yeah, I mean, that kid, yeah. he doesn't have a buck 99 to his name, but Bevo has a job. Uh, Bevo made yeah. the interesting yeah. point that Sam, you know, could never afford an iPhone. So. Ha- <laughs> Sam would never have an iPhone. I have right. an extra iPhone. He doesn't want to use my old iPhone. Uh, or a cell phone, I period. Won't, I won't say anything bad about Bevo. Bevo, though. We sure like to rag on Sam, don't we? Thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, we do. Oh, well, yeah, Sam is fair game. I'll tell you, Dirk's sounding good, man. We've got some good candidates tonight. Tonight's a tough... uh, The frisky group, I'll tell you that. Tough lineup. Yes. All right, brother, you're in the running. All right, thanks. Later, man. Bye. All right, Dirk McLarge, huge, from Texas. How you doing over there, complainer? I'm fucking... I'm trying not to complain (laughs) is what I'm doing. I'll tell you, your uh, Belgian Strong Ale has probably been the most medicating of yeah, the night. Yeah, that's pretty big beer. I'm glad it? you gave me this one. This one's nice. It finished at 005, so it's like really? 10.2%. This is the beer. 005, good lord. I, I used the 570 yeast, <laughs> and, it, and it stopped at 14. And then I uh, racked it into kegs and pitched uh, champagne yeast, and then it went down to 005. So it has like a... Uh, Bottle condition flavor, even though I forced carbon did it. Right. It's it about, does have a bottle condition flavor. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I got it. It's, it out of this bottle, it's about three three uh, volumes. For the competition, I'll get it up to probably four. Really? Yeah. Now, Chad just did a Belgian uh, blonde ale. Mm-hmm. What did that finish at? Oh, six. Yes. So three? this is your Belgian strong ale. This is a strong. But, but Chad's is a Belgian blonde right. ale. This is Jamil's recipe. I see. Uh, I guess modified. Uh, 24 pounds of Pilsner malt and six pounds of sugar. <laughs> and like Palmer said, you don't want to put all that into the boil. So right. I made, you know. You split it. Three, uh, three pounds went in the boil. The other three, I just did it like a, in a saucepan, boiled it up, and put it into a sanitized container where I start, I could put it in about a third a day when the fermentation started to slow up a little bit. Oh, you didn't even put it all in at once. No, it you feed the fermenter. It. I fed the fermenter with it, yeah. And what, what's, what kind of sugar? Beet sugar, just like the cheapest mean? stuff you can get at the store. Oh. Not CNH. That's, 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 that's the cane store sugar. brand. That's cane sugar. Okay. Yeah. Beet sugar. Yeah. The so like style. a clear candy sugar, Basically, essentially. yeah. Right. And yours, your, your Belgian uh, blonde, you added sugar to that, Three too. pounds, yeah. Two oh, really? pounds in the kettle, one yeah. pound. That beer was really good. I like the Belgian so, flavor in that beer. Yeah, essentially at High Krausen, um, pretty well, much added another pound uh, and... Uh, did Man, you like really boil it in a smooth. saucepan or something? Or did I did. Yeah. You know, everyone says it's pretty uh, stable or uh, just ready to go out of the package, but yeah. I just, I don't know, for some, back in my mind, I just went, you know what, throw it in a saucepan for a couple minutes yeah. and then cool it down, yeah. throw it in. Man, tastes good. <laughs> it really does. That beer's great. Yeah, yeah it, it was good. good. Nice. I'm happy. All right, I have Mrs. Blomax on the phone. We've heard from Blomax before, but this is Mrs. Blomax calling in for Drunk of the Week. Hi, Mrs. Blomax. Hi. How you doing? I'm so drunk. I already threw up like three times. Oh, you should have done that on the phone. should have saved one for the air, yeah. I wish I did, but I've already thrown up like three times. I've had like over 20 beers. 
She has throw up I'm voice. So drunk. You know that voice where you like it's you like get girdling. real. Yeah, it's like it, you get real nasally oh, like, after you've throw grown up. You do, you do get throw up voice. You have it. So uh, yeah, what twenty? I've thrown up three times already, and it, <laughs> it's not very good. <laughs> oh man, what what were you drinking? Uh, twenty six. I drank so. some commercial Dubell, a bunch of. Fat tire and some homebrew Dubell. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you sound great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> do you have Love to? Her. Do you have to work in the morning? Uh, <laughs> yeah, technically I do. <laughs> yeah, that can happen, is it? That's a school night. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? What's your job? My job is a housekeeper. Okay. Yeah, you ain't cleaning shit tomorrow. I don't know. Except uh, maybe your mom's no, not. <laughs> you, might, you, might, you might be cleaning the rim of your toilet. <laughs> yeah, probably. More than likely. And the phone. <laughs> what inspired this be... session tonight? Uh, did you just feel like tying one on or what? Oh, my uh, boyfriend slash blow Max is off tonight, so... I get time with him. <laughs> I hear him in the background. He's fired up about you He's being drunk. A great you time. guys are going to have fun tonight. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah. If you he get going in the next eight drunk. minutes before you pass out. <laughs> yeah. Or if you can get um, He should start right a now. A lot of things are going to happen in the next 15 minutes before I pass out. <laughs> right. Good. Yeah. Go brush your teeth a lot. That's my advice. Oh, certainly. <laughs> Use the garden hose. I certainly will. <laughs> wow. Flo Max is going to have the best 13 and a half minutes of his life right now. That's yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, he is. <laughs> At this point, it's probably not going to be very good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At, at the at, by twelve and a half minutes, she's gonna be like, "Listen, just just be done. Good lord, I gotta pass out." She's like, "I'm numb." Standing up too long. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, you can't tell that Bevo's been in this position before. Yeah, how can does she you? know this? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's gonna have fun. <laughs> All right, Mrs. Blomax, you are now officially in the running for Drunk of the Week, and a round of applause, by the way, because yeah. uh, you you brought it strong. Yeah, you, you, you showed so. up. Thank you for calling. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. Good luck. <laughs> I just said goodbye. No. Thank you. Goodbye. No. Blomax, huh? Man. Mrs. Blomax. I think he's uh. about to get some Blomax tonight. <laughs> Clean the pipes. Man. I don't think there's any question anymore, is there? Well, let's see. Uh, B- no, no, no. I mean, there, there's, let's, let's, at uh, first, the three, I'll tell you what, guys. BC, Maui, Bayou, and Dirk. You guys were right there. You were making our job yeah, we tough. Were, yeah, it was going to be tough. But, but listen, Mrs. Blomax oh, yeah. calls Come in. <laughs> what are you going to do? Does she brew? Did she say I, she brews with it? It didn't matter. I know. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even ask. She's off the hook. Sorry, I feel question. like this is maybe maybe be, maybe one of the best uh, Drunk of the Week calls we've gotten. We ought to take <laughs> another good. one, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. We? See, okay. maybe we're on a roll. I here. mean, it's it's going well. Yeah. All right. Hey, Brewpunk. Brewpunk. What's happening, brother? What's happening? Hey, want to know what's going on with BN5? Oh, you know, I'm glad you asked it. You usually, have an I, usually I hate it when you guys ask this, but this is a good time. Um, <laughs> Make an exception. Well, actually, because we're all sorted out now. Uh, uh, no. We've done everything but put tickets on sale. 
Good question, my friend. So here's the deal. Uh, like I said all along, it is going to be out in Minnesota on the Wednesday before NHC. And it is now going to be at the new Northern Brewer location out there at NHC. Uh, they have a 6,000-square-foot building for us to use that will be empty and ready to party in. Uh, we will provide shuttle service from the hotel to the location, which is not very far anyway. We should get a disco ball. Uh, oh, we'll get a disco ball. We'll bring it. You can bet your ass we'll have a disco ball. Put hockey ball. in this we'll thing. Import it. There will be uh, a... a... Go ahead. No, I hope there's a shuttle. I was just listening tonight. Yeah. You know, we need and a shuttle no, with a bathroom on it. Put the drunks on top. No, but people got to piss. What we yeah, don't need is a creepy yellow school bus. Really? It's not that far. Driven by a drunkard. By the way, what? we're getting we're getting yellow school buses. Damn it! It's PN <laughs> style, man. Excellent. Of course. <laughs> yeah. It's a short ride. <laughs> With and, tinted uh, windows. I promise you this. There'll be plenty of pissing opportunity state. at Northern Brewer. We've got the... Uh, we've already... We've we've discussed in detail the outhouse situation. We, yeah, we've had problems with that before. So we're going to throw a big rager out there. There will be uh, BN Army VIP passes where you guys are going to get in an hour early, get some special beer, and possibly even some Sean Paxton food um, for the hour beforehand. And then it's going to keep going on after that uh, where it's just going to be a big uh, craft brew slash homebrew festival. We do encourage bringing homebrew. Northern Brewer is going to have a lot of homebrew on tap uh it's gonna be a big deal tickets will go on sale uh on in the bn store before they go on sale anywhere else uh and that's actually probably going to happen in the next week um you can look for uh tickets on sale in the bn store you're going to want to get them quick and then after the fact some extra tickets will be on sale at northern brewer but uh i suggest you get your vip bn army tickets well i'll be driving up from milwaukee can't stay for the weekend, but definitely coming up for the BN5. Hey, perfect. Nice. You won't miss a thing, man. We're going to do it all in one night. Like it's we the like highlight to do. of the week. Yeah. We like to cram a week's <laughs> worth of partying into one night. You know, I actually had a question. Excellent. Uh, we had fun with you guys, you and Jamil back here in uh, uh, one uh, Northern yeah. Brewer. Sorry, I might be calling in for a drunk of the week, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we had a great time out there, too. It was a good time hanging out at the Northern Brewer store. And, uh, yeah. I can't wait. The Northern Brewer is so awesome to us. We're going to have oh, a good yeah. time partying with them. So uh, get your tickets I early. I might be able to throw on Drunk of the Week here, too. I brewed an IPA this afternoon. Uh-huh. What's yeah, the name? And, uh, I'm going to write you down. What's I'm the name? already drinking well, it. Well, I, st- I started out with a Bell's IPA, and then I started <laughs> drinking my Schwartz beer. and uh, Nice. What a happy, uh, I don't know, happy American wheat and... I'm pretty happy right now. <laughs> What's the name? Uh, I go as Brewpunk. I'm online, Brew, Brew but my right. name is Chris. All right, Brewpunk, you're cool. in the running. Thanks, brother. Thanks, man. All right, I got to pee. Okay. My back's going to explode. What do you got? I had one more quick question. Uh, somebody asked me in the chat about um, an after party. Has any sort of arrangements oh. been made for that? <laughs> Not yet. I'm, uh, you know, I'm working on the sweet situation again, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, you know. We're on a budget this year. We'll see what we could do. 
Last year, it was all donated by wonderful, beautiful, amazing listeners. Yes. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I do like the after-party situation because we kind of party like nobody else, so we do need our own area to do that. Anytime we've ever tried to crash other people's suites and parties, it's not worked out well because we sort of out-party the people who own the thing, and right. it's not good. You know, our reputate, our repu. Never mind. Do you know what time we're leaving Northern <laughs> Brewer? What, what time is the party over? Do you know? Or? Eleven. Okay. Maybe eleven thirty. I forget. We tried to plan it in time that you can get back to the hotel for our last call at the hotel. Oh, which is yeah. midnight or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. And then to the presidential suite. I'll give you full details uh, ASAP. Stay and then, uh, yeah, sign up for the Twitter <laughs> thing because that's how you're going to get your tickets first. Twitter.com slash Brewing Network. Uh, Facebook. Sign up for all that shit and then you'll uh, you'll get notified first. All right. Uh, raise your hand if uh, your drunk of the week is BC Maui. I love that guy. Good guy. Raise I your hand. Love you, Bill. Raise your hand if it is Bayou Brew from the Malt Munching Mash Monsters who helped us out Thanks tonight. Thanks for the beers. Wow. Good guy. Great show yeah, for him. Yeah. All right. Raise your hand if it's Dirk McLargehuge <laughs> from Texas. He was pretty good. good. All right. All right. Justin put his hand up. You ever saw it? Yeah. And raise your hand if it's Mrs. Blomax. <laughs> Mrs. Oh, Blomax. come on. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twice. I'm voting twice tonight. Oh, yeah. I'm you voting twice that. tonight. Keep going. And raise your hand if it's Brew Punk. All right, Mrs. Blomax, you oh, are our drunk of the week tonight. Uh, and Mr. Blomax, good luck to you, sir. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's already done and she's asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe she's asleep and he's already... Yeah, well, <laughs> Whichever yeah. happened first. Yes. We're he, not sure. Just choose a hole then. Tap it all at once. Oh. <laughs> okay. The max blow. Hey, good drunk of the week yeah. calls tonight, though. You know, well, it started Finally. out slow. It started out, I, yeah, it was a great, great set. They stepped it up. You've been a bunch of pussies for a while. Was it a holiday tomorrow or something? It's not a holiday even. Maybe like it? spring break. A lot of people around that, maybe. All right, Mrs. Blomax, send me an email, Justin at thebrewingnetwork.com. We're going to send you some dark candy sugar, courtesy of uh, Dark Candy Inc., and uh, also a medal, a nice uh, Drunk of the Week medal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, send some pictures. Send you some pictures of yourself. She will now be known as Mrs. <laughs> Blowchunks. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty good, actually. Nice. That is good. Yeah. Don't send us those pictures. Thank you, Wolf Brew. All right, good job, everybody. Thank you for sticking it out. Right? Thank you, complainer. You cover all the business? Bye-bye. You all right? I tried to keep you, you to a minimum. Try not to complain. I'm not going to answer these questions. Maybe you should get Irie. Relax. Oh, it's not going to help. I'll be... I'll. It'll feel like someone's sticking knives in my back, and I'll feel like I'm a big loser. That's what happens when I smoke. If I get Irie, I feel like a big loser. I've never heard that expression before. Irie. Irie. Yes, you have. You are the whitest woman no, in the no, world. No, I swear to God, How I've never heard that. How fucking cool, calm. Come on, man. In the islands. Irie. Irie. Cool, calm. I swear to you, I've never heard that before. Wow. And hello, white. <laughs> you are the whitest woman on earth. Way. Sam's pretty white, too. Between the two of you, I'm surprised we can look at you. Way you too into vampires. Can't have, can't have sex in the sun. You're too bright. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's true. When it's I sat and myself, like there's a strong reflection off of my body. <laughs> Big white. I'm like the kind of white where you can like see my veins through my skin. Oh, man. Uh, like cool. Sam. Like Sam. <laughs> All right. Uh, there might not be a show next week because it's Easter Sunday. That's right. <laughs> and a lot of our staff, it's very important. The difference to, to the Easter Bunny. It's very important <laughs> to them. A lot of your staff. Yeah. Actually, Evo. Yeah. 
She's got to go hang out with Jesus on Whatever. that day. I don't she know. She does a lot of the stuff, though. You know? I don't know. It's not for sure, but I'm pretty sure there's no show next week, and i got to rearrange the schedule, see what happens. But I will post it all on the website and inform you on Twitter. We'll also be doing the uh, the uh, the beer, the more beer donation giveaway. We'll be doing oh, yeah. that drawing, so uh, you're going to want to sign up for Twitter for that. Uh, Anything else? Buy our app. Uh, yeah, Bruce iTunes. Strong in my nine to six. Oh. Listen in, Rig Welder. There you go. Live, live tomorrow 6 night at six. All right, we good? Good. <laughs> Great. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Cheers. Out. Give me a wheat beer on a hot summer day. A bark will do me when the skies are gray. I'll take a Belgian brew at a time. And the women think the lamb is fine. But don't you give me that American crude, boys. I want a real home brew. Home brew. Don't you really love a better home brew? Can't get enough of it. Home brew. It blows my mind. I love home brew all the time. Yeah, I think I'll have me. Well, I'm the one right now. Love of it, home brew blows my mind. I 